Trolls! Save the kids! Trolls! Three cinephiles have come together to bring you strong opinions, controversial statements, epic battles, and plenty of fun. Introducing our host. The man who watches 52 movies a week, drinks 52 beers a movie, loves women but hates the woman. From the foreign land of Canada, our host, Mood 616. He is widely known as the man who talks too much. His worst enemies are Postmaster P and Pee Wee Herman. He said Hellraiser was overrated and Leprechaun Origins wouldn't suck. He's the full-blooded half-Mexican. JP. Finally, we have the man who doesn't talk enough. He is best friends with Sean S. Cunningham. His favorite horror movie is Gummo. He is your favorite Jew and mine, Jeremy. Together, they are known for extending a helping hand to vampircons everywhere. They are the 22 shots of moods and horror. Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 118 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast is coming at you live. I am your host, the Halloween hunk that resides in the bowels of hell, Satan, a.k.a. Moods. And of course, I've always got my two pieces of Halloween hell by my side. First up, we have the man that can't stand it when people call Ghostface just simply the killer. But still manages to spell Ghostface as two words. Double Shot J, aka JP. And last up, we have the little boy that thinks Jim Varney is the funniest comedian of all time and has no idea who Richard Pryor is. NES Ruler, aka See, the Jew from that, Chicago. Jerry. This motherfucker is, is, is not understanding what I said. I said Dude, he I'm is just... a master at his physical comedy crap that has nothing to do with fucking stand up. Yeah, okay. I, I feel you on that. I feel you on that. But like when somebody says, oh, my God, I was laughing so hard. My sides hurt. Like, I'm just like, relax, bro. Relax. <laughs> and it's not that fun. And literally fun. said relax, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <It's> so funny. Because <laughs> like I like Ernest, too. And I think that he's funny. But like. Not in the way that I actually laugh out loud. See, I'm exactly in the same, but we'll get into this when we get to the review. Like, I don't find Jim Varney to be, like, terrible, terrible or anything. I just don't find him, like, splitting my sides fucking hilarious, you know? But To be fair, I don't find most things funny like that, though. So yeah. the, the, Besides yeah. somebody sticking a piece of duty in their mouth when they're Dude, supposed I, to eat I almost died. No, listen, listen. I seriously choked to death funny. at work almost. Like, it was... I like I wish I had it recorded because it was so funny. It was like I could I kept laughing so hard that I kept exhaling and I didn't have a chance to inhale. And like all of a sudden I found myself like out without oxygen and I could not breathe. It was like insane when you it's just funny the fucking kid running into the, the wall. That was the funniest uh, funniest thing I've seen in at least like a couple years like two years at least that's the hardest stuff. Dude, that guy's reaction was so priceless. That was pretty much one of the funniest things. I couldn't tell if it was fake. I I think it's fake. I'm pretty sure that video is fake. Probably. It it was funny, but not as funny as the guy loading the truck when he gets flung. (laughs) I laughed harder at this one, honestly. Really? I laughed hard at the guy getting flung in the truck. But for those of you who are not uh, sure what we're talking (laughs) about, Jeremy, Jeremy will post the video on the Facebook page. Uh, so you guys uh, Facebook.com search bar 22 shots of search bar. Yeah. Uh, but basically it's a, these two, these British dudes tricked their friend into eating dog poop and it's, it's really funny, but I can't, t- I think I'm pretty sure it might be a fake video. Um, but you know, 
uh speaking of you know Ernest and like this episode this this is and the guys were making fun of me <laughs> at the beginning of the show I'm just gonna let you say it because recording yeah uh this is technically episode one what 18 118 yes oh you hesitated there 118 listeners choice volume five halloween 2017 edition (laughs) (laughs) is that gonna fit on the thumbnail is that's my that's my question yeah because i fit it last year so um basically there were the original two listeners choice shows used to be called viewers choice and people were like oh why the fuck you call it viewers choice if it's a podcast but like the reason we call it that is because we started on YouTube. Like we posted the video; they were videos. You know, there might not have been moving audio video, videos. Audio but, like, videos. It was yeah, it was technically a video. So we called it Viewer's Choice. Then I changed it in the titling when we posted episode number ninety-one, which was Listener's Choice Volume Three, Halloween twenty sixteen edition. A couple months later, I posted Listener's Choice Volume Four, Christmas twenty sixteen edition. So. Um, this will be the fifth listener's choice, uh, and we haven't done one of these since Christmas of last year. So, uh, the concept behind this is we take nominations, we take those nominations and put them in a poll, and then you guys uh, vote for three of them. And the three that got picked this year, I kid you not, were the three I was looking at that I didn't want to do. How messed up is that? You know what, man? I'm pretty much in the same boat. I could not believe for the life of me that these three films got chosen, but that's what happens when you have a vote Jerry, that fucking <laughs> right? Jerry. things are probably not going to turn out the way you want them to but that's it kind of makes it fun it's kind of like the patreon right jeremy yep <laughs> yeah you don't always get what you want to be reviewing but i, don't know. I love that aspect of the patreon like i i i, I am Shit, it's almost much. fucking november god damn it <laughs> i am enjoying very much getting titles that i haven't seen you know picked for me like i like that aspect it just so happens that these films here i there's reasons why i didn't want to do them one i had i had watched satan's little helper a couple years ago and it's one of those movies that i watched it and when i was done i was like that was cool but i never want to watch it again um and clown house i've literally seen like four or five times in the past four or five years and i'm just like i just don't want to watch it again and then Ernest. Ernest was the only one that I was actually kind of looking forward to watching, but I, I did not want to review it because like, I just, I just going into it. I just didn't think I would have much to say and whether that remains true or not, we'll find out here later. But those were my reasons why I didn't want these titles. Yeah. I actually watched the Ernest film with my kid a couple months ago. So I wasn't really stoked on that one being chosen. I was like, really? I just watched it. I got to rewatch this shit. And I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, what the hell are we going to say about fucking Ernest Scared Stupid? <laughs> right? I just didn't know where this was going to be going. So, um, yeah, we'll get it. We'll get into those later into these three. films. What about you, Jeremy? How did you feel when the listeners chose these? Well, I've never seen clown house because I wanted to wait until I found the DVD. That never happened. So I'd watch it online this time. So, uh, you know, I have no That's say about that. Saints little helper. I saw a few years back at the horror marathon that I go to, and Jeff Lieberman, is that his name? He was in person, so... Oh, yeah, that's cool. I, I, I think that movie's hilarious. I, I have a good time with it the first time. And then Ernest, I haven't seen in like 10 years, so it's kind of exciting to see that one again. 
Okay, so you were a little bit happier with the choice. Yeah, you know, I watch anything clearly, but you know, it is what it was. Nor- but you just normally bitch about it first. Yeah. Well, when you have to watch fucking filing shit one through three, you know, you would be bitching about it too. So I never bitched about um, watching those. Jesus. I probably would complain a little bit, I'd be like, damn it. But um, so just wait till next month, man. Also, I know what's coming. So since this episode is out now, and I'm not sh- like, I don't know if this is a good thing or not, but we will say uh, that you guys could start nominating the Christmas titles for December as well. It is like still, you know, a full, you know, two months off pretty much. But uh, whenever you guys feel like it, you can start nominating the Christmas titles um, because yeah, we'll be doing not? something in our Christmas episode as well. So Christmas themed horror films. Uh, must be set on Christmas. I, I probably am more looking forward to the Christmas one because it seems like last year we got out of the way the three biggest, like three of the bigger Christmas horror titles out there. Um, it was the Black Xmas remake. We've already done the original Black Christmas. And then also it was Gremlins, which is probably one of the biggest ones. And then the the new huge hit which was uh, Krampus. So next year it could be pretty much anything, you know what I mean, besides titles we've we've picked so i'm really excited about this next coming christmas uh listener's choice but this halloween one man it was just such a i don't even know what i'm gonna do with this thumbnail like i, I have no idea <laughs> well make You'll sure crush you it. make sure you got uh jim varney doing one of his ridiculously stupid faces on there and might as well right you know the 22 shots of moves and horror actually in the thumbnail you know <laughs> and not fucking hanging off the edge why not? That wasn't me, though. I don't know why that happened. Mm-hmm. No idea, man. No idea. It's the same size it always is. I know. It's very strange. Because you suck. I think I think it has something to do with the the web, the YouTube or something, or Instagram or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I pull them off the off the chats the same way every time. I that was yeah, that was really weird. I would have never even noticed, but I mean, it's it, who knows? Do people really care that much? If like, it, I mean, only like maybe a third of it was cut off. It wasn't really that big of a deal, but but yeah, yeah. So what's been going on in your guys' uh, busy ass lives? Anything new? Uh, I don't know. We could book Jim Wynorski for an interview for two hundred dollars for an hour. <laughs> Where the fuck did he get that at? Two hundred bucks to book Jim Wynorski? Oh my god! Yeah, that's. I just want to ask him why he makes fucking total babes eight from outer space seventeen. I remember one night. Whatever. Remember the? Yeah, we were. Oh, it's a joke. We were skyping one (laughs) night. Never mind. It's a joke. Because later it says uh, types of shows available: dirty talk, role play, cam to cam, foot fetish. (laughs) Oh, Jim Wynorski, you're a funny guy. (laughs) Yeah, well, just like his movies, right? We were skyping one night and reading through his. his filmography titles, like his 2000 plus ones, and literally busting uh, a gut. Yeah. It was fucking ridiculous. I'll first, read some of them. We have um, Scared Topless. We've Shark done this babes, on the show before. Sexapete, while well, we're doing it again. <laughs> so um, fucking stupid. Piranaconda. <laughs> yep. Busty Cops Go Hawaiian. Oh, that Busty Cops good. and the Jewel of Denial. Oh. He did all, of, I think he did all five Bear Wench projects. That. that <laughs> The hills have fly- The hills have thighs. I've actually yes. seen that. One. Ooh, yeah. Fire from below. Sounds like jerk material. Cleavage field. Oh, there's another one. 
Vampire in Vegas. Hopefully it's better than Dracula in Vegas. Uh, <laughs> the Devil Wears Nada. <laughs> Bone Eater. The, the Breastford Wives. Not, the Breastford uh, the Vin- Wives? <laughs> the Finchy Co-Eds. <laughs> oh my god. How do you end up doing this? Like, what the fuck, man? Lust Connection. Alabama Jones and the Busty Crusade. Busty Cops. What the fuck? Uh, bad Business. Uh, cheerleader Massacre. Oh, that movie's the, uh, fucking terrible. Yeah, I think uh, that's it. The one with the most normal title is fucking terrible. I'm and sure Body Chemistry ones. 4. Oh, Jim Ornowski, man. I, I recently just reviewed a film called Brain Dead, directed by Kevin Tenney. And uh, Jim Ornowski actually has a part in the film. He plays a sheriff, and he's actually a pretty good actor. I was thinking to myself watching and going, wow, man, the guy should be in front of the camera more instead of directing these shitty-ass half-pornos. But I don't know why. Like, I mean, there obviously is money in them. Is that why he does it? Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, do you think these things actually sell enough? I, fuck, I don't get it, man. How, could, how you could ever go from making such classics as Chopping Mall to this. <laughs> I guess it's up for debate, right? Busty Crusades. It's just horrible. Yeah, it's horrible. Oh, so it's horrible. Yes, what we have been up to. Um, I went and seen Happy Death Day with the movie pass, and I did want to give a little update. I posted this on the Facebook page. Yeah. Uh, but I figured now's good time as any to give an update. So I went to the theater to go see Happy Death Day, and I'm outside. And how the movie pass app works is is you go to the actual movie pass app. Uh, you click movie pass and then you click the theater that you're at or the movie that you want to see um i think it's easier to just go to the theater that i'm at uh so i click that and then it has the list of show times you click the show time that you want and then you click check in um there's a little button at the bottom that says check in and basically what that does is it i it a lot it unlocks the credit card for use so like you'll have 30 minutes to buy your ticket with that credit card um for it to you know actually work so i hit the check-in button and nothing worked i was like okay maybe my gps is off or something so i went didn't work and i was like oh what the hell you know like i was hoping and previously this should be known that i've seen three movies with the movie pass i've seen friend requests i've seen mother and i've seen the original friday the 13th all worked fine uh so this was my fourth attempt no problem so far and it said an error popped up and said, I don't remember exactly what the error said, but it said like could not process requests or something like that. And I was like, what the hell? So I was like, okay, well, what can I do here? You know, the movie, I wasn't late or anything. So I had a couple minutes to like try to figure it out or else I was just going to pay with my credit card, regular credit card or regular cash or whatever. If I couldn't figure anything out, I went to the Facebook page and the first uh, movie passes Facebook page. And I clicked on visitor posts and the, first thing that i seen was people were complaining about this so it seemed like a lot of people were getting this error um the first thing that i read was if you pay with your actual money just take a picture of the receipt and email it to the support uh and they'll actually refund you uh your your payment so um that's one good thing so i guess if you do run into trouble movie pass will refund you um and also, I went down a little bit further, and I and I've seen somebody say that they 
uh, went to see a movie. It didn't work. They paid with their cash. They left, and then they found out that the app needed updated. So that's the next thing that I did. I updated the app, and then it worked fine. So um, I would suggest if you're going to see a movie, make sure your app is up to date before you go to see the movie um, because it will end up, you know, screwing up if it's not up to date but yeah so now that is the fourth time i've used the movie pass and it's still worth it man it's still worth it (laughs) just even with that minor inconvenience like i wasn't even like that pissed off or anything i was like oh you know something's wrong here like um you know i'll just pay with my regular cash and then try to figure it out later and see if i could do anything about it but i didn't even have to do that because it only took me five minutes people were way too quick to just fucking bitch up a storm and i'm just like oh let me just try to figure this out first um and i figured it out so it's it's all good um so that's my little update on the movie pass app slash credit card i still think it's worth it jeremy i don't know why you're not on this yet when you literally go to the movies more than me depends on movies and yeah i don't go as much as i used to yeah, I think but it's still, still worth you, it for you. It's like buy one, get every other one free. <laughs> you know, it's ten bucks a month. Um, it works. You know, as long as you're not seeing IMAX. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so um, I did see Happy Death Day though. That's yeah. Cool. <laughs> and and you know, moods is wrong even more now. <laughs> uh, I I mean I I come in completely different than him. Um. That's for sure, but I understand what he where he was coming from with that. I think that it's uh, I I didn't really understand the argument that it was a chick flick. Um, it just seemed more like a teenage kid flick. Like it like I've seen many movies where the girl the girl is like the there's like nothing chick flicky about it to me, other than we're following a female. I didn't say it was a chick flick. I said it was a movie for fucking teenage girls it doesn't mean it's a chick flick <laughs> well that's yeah, i mean that's I, mean, I, I said it was more marketed towards you know teenage girls and stuff than guys i mean let's face it man if you if you asked a bunch of 14 15 year old guys if they enjoyed the film they're probably gonna say no i mean if you i ask guarantee the same, you they say yeah because literally there were about i swear to god i well, swear to god their girlfriends this, made them we go were to the sitting theater in the, <laughs> we were sitting in the audience and the movie ended and Carly didn't like it at all. And I completely understood why, because she actually hates the way that her generation speaks. Like, like she's real annoyed by it. And I'm just like, you're just yeah, jealous. Or yeah, something. Yeah. Um, and so <laughs> she was pointing out like, look, teenager, 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 teenager. We were the only adults in the entire theater. Yeah. It was all like, you know, 14 year old boys and girls. All oh, the worst. That's pretty I don't, much, that's pretty I mean, much they what were we talking a little bit. The, the guys were like, you guys were like showing off a little bit in the movie, like saying shit, but I'm cool with that, man. Like I, that was me. So why can I, how can I hate on it? You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not so, saying it's a bad thing that it's marketed towards there. I mean, me as an adult in his thirties, a male adult in his thirties, it just doesn't do anything for me. Right. At yeah. all. Like I just, I, could, I, I couldn't I get, get into that. it. I couldn't get into it. Like, I mean, yeah, the dialogue, four and a half just cause it didn't do it for you. The dialogue itself was like, I don't know how many times I looked at them and Oh my God, that's ridiculous. But also it's the soundtrack. I didn't too. think the dialogue was that bad, dude. Like the dialogue is exactly how people talk. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's more or less like how 
Like even because I was like Carly, dude. It sounds people like, my- like your age say like bye bye. Like and and she's like, oh my god, yeah. And I was like, oh okay. See, like to me, like I watch Halloween and I'm like, dude, that language is dated as hell. Nobody's like totally like nobody says that. Well, how old's Carly? Yeah. Um, Carly's nineteen, I think. So like yeah, she's uh, yeah. she's you know it, it's like my I have a nineteen year old cousin she's too, 20. and she she's just 20. the way she talks, I can't I can't hold a conversation with her, dude. Like it's crazy See, how fucked I up her lingo is. More in tune with that, like I mean, to me, I just look at it like, oh, that's just how they talk. Like I talk different too. Like mm-hmm. I, when when I was a skateboarder, Clearly. I talked completely different. Well, I mean, I actually can talk to people and and have a conversation oh suck it dick you jeremy like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> fuck off i do fine uh-huh i do fine i wouldn't I be working if i couldn't talk to people so fuck you uh-huh. i do so fine. uh suck my cock <laughs> <laughs> so I, I to me it's like i don't hate it's like okay saying you hate the dialogue because you don't you're not familiar with it is the same thing that people say against Rob Zombie's films, no, where no, they're no. like the dialogue's so bad, but it's like because they don't, they they're never around that kind of dialogue. Yeah, no, I'm familiar with the dialogue, and it drives me nuts. Like having a cousin that speaks even worse than that. Like my cousin's even worse. Like just mm-hmm. is, is she every once in a while says something, and I'm like, what? <laughs> like I, I even have to question. I'm like, holy fuck! I swear that generation's like half retarded, man. Like they just don't. It's it's actually embarrassing. I even told her that one time too. I'm like, can you just speak like half English to me, man? Like, come they, on. I mean, yeah. Like they sound like idiots to us. You yeah. know what I mean? And to anybody older than them, but to mm-hmm. that to each other, they're fine. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, I kind of I kind of don't hate on that a little bit. Like that's kind of like yeah, I can find it annoying and lame. Like it's embarrassing. Like I know, like I know that these kids are gonna grow up and be like, dude, I can't believe I talk like that. That's embarrassing. Like so, I understand that it's like it's an embarrassing way to be, but I've never like. There's always going to be horror films for teenagers, right? For marketed towards, uh, you know, teens and 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 thirteen year olds, fourteen year olds, mm. like PG thirteen oh, sure. type of movies. Mm-hmm. And to me, like I'm and cool with that be. because because yeah, it's it's you know these kids can get into this movie and they had fun honestly. Like that, I I I 100 think that they had fun. I didn't have like that much fun. I enjoyed the the reveals. I thought it was like okay, this is this is not. I honestly didn't expect it at all. Like either one of the the reveals. So like that was cool. I actually thought that the lead was a really strong female lead. Uh, she was she was very likable. After you realize like like to me, I always like characters who are dickheads. And after you realize that she's not just a straight up slut, <laughs> like the first scene we see her waking up in some random dude's dorm room. But see, <laughs> I don't like, not like sluts though. That's the no, difference no. between like me and society is like just because a girl has sex with a bunch of people like to me that doesn't mean i'm not gonna like her no no no. like am i for, going to want to date her no for but sure but i'm it, I, like i don't look at it as like a bad person like a lot of people do and especially because like you know i mean fuck it's cool if you're a dude and you have sex with a bunch of girls right oh for sure it's so a double it's standard like, for sure but yeah I mean, 100%. You know, with, within like the you know within the first 10 15 minutes of the film i mean when she gets to uh her dorm and or her sorority house and you know there's quite obviously conflict with other people that she was making out with the night before too it's like they really do set up her character for like i don't know if i really like her in a way 
you know, kind of thing. See, but, but I, I look at that and like I, they do. That's the natural, like how the normal person should see that character, hundred percent. Yeah. But me, I look at it as like an actual person, like because I knew people. I know people who, you know do dumb things like it's it's such a normal it's it's actually less normal to not do anything dumb when you're drinking and and in college right so it's like i look at it as more of like a actual interpretation of somebody who's not perfect Mm. and i like that uh so yeah it does set her up as like you know negativity like it's negative things obviously that means that that she's not the coolest character she's not that's usually what negative means jp what (laughs) That she's not like the most likable character that usually wasn't. What are you no. saying? What are you, that you, you're, that you're what are you How? Never mind. I don't even. I don't even think you have a point here. Kay. I don't even think you have a joke. I think you're just falling flat on your face and don't know what to say. Back did, yourself up. Did you now? Find what did you say? You said negative. I forgot. Never mind. I forgot <laughs> <laughs> what a, guys, I, listeners out there right now, <laughs> Jesus Christ. This guy. Is so, this amateur hour? Is this okay. amateur hour? What time is it? 8.47. What time does amateur hour start? Moods? Uh, 8.43. Apparently about 15 <laughs> minutes ago when the show started. <laughs> yeah. So, did, okay, let me ask you one thing. Um, did you find the lead actress hot? Or was she just like oddly? She's cute. She was like. I she, thought she was cute. I, she, I don't. I'm, she wasn't I'm not, hot. She was cute. She wasn't like she, my type. She has like this totally strange look to her. I said that when I was watching her. Yeah, she has like she's, this strange yeah, look to her, look. and like I couldn't figure out if she was hot or not. And I've, it's been happening to me lately with a few girls. Then I, I wasn't, I wasn't sure, but I, no, I even said even my review. I thought, guys. She, I thought that she did a really good job, to be honest. But you know, as the lead and stuff, but I couldn't figure out if she was like hot or <laughs> I don't know, man. It's like so weird. But I don't know, man. I, I you you like the you like the reveal in the film? Yeah. I mean, I, well, I think the first reveal is a slight cop out, unless I miss some stuff where they actually might. It might be like kind of if it was it, it, the, how it's revealed. If that was on in the background, like earlier in the movie, I would think it was actually genius. But I don't know if it was or not. I'd yeah. have to see the movie again. I know what you're saying. I know. Um, I know exactly what you're saying. But yeah. I actually, I actually kind of like the the end re- end end reveal, like the last That's pretty one. Pretty good. I was like, okay, okay, I'm d- I'm down with that. And honestly, like I thought that the I thought that the okay the, here's the big thing, this movie definitely suffers from being PG thirteen because Hands you down. have so many opportunities to do some cool kills because it you don't have to worry about consequence because everything restarts the next morning yeah so you could just do it again and again in all these different fun ways and it just sucks because it's like you don't feel any of them really no you know what i mean i feel like they could have even done more in a pg-13 film because i've seen i've seen better kills in pg-13 i feel the exact same way i feel like you know yeah they like didn't show any part of the kills it basically cut before anything happened right they didn't show anything and i'm like well you know, even though it's PG thirteen, you can still show some stuff, and it, it was kind of funny too. Like within the montage, like it, there was one point uh, towards the end of the film when she says, "I've been killed sixteen times. It doesn't matter, whatever." And I'm like, "We only really got to see maybe three or four times, <laughs> you know." And then, but then it kind of montaged mm-hmm. its way through and stuff. And I was like, "Yeah, you know, it's like they really just. It almost seemed like they avoided the whole kill scenario completely, even though theoretically that's what the whole film's actually kind of about her getting killed, right?" 
So, so I mean, for me, it really did make it suffer in that aspect. And I'm like, man, you could probably show her die once or twice pretty decently. (laughs) But, you know, you don't have to go overboard. It is PG-13. But, yeah, that was like the first thing I said. Me and Dylan were walking out. I said, man, they really missed the ball with the kills. (laughs) And it was literally the first thing we said. I was like, man, that's I mean, well, you're a massive slasher fan, too, who's all about, like, the traditional slasher, like, kills and, and, and cool killer stuff like that. Um, I, I like the killer in this one. I don't need kills in slasher films. Like I, I, I prefer them. I think they can elevate the film, but I don't have to have them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that this film is very story driven. Mm-hmm. Um, surprisingly more so than I even thought. There's, there's a lot of subplots going on here. There's, there's, uh, you know how how she treats her her friends and uh, just strangers in general, uh, ex boyfriends. How she treats, you know, uh, current people but, who are into her, her okay, father. Let, let me ask you like, something. And I, and, yeah. Okay, with all these kind of subplots and things like that, did you find anything to come off super corny? Like there was like the whole fact of the matter of her mother dying on her birthday, and then how she really has a distant relationship with her father. Like she has so many variables to her existence you know it's like it's it's kind of crazy and it, it to me it felt like you know this big coming of age uh type life story for her like she's really kind of figuring out everything in her life through this experience mm-hmm. of hers and stuff like there's like so many things going on with her it's crazy but and that's fine i just didn't like the approach with some of the stuff like it came like the whole scene with her father Okay, that's the scene I'm talking about. Did you find that? I shit actually to be corny? thought it was sad. I was like, oh shit, like he's just waiting there and she didn't even show up. And yeah. then she does show up. Like, I was like, oh, that's mm. cool. You know what I mean? Like, to me, that stuff is effective. Mm. I thought just the conversation itself was crazy corny. The, like, the actual written dialogue for it. I, I mean, like I, stuff like that, man. I understand, like, you know, if they're going to put that in there, I mean, it makes sense, right? It's part of her story, you know? But. Mm. I don't know. I just, I wasn't, it's not for me. I just came off as a little too almost lovey-dovey for me at parts. So I was like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but man. I like lovey-dovey sometimes. Yeah, like, I mean, that's lovey fine. Lovey-dovey is, yeah. is cool, you know, because if it's done well, and I think that it is done well in this one, not great. Mm. I've seen it done way better. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I thought it was done decent enough, like, for this character. Like, you buy that she's going through all this stuff. You buy that, she, you know, she had issues with their mom and 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 i like what she said like she said something that actually may is uh resonates with me where she said that you know she figured if she just ignored him then it would it would make the the situation easier it would feel distant it wouldn't feel like it's in front of her face because and and to me like that that resonates with me because like i often do that where i'll have a problem and i'll try to just ignore it thinking that it'll it'll just kind of i know that it won't disappear but i know that it won't be in my face and so then therefore i won't have to deal with it as much so i liked what she said there and you know she she kind of realized that that wasn't going to work and stuff uh i think that i think that overall like the movie um is tame it's kind of weak uh but if you watch the story like it unfolds nicely uh, I didn't mind the the uh, the one thing that I hated was the um, alarm clock. Uh, I honestly wish they would have put it in the club on there instead of that garbage because uh, 
that was really annoying every oh, time you heard man. that. Oh man, I don't know if I had if I had to hear in the club 16 times of waking <laughs> up in the movie, I probably would have shot myself before the, before I got out of there, man. Oh. Well, in the club was a very popular song when I was a kid, so like even though I'm not a huge fan of it, yeah. like I could kind of respect it for what for for how popular it was and oh, it sure. takes me back for to sure. a different time. Um so you know, besides all of that and and, and you know like i didn't think it was an amazing i thought i was actually disappointed in it because i thought that i was gonna like it a lot more than i did carly didn't like it really at all but she absolutely hates um she like that cringe type corny stuff like that bugs her like a lot and i think it's because she doesn't like her generation that much um and like you know so i'm not gonna go too much into her life and stuff but like i don't i don't know like she came in at like 5.5 i came in at Mm 6.5 still not a fucking four yeah whatever (laughs) there was a couple people that rated the film four four and a half even on the page recently so i'm not i'm not not, uh i think marco andrew schroyer (laughs) <laughs> no, that was, no, that, that was yeah marco a, gave it a four which yeah. doesn't surprise me there was he's someone, very much like you yeah there was someone else too i can't remember maybe it was in a different it could have been a different group too i don't know sometimes i surf through and i forget which page i'm, I'm curious on, but, to see what watson rates it yeah i know because i mean he agreed with he said he agreed with a lot of our points and we're kind of different well i mean a lot of our points are similar i just came in with a lower rating but yeah i'm actually really curious to see what he says about it because he said he kind of liked it, but not really. I think he agreed so, with me about the uh, strong female lead thing. Yeah. Yeah. So. so we'll see. Yeah, we'll see, man. Happy Death Day. Well, there's a, a bonus review, I guess. Or <laughs> bonus yep. in the yeah. freaking intro here. But uh, I didn't uh, mean for that to happen. <laughs> sure you didn't. I actually kind of figured it would get brought up since you just recently saw it, too. So And yeah. you know, since we're not doing... And he dub 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 today, so. Huge, oh my huge Jesus! Jeremy. <laughs> All right, well okay. let's uh, let's move on from this uh, this intro here, and let's get into the news. Do it live. Okay. Well, no. we'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live. Uh, yeah. So the news. Um, have you guys seen any news at all this week? Nothing. Jeremy. Mm, not really. Dude, there is like no goddamn news at all. Like I literally went back, and I'm like grasping at straws here. So, um, one thing. Uh, I guess. Feruza Balk, who we know from The Craft, she in uh, American History X and Waterboy, uh, she basically when she did The Craft, like people thought she was actually like there was rumors for some reason that she was actually like into witchcraft and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. Um, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's because she has that look to her, you know. People just assume. Well. She's apparently she this is what she said she said the the true story is uh there was an occult shop in la and i used to go there and ask them questions to do my research they were really cool lovely people uh <laughs> she couldn't uh put she, she basically says that the woman that worked there wanted to retire she couldn't put uh the kind of money into it that she needed to keep it up so she was going 
to be uh, turned into a Chinese restaurant. I thought for the for the oldest occult shop in the country, that's a tragedy. There's a man that used to work there, and he had an encyclopedic knowledge on the subject, and he was sort of a teacher to me during the craft. I thought, what a shame this is going to be to be turned into a Chinese, Chinese restaurant. So I bought it and put some work into it and helped it survive. So really, all she did was do a nice thing, and then everybody thought she was a witch. <laughs> <laughs> well, they should fucking stake her. Like, come on. Yeah, and, so that was. That I'm was sure the, the other half of does. the people thought maybe she was racist too. They're like, "Oh, they're going to turn this into a Chinese food restaurant? Fuck <laughs> that!" Yeah, <laughs> people are so yeah. judgmental. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck. Uh, what? I mean, that's cool. That's cool. But I mean, yeah, you, I thought that was really cool. You have to admit, though, man, she kind of does look the part. It was great casting. You know, that's definitely one thing I'll give the craft credit for was the casting on her part was good. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, she looks the part, man. She definitely does. That's cool. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I wish she would have been in more stuff because uh, I've always I've always liked her. You know, I never understood why because she has such a unique look to her. You think that she'd be able to get tons of parts based on her look. I know. You know, I like know. a lot a lot of actors and actresses get parts just based on how they look. It's not necessarily their ability to do the part well. And that's like Thora Birch, though. Yeah, I know. Like she like fucking fell off the planet too. Yeah, it's weird, right? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So, um, let's see. What else do we have here? Apparently, uh, there was originally going to be a post credit scene in The Lost Boys. Mm-hmm. Huh. Um. Yeah, so that's very common now yep. to have post-credit scenes, but I can't think of a ton back then that had them. You know. Uh, you know what yeah. I hate? You know what I hate when when this happens, man. So I uh, I recently did a review of Circus of the Dead. Uh, it was day one of the Thirty One Days of Horror, and you know I, I post up the review, and the director Bloody Bill actually commented on the video. But I had mentioned in my review that I wanted to see more Dollboy. I said it would have been really cool. There was kind of like a little hint of him there. And yeah, that's, I just kind of mentioned that in the, in the, there was a little bit of foreshadowing for that and stuff and mentioned that in the review. And uh, so he comments on my video and he says, you didn't watch the post credits, did you? And I was like, fuck, really? <laughs> I felt like such a fucking idiot. Cause I, honest to God, I forget to a lot of the time. Like, I just, the credits mm-hmm. roll, and I just turn it off, right? Like, yeah. I don't very rarely, like, sit, I mean, do people honestly sit through the credit or fast forward through the credits just to see if there is something at the end? Like, do you guys do that? Uh, Yeah. Always. Really? Yeah. See, I got, now I have a, now there's a mental spot, you know. Well, that, I want to pay the respect to all the assholes who work on the fucking thing, you know? I hate when people say that. I used to try to say that when I was younger because I thought it made me sound cool. That's fucking stupid. Well, I fucking... <laughs> work in the fucking industry so fuck you okay so how does that how do you pay respect by sitting there not not noticing anything you look at the fucking names and then what you looked at a name like Scott i fucking Hall. see people i know now f- working but what does that do how does that pay respect i don't know it just feels cool that you know somebody whose fucking name's up there because <laughs> i used to say i heard somebody else say that when i was a kid so i used to say like i i would be i would like try to be cool and i would like 
when we, me and my friends would go to a movie theater, they'd all get up to leave, and I'd be like, I'd just be sitting there watching. I'd be like, I'm just paying respect to the people who worked hard on this movie, man. And like, <laughs> like I used to do that. Then one day I just realized, like, that makes no sense. They don't even know you're doing that. <laughs> it does. It's, how are you gonna pay respect to them, like, by sitting there? It does nothing. But so, you paid respect by watching the fucking movie. Yeah, exactly. Right. So basically, on my part, lesson learned. Like I. You know, it comes across my mind every once in a time, once in a while, but I just I can't believe I got called on it. I totally got called out. I was like, "Fuck!" Felt like a total, total idiot, but yeah, I'm gonna have to do that from now on. So, and oddly enough, I actually still have not went back and watched the post credit scene. <laughs> yes, I totally forgot to. So, anyways, yeah, it's Anything in my else? it's in my mind now. Yeah. So, um, also we have. A synop- Listen, this is how bad of Newsweek it is. <laughs> we have a synopsis for Eli Roth's The House with the Clock in the Wall in its oh, walls. Yeah, I read this. What in the fuck? Uh, I didn't even know this was a thing, so I pulled it for that reason, not necessarily for the synopsis. But uh, in theaters, September 21st, 2018, Universal Pictures shared with us the official synopsis for The House with the Clock in its Walls, which is to be directed by Eli Roth. Uh, it says the magical adventures tells a spine tingling tale of a 10 year old Lewis who goes to live with his uncle in a creaky old house with a mysterious tick talking heart. But his new town's sleepy facade joints to life with a secret world of warlocks, witches, and Lewis accidentally wakens to that. Sounds like a kid horror movie or something. Yeah. Hostile to earnest. Well, I don't really think it matters. <laughs> I mean, people are going to start hating on it now. <laughs> you know, now that this has come out, it's, it's Eli funny Roth. because Eli Roth had been doing nothing mm-hmm. for years. Well, he was and producing. now he's super busy. You know, he was producing projects like his name is well, attached I, to a bunch yeah, of films. I know films, that, but, yeah. but um, I mean, like, in terms of directing, yeah, yeah, for like, sure. Like he did nothing for years. Two thousand six was Hostel he, Part Two, I believe. Well, he did that fucking Keanu Reeves movie. Home, what the, what the fuck is the name of that movie? What? Knock knock. Damn it! I keep pulling my headphones out. Knock knock. Knock. Yeah, knock knock. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm talking about before that. So for years he was doing nothing. So it's like 2006, all the way up until 2015. He did nothing, and then he did knock knock and the Green Inferno, and then he did uh, that new remake of Death Wish that got yeah. pushed back. Yeah. Yep. And I think he's like announced for two other projects, including this one. So, pretty crazy. He decided to work all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> yep, bring so, on the hate. Fucking death hate. wish, man. What's that, Jeremy? Death wish. Yeah. I was actually. I, they showed a trailer a couple months ago, and then all this, and it said for like December or November yeah. or something. And then all of a sudden, they pulled the trailer, and I haven't seen it since. Yep, I could have worked on that movie, but I didn't want to fucking sit outside for two nights in the freezing cold fucking watching cars chase by me. That sounds awesome. No. Not when it's fucking 20 degrees below zero and you're fucking have to stand out there for 12 hours. I don't give a damn. That used to be my job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, for the, for I used to hours. work outside too. I know. And how miserable were you, Moods? It, it was sucks. cold. It had its times. You know, it was cold. It was cold. <laughs> exactly. 
but you were making yeah, more than me, so <laughs> I bet I was making less than you when I worked it, it, doing tree when, when I worked tree service and masonry. But that's a well, little you're bit Mexican, more. so what else? But that's you're a little bit more enjoyable. Fucking tree service. I think I, I would, would eat I w- the cold. I think I'd eat the cold working on you know. I'm good with cold. Movement, I've never so. bitched and complained at the cold. Oh, you just b- bitched and complained a few days ago or a few weeks ago about going to the drive-in and it was too cold. You were bitching, so fuck I you. Weren't, I wasn't bitching. Oh, you I were just didn't bitching. dress warm enough. There's a difference between complaining that you didn't dress warm enough and not being able to handle cold. Oh, that's a <clears> bunch <throat> of bullshit. All right, so uh, after that, uh, this is the last little piece of news, guys. Um, unfortunately, uh, director Umberto Lenzi has passed away. Uh, he was most known for Campbell Ferox, uh, Spasmo, Eaten Alive. Uh, what was the other one? Black Demons, So So Perverse, Seven Bloodstained Orchids, uh, Witch, Witch House? No, not Witch House. Witchcraft. Can't what even is read it? the fucking article. This <laughs> is me just coming from my brain. This isn't from the article. <laughs> yeah, it's ghost. You're thinking of Ghost House. Um, Ghost House. He, da- he dabbled in... I just in... watched it. just reviewed it. Did you say Spasmo? Yeah, Eyeball was a, another really good one that he did. Yeah. Len- Lenzi was a was a cool director, man. Like I mean, like a lot of Italian directors, because, you know, back in those days, in the, you know, in the 50s and 60s and stuff, the a lot of the studios that they worked for, they used to make these guys kind of dabble into subgenres. That's why people are always like, man, you know, this Italian director did, he did horror films, he did spaghetti westerns, he did, uh, you know, crime films, horror, you know. It's because they were kind of forced to sometimes. So that's why they did it. But it worked out, man. I mean, I, I even like his crime films. They're really good. Gang, Gangland in Milan is really good. Um, Almost Human's really cool. But uh, yeah, man, Lenzi will be missed, man. He did a lot of really memorable films and... I think a lot of people kind of forget, like, he hadn't directed a film in about 25 years. So he retired about 25 years ago, so he's been enjoying his glory years and unfortunately passed away, but that's what happens when you get old, right? Rest in peace to Umberto Lenzi. Yeah, uh, which we should note that he's actually featured in this year's Italian Horror Month, too, so... Um yeah, you happen to. I don't my, know my what pick. week he'll be. We <laughs> d- we really need to plan out what what our weeks are. I know the first weeks are Geno. Um, then we need to plan out the other three. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, yeah, so he'll be one of those weeks. Uh, I believe we're doing Spasmo, Nightmare City, as well as Camel Ferox. Yeah. So yeah, rest in peace. I, I I specifically went out of my way and covered one of his films on my 31 days of horror video series because i was like oh, okay I've, I've actually only seen one of this guy's movies it was seven blood saint orchids uh so I've, which i reviewed on an old fright tube video um so yeah. i was like oh let, let me check out another one of these v- movies and the only one that i own besides the two that we're covering is ghost house so i watched that so what'd you end up thinking cool. of ghost house uh, it was cool. I, I thought I, I one of my things that I mentioned is like it has like a lot of good atmosphere and stuff, mm-hmm. and it's like you know very mo- moody and it has like good music, um, and some cool like you know scares and kills and stuff like that. The biggest problem with that movie and and it seems like a lot of Italian films are like this is it makes no sense why these people would stay there. Like they literally are like 
pat like they're yeah. literally leaving and coming back like it just it doesn't make any sense like they like half of them don't jesus even christ you just said like like eight times in like 30 words well i'm gonna chalk it up to nightmare logic here <laughs> yeah. we'll just we'll put it into that considering the film kind of has that feel to it anyways feels kind of unreal um okay. what do you think of like the voice like the with the clown and stuff like that um i really like that lullaby thing that they do <laughs> it's so weird right it plays so much I through the film great. though it's creepy did you notice how much it played though like it's, yeah it plays a lot <laughs> it plays a lot in that film it's so i think that's one of the critiques that a lot of people have with that film is like man they play that shit a lot in the film yeah. and i hadn't really noticed until someone pointed it out and i was like I guess it does play a lot. <laughs> I never really noticed, but but yeah, yeah. we'll All go right, with well, Nightmare. One Legend. thing that I want to do, Moods, is have Jeremy talk for a little bit because he's being a complete dickhead. I'm on not being I a dickhead. Stuff, so oh I figure we'll just let him take over the show and entertain people for a little bit. So good, <laughs> Jeremy. Is that is that actually it for the news? That, yeah, that's it for the news. Um, Jeremy, what do you think about Umberto uh, uh, Lenzi passing away? Oh, that was perfect. I'm totally putting a cricket sound in there. <laughs> He's so pissed. He's I, was so- just, I was just stating a fact, yo. <laughs> and I'm just stating a fact, too. Yeah, what, did you say like eight times? It's a fact. No, you suck. So if you're going to talk well, shit, I'm going to point it. out a bunch of stuff about you sucking. I never said that I don't suck. Everybody knows I suck. <laughs> what am I sitting here saying that I? Oh, That's why God, I'm here. If you had everybody here, that if you had three people that didn't suck, the show wouldn't be funny. You have to have at least one person that sucks. So I'm the person that sucks. So <laughs> fuck you. You're so hard on that yourself, man. No <laughs> that makes no sense. That makes no sense. All right. All right. So, all right. Uh, let's. If let's, Jeremy Kindly would shut the hell up for for a little bit while we talk, <laughs> um, <laughs> we could continue. All right. So that is going to conclude the news. Fucking thing sucks. Uh, let's move along here to mood six mood swings with the DVD and Blu-ray releases for October twenty fourth of uh, two thousand seventeen. I noticed that a few things got uh, pushed back. Actually, I think originally Dawn of the Dead and Land of the Dead Blu-rays were supposed to come out uh, tomorrow um, or today, whenever you're listening to this or whatever on the twenty fourth. Um, but apparently, they've been pushed back to the thirty first, which is Halloween. And I also noticed that the I don't know, JP, if you knew this, but like the uh, the George A. Romero between Night and Dawn box set actually got pushed to November 14th. But if you are in the UK or even ordered uh, from the UK, they've already shipped, right? So they're actually still being released on time. I don't know what the holdup is here in Region 1, but those things I would note for pushbacks. Um, yeah, first up here... Now, this is this is totally awesome. I know Jeremy already got this in for for review, but we got the old Dark House reviewed by Cohen Film Collection on Blu-ray. Fucking right, yep. man. That's pretty damn cool. This is the original 1932 film. This is not the Hammer uh, William Castle remake. So this is the uh, Boris Karloff. Transfer's film. insane. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. If you watch my review, you would know that. So fuck you. <laughs> Uh, who, who all watched your review? Did you actually? Nobody. About thirty-seven people. I didn't even know that you actually put up the video. Yeah, like two yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, he was ago. bitching about it for three weeks. Shit, I didn't realize you put it up. Well, well, okay. Uh, moving along here, man. Um, we have the release of Annabelle Creation 
finally dropping Average him. Average creation. <laughs> Dude, I don't get this. Like, because I have Warner. a screener of that, but they, 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 the company, who put that, who's putting that out? So- Warner Brothers? Sony? Yeah. Warner. Sony? Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers, they, when they email you, they tell you if you've been confirmed or denied, and they tell you that when you're going to receive it. You got fucking Warner Brothers too? And then they're like, and then what they're like, and then what they do is they're like, they're, they'll be like, oh, and make sure you send us your review. And I'm like, but you didn't give me any time because I'm going to get it like the day that it comes out. <laughs> yeah, that's bullshit. Look you know what I mean? Ball. Fucking Universal and Warner Brothers now. What a bunch of shit. Didn't I always have this? I don't think so. I can't remember. I know you've had Universal. Yeah. Annabelle Creation. I still haven't actually seen it yet. I keep What a uh, cock. It's good. Well mate well, I'm sorry, Jeremy, that I can't pull the numbers of your thirty seven views like you do and, and You know what? And you wish you had thirty seven. And get your years. old dark house. <laughs> I, hey, you, you got wish. old dark house and I didn't. I'm getting average bell when you're mad. Yeah. Screw <laughs> that. <laughs> That's a fair point, right? Yeah. All right. All right, moving along here, man. We've got uh, the Blu-ray release of The Barn. Uh, I guess Nevermore Productions releasing this. This is a film I didn't think was actually going to hit Blu-ray. It just came out. The 35 bucks. Yeah, it just came out on DVD. You could order it from the director. It came with like a bonus disc, which was like the video game and stuff like that. And then then they announced the Blu-ray. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, thirty four ninety nine on Amazon for this. That is crazy, man. That's a really, really expensive. I mean, it's something you probably don't need to upgrade if you have the Blu-ray or the DVD. So I don't know. But I love the barn. Definitely pick it up if you haven't. I don't know about $35 worth, but yeah. The cover for fucking Bloodbeat is badass. Yes. Get I think like $35 for the barn? Holy for, shit. For the Blu-ray. I know. That's insane. That's insane. Yeah. I don't know. That movie didn't even look good to me, so I would never pay $35 for one movie. I enjoyed the shit out of that movie, man. It's got great great lore in it, man. Awesome lore. Cool story. Well, I'm hoping I'm wrong, but I'm just... I mean, I only... I, I The only thing that I've seen was the trailer. You mm. know? Uh-huh. All right. Moving along here, man. Uh, we've got a bunch of releases from Vinegar Syndrome. The awesome Vinegar Syndrome. First up here, we have a double feature of Prime Evil and Lurkers. Um, yeah, man, that, this is fucking, this is a pretty cool package. If you pre-ordered this from, uh, Vinegar Syndrome, man, you got all five of these. That's a, that's a decent, decent Halloween October package. I think this is the first one they've ever had five horror films in it, right? I'm pretty sure. They usually always have pornos and stuff in there, but, um, yeah, next up here we got Bloodbeat, and actually it's, God, too, ex- it's still too problem. expensive, though, man. I mean, uh, it's still what? It, what is it? What does it cost? Like a hundred bucks for those? I think it was. Yeah, I think it was the pre Yeah, it, it's still like that's my biggest gripe with Vinegar Syndrome, is their their titles are too expensive, and especially when after like four months you could find them for you know fifteen bucks a piece, ten bucks th- between ten and fifteen usually. So like, and it annoys me because like, they do their limited slips and and cool and honestly like they are wor- they they are the best slips ever like the Demon Win one and the Jack Frost one like they're yeah. so cool like I-, I do think that they're better than like other companies that do that 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 same thing, but the only thing is like it's so much more money it's like twenty eight dollars for that like 
it's just too much, dude. So like it bums me out because I can't get it, but like because it costs too much, but at the same time, I really want it. <laughs> yeah, man, their slips are probably the best lenticular covers ever. Like I, I can't yeah. even think of any other ones that are even even close to that. I mean you, you compare it to like the new Cult of Chucky lenticular cover and it just makes it look like shit, man. <laughs> it's pretty uh, fucking yeah. Yeah. pretty fucking bad actually. But uh next up here, part of that same package here we got the corpse grinders. Um, making his <laughs> Blu-ray debut, man. This is like insane. The movies that Vinegar Syndrome are putting on Blu-ray, man. Ted B. So Michaels. what's up with this? What's up with this Bloodbeat movie? That uh, cover's fucking dope. I've actually never seen Bloodbeat before. As far as I just I want remember, to see it based on the cover. Have you cover? seen any of those movies? Yes, I own Lurkers. I own the Corpse Grinders, but Lurkers comes in like a, a two-pack, and Corpse Grinders was released on like Alpha Video, so it was like a really fucking shit transfer. Um, Demon Win I don't own Bloodbeat I don't own Primeval um, I have never seen Demon Win either so I'm looking forward to that but yeah yeah Demon Win is the one I'm most interested in like first of all man I have fallen in love with Vinegar Syndrome they're probably my favorite releasing company right now and I only own like six titles from them um, their transfers are Insane. the best in the business yeah the, oh. be- the best they are the best I've been uh, saying that ever I, since I, they came out. Like, it, it, fucking, have you ever watched the? I think they have a couple YouTube videos on like the process of doing yeah, their yeah, their restorations yeah. and shit. Like the machines that they have, fucking cool, man. It's like totally awesome. When and, you were just, and not when, only that, but their special feature game is on point too. Mm-hmm. Like that's one thing that they, they actually do really good with their special features. Their transfers are great. Uh, the titles that they're picking, yeah, a lot of them are not the best movies for sure, hundred mm-hmm. percent. But they are cool because they like what I like about Vinegar Syndrome is it's it's more about the preservation of all film instead yeah. of like the important ones. You know what I mean? Like it's I like that kind of mentality that they have there, and you get a surprise every once in a while. Like I really enjoyed Witch Trap, like mm-hmm. it was fun and it was cool. And what was the other one that I just watched from them too? That was oh Hobgoblins. That one sucked. Yeah, Bob <laughs> you know I mean? but terrible. the transfer was good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I love about Vinegar Syndrome, man. What separates them from a lot of the other companies is is the titles. I mean, like them or not, they're still putting out the stuff that everyone else isn't putting out, right? And, but I just think that it's too much for what you like twenty seven twenty five dollars for Hobgoblins is like almost like like highway robbery, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's like the like it's so much money for that but garbage don't they, of them. Don't they drop on Amazon.com to usually seventeen, eighteen bucks kind of thing? Like, aren't they usually? Well, under I, I told you, I can find them usually for fifteen, yeah, or, or so used, and sometimes not even used. Like Hamilton Books usually has yeah, them Hamilton Books price after a while. I it's my goal to keep, get some of the back catalog because, like I said, I only own about six of them now. But like, I'm. I'm quickly falling in love with them. Like I, I believe Witch Trap was like a five out of five or whatever Blu-ray.com uses for transfer. Like all they've, of had, them are they've five had a out of few five. fives, not all. Or, of them. Or Year of the Dead's five out of five. But and that's fucking so, Ed Wood. They're usually <laughs> fours yeah, or good. five. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. I can't even. I don't know. I, I would be curious if somebody would go and see how many films got, how many releases from like Scream Factory and Arrow got. Fives. I can't you know because normally of, they're not fives. I, can't I think, think the of any fives might have five. There's there's quite a few Arrow I think that do that have like four and a halfs and fives, but Scream Factory not so much. 
But yeah, I you're would right. like to see a chart. Like you're like right. The though. legendary like five mic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you're right though. The vinegar syndrome transfers are unreal. Like I probably have. Fuck. I, even the DVDs look good, man. Like even the shit that's on DVD looks really good. It's crazy. Um, I don't know. Maybe thirty plus vinegar syndromes. I don't know. But like they all look really good, man. Like it's fucking. I've been saying this for last couple years, two three years since they came out. The vinegar syndromes just fucking blown my mind every time they put out something. I, I don't even understand how they're restoring shit like the corpse grinders and making it a four or five out of five. What about Orgy of the Dead, bro? It got a five out of five. Like it's fucking Ed Wood well, Orgy I've, of the Dead. I've never <laughs> seen I've never seen Orgy of the Dead before, but I have seen the corpse grinders. And I've seen other transfers of it, and just it, they, they look to- horrible, <laughs> like really fucking bad. It's Dead V. Michaels, low budget shit, right? But but yeah, man, big ups to uh, Vinegar Syndrome. Yeah, and I don't know if we actually mentioned yeah but demon wind of course that one is also coming out and there is one more that's not listed on here it's the woman's torment i think it's not on this page because it's considered as an like an adult horror film so it probably has either softcore or even hardcore scenes in it but finnegar syndrome man what do you expect you're gonna get some porno in there so that's cool but that is a yeah pretty worthy package though man that's probably one of the most exciting ones they put out in a while i generally don't order from vinegar syndrome for two reasons uh, the prices, like JP said, is a little bit higher. Uh, plus, conversion shipping just doesn't make sense for me to do it. Plus, you know, if I'm going to order the packages, like I usually only want maybe two of the movies out of the four or five because I don't buy porno. <laughs> you know, I inadvertently have a couple from Vinegar Syndrome, yeah. but I mean, I don't go out of my way to purchase porno. I'm just, I don't watch porno. And my, I mean, I don't pay for porno, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to collect porn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's my point. I don't need another hobby that, that's that's not it so but yeah that's a cool package uh next up here from uh kino lorber on the kino classics line we've got night angel aka deliver us from evil it's got karen black and i don't actually know anything about this movie either so that's always really cool it's a first time release i it might be it might actually be yeah yeah, looks pretty cool, though. Don't know much about it. Um, and then we got uh, on the Warner Archive Collection Blu-ray line, we've got the release of Night School. This was pretty I, I, I might actually buy this. Just yeah, I've never it, seen it. I love the cover. It looks cool. This looks like right up my alley, like something that I would have seen on TV or something as a kid. I might have even seen it. Um I think it's all right. I don't think it's a top tier slasher film. It's decent for what it, it's. I've seen worse. Um, I didn't expect it to be top tier either. No, it's it's okay it though. I mean, yeah. you know, the the cover art honestly is more intriguing. The film's a little bit <laughs> slow. It's a little bit slow. I will say that. I will say that. But yeah. I, it does have its fans though. It definitely has its fans. I have the the DVD of this, so I'm like, whatever. I don't need the. That's what I would like to get. Warner Archive. Do they send? Do they send press copies? No. I don't probably no. not probably not. So that would have been cool. <laughs> yeah, no shit, right? And I, and like I always say, you know, with the Warner Archive stuff, if you're a little bit hesitant on buying those because you're familiar with the DVD line, uh, unlike the DVDs, these actually are pre- uh, pressed Blu-rays. So, like I said, if you're familiar with the DVDs, they are you know uh, DVDs. Um, I don't know why is, they do that. They all of a sudden just started pressing up these <laughs> Blu-rays, which it is seems cool. like they're being a little smarter with their pricing too. Like this is only eighteen bucks, and I'd seen it down to like fifteen, which annoys me now because now I'm gonna if I want it, I'm gonna have to get it for eighteen. <laughs> no, no, man, just eBay that shit. You'll find it for cheaper. Yeah, I never. I always find shit for cheaper than 
the one thing I can't get over is that the Warner Archive Blu-rays are selling for that cheap because for the longest time, the the DVDs were twenty bucks. Were twenty bucks? <laughs> yeah, you couldn't yeah. find those things. It didn't matter where you searched; they were always really expensive. And I think that's why a lot of people didn't buy any of them. <laughs> I think know? that's a ton of re- dude, especially considering their burn on demand or whatever. Yeah, like think about it right like all those cool titles like bad ronald and stuff like Mm -hmm. imagine if they actually released them for like seven bucks a piece like i would own the whole collection of horror titles Well, you could get them for 10 bucks on ebay like we're pretty sure they're pretty they have lowered pretty easily they have lowered in price you can usually find them for you know 10 11 but uh but that's not including shipping and stuff but yeah like a lot of like the like a lot of like the classic Tom Browning films with Lon Chaney, like mm-hmm. are on Warner Archives that you can't get any other way. So it's like I just wish they would press them up. They've honestly it's released kind of a lot of really cool titles on that yeah. archive line, and I've, I picked up a few over the years. Like I've never, I just always trying to seek them out. Like somebody asked me what I paid for Bad Ronald, and I actually paid seven dollars for it. I just found a great deal one day on it. And it was like nice, <laughs> so got it. You got to seek out those things, but who knows? They're probably all hitting Blu-ray now. So, uh, but yeah, that is going to do it for the DVD releases. I'm not going to mention the Planet of the Apes trilogy. I mean, if you guys not really, well, you just horror, did. So, so I'm mean, buying it tomorrow. I want to yeah. see the fucking last one. I, I want to see the last two. Oh yeah, yeah, War for the Planet just of wait. the Apes. Yeah, just wait till you get them on 4K. I still haven't even seen. Oh, they probably look so silly on 4K, man. The remake, the first remake. I read an article that 4K is fucking crushing it. Like it's crushing it. I've read that it's it's overuse of the adjective. I'll find the fucking. I'll find the article. I mean, honestly, like okay, I will say this: exceeding studios' expectations. I am a little surprised that as many people are are buying them, and honestly, like even. Even a family member of mine just just bought it, which is crazy to me. They just bought a 4K TV with the Blu-ray play, with the 4K player, and and that surprised me. I was like, okay, I guess this is actually catching on a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if like tax time, you see a bunch of 4K TVs go. Man, I I love the 4K. I know a lot of people with 4K TVs, but none of those people have a 4K player or discs. <laughs> it's so fucked up, man. But do they collect Blu-rays? No, I mean, no, just I mean, the majority of people don't seem to buy physical media anymore. So the blue. I think if we see players, players for a hundred and forty-nine dollars or cheaper on Black Friday, I think more people are going to buy them. Well, I mean, so what? What are they usually selling for? What are the four K players selling for normally? Two hundred. But yeah, it's good, yeah. dude. You'll be able to get one for a hundred in a in a year, guaranteed. Yeah, yeah, for but they, sure. But they they haven't made any new ones. Well, the thing is, Jeremy, one if you're if what you're saying is true that they're killing it, they'll be able to afford it to because the way things work, the reason why it gets cheaper to make to to put out things is because you can make you can order more at a time. So if you mm-hmm. you know or if nobody's buying it, you don't want to order uh, like just these are small number of examples but like a thousand right like if if only 200 people are buying them you don't want to order a thousand you want to order 500 but it's cheaper to order a thousand it's cheaper to order ten thousand it's cheaper to order a hundred thousand uh it gets cheaper the more you order 
they can cut you more of a discount. So that's how the price eventually comes down is because they can, once more people buy them, they can order more, which means their cost goes down, which means the cost of the item can go down with it. Mm-hmm. And and most of the time they're yeah. already making like fucking double on it. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like well, eventually they're starting to come down in price. Like they're like 15 bucks now, 20 bucks. Yeah, I'll probably I'm marking my calendar right now. Probably around this time in 2018, I'll have converted. But I'm I'm gonna take one more year off. So, do you think the prices are dropping so fast because they're doing well, or is because they're just they looking for a way doing, to sell? No, they're doing way better than we ever would have guessed. Because even when I go to Walmart and stuff like. And this is not a town where people like go and like the new movies are like off the shelves and stuff like that. Like yeah. this, th- that doesn't happen in my area. But I am seeing significant dents in certain 4K titles mm-hmm. now. Whether dumbasses, because I've seen dumbasses buy Blu-rays who don't have Blu-ray players too. So like, <laughs> it, I mean, but typically it comes with the Blu-ray as well, right? Yeah, that's so. So funny, that's man. not too. That's so funny because my, my buddy he says that to me all the time, and he, he owns like a, a a secondhand store kind of thing, and, and he has people coming all the time and like, yo, you know, I bought this movie, but I don't even have a Blu-ray player. You know, can you give me something for it? <laughs> How do you like, not have a Blu-ray player in 2017? I don't know. It's don't been know. out for fucking 11 years. What, what year did you get yours? It? I got mine in 2010. I think I got mine whenever Avatar came out on Blu-ray. That was the first movie I bought. Well, when did the PlayStation 3 first come out? What year was that? 2006? Six. So 2006 yeah. for me. Because I got my PlayStation 3 when they first came out. And uh, actually, when I bought my PlayStation 3, they actually had a deal where if you bought the PlayStation, you got a game and uh, extra controllers. I can't remember. But then you also got to pick. There was like a list of about 20 Blu-rays that you could pick from. And you, could, you got eight free Blu-rays with it. What? Eight? Yes. Eight? I'm not joking, man. It was eight free Blu-rays. And the funny thing is, I went through and I ticked off some of the ones. I remember one of them was The Devil's Rejects, which I ended up getting. So apparently, and it was while quantities lasted. So if you picked off eight, uh. you got what, whatever they were going to send you. And I ended up getting six of the eight that I chose. And one of them was The Devil's Rejects. I, I distinctly remember that. Man. I don't remember what the other ones were. I think, uh, I just don't even have a clue. But um, here's the devil's. That's so crazy. Yeah. Like I, my first Blu-ray. I remember. I remember when I first. Oh, I know. My first Blu-ray was fucking uh, midnight. Midnight movie. Okay. So whenever I started collecting, I was like, I knew people started buying Blu-rays and stuff, and I was like, really, I just was like, I didn't, I didn't even have an HD (laughs) TV, and I was like. I was like, I better get one of those first. So I bought one of those, and then I was like, now I can get a Blu-ray player. And for my birthday in 2010, my grandma bought me a, a Blu-ray player, um, which actually lasted me until we recorded that one podcast where I said I lost I lost a member of my family. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. a funny joke. And <laughs> that's when that Blu-ray player died. That was my first Blu-ray player. I now have – I'm on my second one now, but I don't even use my second one. I just use the Xbox One. I think it was um, – I think it was ingenious. That's a 4K player. You know that, right, JP? Really? So yeah, I just need the TV then? You just need the TV, yeah. Oh, shit. And I the, swear to God. Yeah. And this guy's talking about dummies buying 4K Blu-ray movies. <laughs> they might not have a player. <laughs> he actually has one. 
Uh, That's crazy. But uh, so yeah. yeah, my first Blu-ray was uh, <laughs> American Psycho. Fucking oh, dumbass. That's funny. I always thought it was ingenious that uh, that Sony struck up a deal with. Well, obviously because they were the ones that put their the Blu-ray players in their yeah. in the PlayStations, but just to have that deal too, and I, I think that's pretty much what solidified it, at least for a lot of people up mm. here, because I was not the only person I knew that did this deal. Like you got to do that, get all these free, free Blu-rays and stuff. Yeah, but like I, I like I like think today it's like oh, when we see I don't know Doctor Butcher MD on HD DVD or fucking. Yeah, if it would have been successful and well, not, just been like, Blu-ray would have died. It would just like would have been funny to see like all these movies in red cases instead of yeah. blue cases. Yeah. I think it's no difference though. Yeah, I mean if if Blu-ray had I'm kind of pissed we went back to black. Mhm. Yeah. Cuz I hated black. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it would have been no difference. I mean if uh if Beta had a beat out VHS back in the day, I mean people would still be collecting beta tapes. Beta tapes would be the hipster thing to collect these days. I mean, people still do, I guess. But, you know, there's, they're a little bit harder to find the VHS, but... I wish yeah, I could have went to, like, green or something. But, yeah. I would have to get a black. But that's, you know... Yeah. Sony won that battle right there, man. Put that Blu-ray in the yeah. PlayStation. Bam! Well, what's funny is bye bye every HD single DVD. Xbox that's sold, they have to pay Sony a royalty. <laughs> really? Because the Blu-ray player. Oh, yeah. yeah, of course. Of course. Yep. Interesting stuff. Yep. All right. So the release of the week. I don't really know what to... I don't know what to pick for this because... Can I pick a whole package deal? <laughs> oh. No. It's release, not releases. Oh, so I release. pluralized it. Jesus Christ. Um... Well, it's funny because I haven't seen Bloodbeater Demon win, so I don't fucking know. Uh, you, you don't know, have to have seen something. You know, I'm just be... I'm, I'm going to base this off a of cover art and just knowing how cool the lenticular is, and I, I kind of wish that I had a went with the the vinegar syndrome, just paid extra because that lenticular. I saw someone on Instagram today and they were flipping. It. I was like, oh, that looks so fucking cool, man. Um, because I actually got my, I ordered all five off of Amazon. Say I actually got them all in today, but I don't have the slip covers because, yes, I'm gonna cry now, but because they don't have them, right? They're, Bitch. <laughs> so I'm gonna pick Demon Wind. Why not? The cover art's awesome. Lenticular's amazing, and who knows? The movie might actually be pretty decent. Don't know, but yeah, 80s gem maybe, maybe we'll see. So yeah, that is gonna conclude the DVD and Blu-ray releases. For October 24th of Get into uh, some box office brawl. Ding ding. <laughs> All right. So, what do you want to start with, fellas? Well, start we had three from last week, guys. So, those of you who just checking this episode out, who didn't listen to the last episode, which there are a lot of you, because I checked our numbers. <laughs> um, basically, that we had three last week. What yep. was those three, Jeremy? 
We had the Snowman, Geostorm, and Boo 2. And who? Boo 2, a Medea Halloween. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, uh, Medea, Medea, whatever. All right. Okay. So how did they do? Do you want to start from the bottom and go to the top? Let's go. Yeah, sure. All right. Coming in at number eight of last week's box office with a grand total of $3,372,565 from 1,812 theaters for an average of $1,861 a theater on a $35 million budget, we have The Snowman. Good Lord. That tanked. 3.4 million. It did what? 3.4 million. That is absolutely trash. Oh man, that movie sucked. Dude, that is I heard so everybody's funny. like talking trash about it. That's crazy. But 3 million? Holy fuck, yeah. dude. For 1800 plus years, right? that's crazy talk. That's like friend request bad. <laughs> yeah, and this is but, universal, yeah, you know? Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So who won that, JP? All right, so the snowman, <clears throat> uh, I shot low. I shot really low. In fact, we all shot pretty low. Uh, I shot at 6.5, so I'll take a point versus Jeremy, who came in at 10, uh, which which will now mean uh, I am 7 to 3 versus Jeremy. Um, <clears throat> but... I actually lost against Moods because he came in at five. <laughs> yeah. So Moods, pretty- Moods, pull, Moods ties it up. It's now four four. So we're all tied up between me and Moods, uh, and Moods will take a point off of Jeremy because Jeremy came in at ten million. Moods came in at five, uh, five, and it was three something. So uh, Moods takes the lead four to three versus Jeremy. <clears throat> yeah. All right, coming in at number two. We have a, a grand total of $13,707,376 from 3,246 theaters for an average of $4,223 per theater. And this one had a budget of $120 million, and that is Geostorm. But this film crushed it overseas, making $53 million. So, I have a feeling it's going to make its money back, but not in the United States, that's for sure. So, Geostorm only made $13.7 million. Dude, do you know, you want to know what's absolutely crazy? It's incredible. Do you want to know what's crazy? What? Is, this is actually, remember a couple weeks or shows ago when we had a conversation about the estimates versus what actually transpired yeah remember we had that long debate and you got all mad and was like this is what the numbers are you know turns out that this actually comes into play this week like i had a feeling that it would one day so the estimates this morning the numbers that we that we or yesterday on sunday that we go with was 13.3 all right Mm -hmm. so 13.3 i came in at 13 which would have got me the win Right? Mm-hmm. So the actuals, which are posted on Monday, not Sunday, because I remember I was like, how could they know what it made before Sunday is over? Yeah. You know what I mean? 
is actually 13.7. Mm-hmm. Which Moods picked 14, so he wins that point versus me. Ooh. Man, that's really close. Off by 300,000? <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Well, I was off by 300,000 at first. That's and then crazy. the actuals came out and fucked me. <laughs> <laughs> Still beat me. Yeah, so I take a point versus Jeremy. Which and I suck me, at this shit. It gets me eight to God. three. I lose a point versus Moods, which he he takes the lead four to five. Uh, and then Jeremy loses to Moods, so God. Moods goes up five to three. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's crazy. All right. Coming in at number one is Boo 2. And that made... Twenty-one million two hundred and twenty-six thousand nine hundred and fifty-three dollars from two thousand three hundred and eighty-eight theaters, for a total of eight thousand eight hundred and eighty-nine dollars per theater on a twenty-five million dollar budget. So yeah, that that's pretty interesting as well. If you look at hmm. GeoStorm, dude, I picked thirteen million. Moods picked fourteen million. It came in at thirteen point seven. I'd say that we did a pretty good, damn good job nail on that one down right i mean anytime you're under a million off you do pretty good i would say right yeah yep. all right so medea made 21.2 yeah uh, i guess 22 jeremy guess 24.5 and moods guess 25 <laughs> so uh again i take moods. a point off of jeremy it is now nine to Fuck. three uh i take a point off moods tie it back up to five to five and mm. moods actually jeremy takes a point off of moods yep so he, he'll be five to four now so again look we're at all, that 21 i was right there man right there less than eight hundred thousand off yeah we were I'm all good yeah we were all uh, you were 1.2 million dollars off you fucking dumbass why you it made 21 it made twenty two point two, and you said twenty one. That's it one made point twenty one point. No, point it made twenty two point. Oh yeah, twenty one point two. Okay, I'm retarded. God damn, you're retarded. I know, <laughs> but still, all relatively good guess though. I yeah, eight hundred thousand off. We're only off. Yep. I was only off what three million. That's pretty good. Yeah, so, it's not <clears> bad. Not bad. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, we all dropped the ball on Snowman pretty much. I mean, Moods was pretty close with two million off, but when you're talking that low a number, like you shouldn't be that high off, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm 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 almost halfway there to getting uh getting a good old. I think I'll take a vinegar syndrome off of you, Jeremy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> once I get there, uh, Moods and me are tight five to five. <laughs> Jeremy and Moods are tight five to four, but I'm blowing Jeremy out in ours. Nine to three, man. Yep. That, that Geostorm, holy fuck, dude! That is an embarrassment. And it was an IMAX too, so that, it had upcharge. That's crazy, dude. dude. Like, how much of a budget did it bad. have? Hundred and twenty million. Oh my god, dude! Somebody's get like, like at least how many people get fired from this? What's the over under on that? It, it'll make its money back overseas. Chinese love fucking disaster movies. Do you think it will though? We'll see. That's a huge gap, man. Still has to open in Japan, and I bet you it fucking crushes it there. It better make some money back, or else yeah, like, it'll probably do pretty well. Fired, fired. It, I mean, it already made fifty three million overseas. Yeah, Dude, it actually looked well. atrocious. Like yeah. it looked really bad. It did in the look trailers. Bad. Like it, it looked, it looked almost to where you're like, did they 
seriously think they were going to trick Americans with this. <laughs> exactly. I understand why you would think that they're dumb and stuff, but like, there's no way you could even fake this being a good movie. No. <laughs> mm-hmm. No. But, okay, so what do we got for next week on Box Office Brawl? So, Actually, uh, it would be, is there anything the next two weeks? <clears throat> Negative. Just one film. Yeah. That, of course, is Jigsaw. Opening in 2,700 theaters. 2,700. 2,700. What's the budget on it? NA. Not available. Wow. I'm actually quite curious what kind of budget they put into this uh, into this reboot. 2,700 well, I'm going to guess $18 million. Okay. God, this is a tough one actually because can either go strong one way, you know, everybody being super psyched for, psyched for a new Saw film and they'll go, or on the flip side, people are going, who fucking cares? It's been seven years or eight, seven years? Yeah, seven years since the last one. Do we need a reboot? Fuck that film. Uh, would you say, Jeremy, 18? Yeah. I'm going to say 15. Point five. That's low. <laughs> you said that last week, and I fucking. <laughs> you do say that a lot. <laughs> I know. Sometimes you're right. Only three out of nine times. I, I don't think it's going to do well, man. I really don't. Me neither. So, what was your guess, Jeremy? Eighteen. Yeah, that's a really good guess. Moods, you said fifteen. Fifteen and a half. Fifteen point five. Um. <clears throat> yeah, this is a tough one. So my my thinking, what's it opening against? Twenty seven. Uh, Suburb Suburbicon, which is the oh. new Conan Brothers film. You know what? I'm going to say this is why I think it'll do a little bit better um, than than what mood says and it's because this is halloween's weekend right Mm -hmm. so people are going to be like oh what do you want to do for halloween like you know halloween doesn't fall on a weekend this day so like let's go friday saturday and do something uh oh you want to go see a horror uh, a movie oh let's go see it no i'm joking (laughs) i'm joking but i bet you uh, probably (laughs) probably a lot of people do that i wouldn't be surprised if there's a spike in it sales versus oh it's it's gonna do another 11 million this weekend (laughs) We should have just predicted every week what it's going to make. It made more than Snowman this week. I know. So um, I'm thinking that I'm thinking that that, that Halloween will help it. There's no other horror competition out there besides it, which I assume fucking half the population has seen right now. Happy Death Day. Uh, Happy Death Day is out there uh, still, but I mean, I think that the people that wanted to see that have saw it. Um, to be fair, like I, I've seen this trailer like a lot in the theater, and it de- it never really gets a reaction at all. Like it's just stone cold. Like I, I the, say, stuff. I I think the trailer looked cheap. To be honest, it, I thought it, it looked good. I really did. I was like, oh, this looks cool. <laughs> huh. Find out. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> I think Jeremy's right in in around eighteen. I don't think that it's gonna make more than eighteen. Oh fuck! 
So I think it's going to go less than 18. But my actual, if I really had to guess, I would probably say 18, honestly, but I can't. So I'm going to say something else, but I'm just confused on whether I should go lower or over. I think lower would be the safer bet, but it makes no sense to just go right under Jeremy. So I could probably split it, which would be best. Give me a shot against moods in case it doesn't underperform. Uh, in case it does underperform. I'm going to go... Sixteen point sixteen thousand sixteen million seven hundred and fifty thousand. Oh, get the fuck out of here! <laughs> We're getting very specific now, man. <laughs> what is this? The fucking the price 16. is right. Sixteen point seven five. The price is, is wrong, with. bitch. Well, listen. I the only reason I'm doing that is because if I would have adjusted my numbers a little bit more uh, when when I picked my Geostorm, if I'd have just just been up like a three hundred thousand more. I probably would have had it. I would have had it. All right, so 16.75. Wow. Okay. Yep. Interesting. I'm I'm like I'm dying to find out what this how this film does. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm really curious. I'm curious so. because it it all depends when we see another Saw film. True that. Do well. After the Saw 10th anniversary only made 700,000. I don't th- I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think that might play a factor too. You know, it's who knows. I guess I don't know, man. I don't know. I think maybe it it might have just been too much time has passed. You know, it's been seven years. I mean, for for a franchise that was so consistent in the two thousands, put out a film every year and then hit a wall. Seven years later, let's decide to put out you know another film. I think a lot of people that you know might have been watching those films have moved on and they just don't care anymore I, i'm gonna make a different argument i think it's too soon how about that it's too soon to you, be you know what song. that's a great flip that's a great you know flip side of the argument right there you know i think there's there is a sensitive time period you know you can either it, do it right away it's actually or wait, wait it's too yeah. soon yeah and it's too long yes right? exactly it's too long to be relevant and it's too soon because it is still like people know about it like mm-hmm. You're you t- really what you want to do is do it in like 20 years where well, it's like because nobody, nostalgia like, hasn't kicked in yet yeah. for those saw fans, you know. If you but did, at the if, same time, they did they did pull a twist here and try to remarket the they tried to change the title of the film, uh, to be um, they should have just called it Saw 8. I sh- think it's gonna be a it's gonna be a downfall, actually. I think so too. I agree with that, and I, said I think that it's be- gonna hurt the film. I said that I don't, before too. I, don't I said think that so I, at all. I think Jigsaw nope. is terrible. I think yeah. I think it helps because there's so many more people who don't know what it is now. Well, sure, like the, listen, the people who listen. That trickery, here's the though, thing, man, right? That, that here's the trickery. thing: if somebody is going to see a Saw Eight film, mm-hmm. like the person who's going to go see Saw Eight, right? If it's called Saw Eight, if the, the is the fan of Saw, right? The person who likes Saw and they're excited to see the eighth one. That's who's going to go to see it, or Somebody who is not familiar with it and they see a film called Jigsaw, they don't want to see an eighth film to something, but they'll see an, a new film. Uh, and the people who are, would have been seeing it as Saw 8, guess what? They're still going to know that it's Saw 8 by calling it Jigsaw, so they're going to go anyway. So you kind of are capturing the, – the, like the people who were going to see it as Saw 8 are still going to see it as Jigsaw. It's not like when they change it to Jigsaw, all of a sudden the people that – we're going to see it when it's called Saw 8 
is not going to go see it. <laughs> okay, so what about the people mm-hmm. that? So the people that are going there to watch Jigsaw, five minutes in the film realize that it's actually Saw Eight. <laughs> No, because I think the people that are in there are already that the people that would realize it would already know it. Like nobody's going to be in there and realize, oh, this is a Saw movie. Like, no, those people already know it's a Saw movie. I bet you it happens at least once. Somebody goes in there not even thinking. They're just like, oh, oh, this is a sequel. Shit. But you you said that it hurts the film that it's not called Saw 8. Who is it hurting? Who are the people that it's not that are not going to go see this? I think, it, honestly, man, just for the people that might have kind of forgot about Saw, just having that, it, it, like having a title of Saw Eight, is more like reassuring the fan that hey, this is legitimately part of the franchise. It's not a spinoff. It's not fucking Annabelle or anything. It's not. A spin- it's it's disclosing the simple fact that it's Saw Eight. It's connected to the franchise. There's no trickery here. Um, that's the way I see it. You know, I always loved it, and I know you do too. When a film, when they come out in sequence numbered, right? I absolutely do. I, I usually hate it, but as a marketing standpoint, I understand why they change it. For sure. So it's Saw, to get new fans. Saw there, for, Eight for sure. does not look good. Like it really doesn't. It's no. just another Saw sequel. Yeah. Now, when you title it Jigsaw, I actually like this one more than most because the title is technically still in there. Saw. It's mm-hmm. it's not like they changed it from from uh you know first blood to Rambo, right? <laughs> Saw is still in the title. It's just Jigsaw. You know, it's st- it's still in the title, which is pretty cool, right? It's not like they changed it from from uh you know there's I can't think of one right now, but like you know how they changed the title completely to something else, like Child's Play, right? Yeah. Now it's just Chucky. Yeah. Ch- Curse of Chucky. Like Child's Play is Curse no longer or cult in the or, title. Yeah. 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 So I like they that come out Saw with Child's Play Four. <laughs> that would be funny. But the same thing goes for like the reason why Adam Green says that they didn't call it Hatchet Four. Mm-hmm. I actually hate this reason, but he just said because it just felt like it was a new story, so he just. He was like, it just figured we'd start with a new title. Now, huh. is that what they're doing with Saw? I mean, there's clearly references to the original, just like in Victor Kali. There are clearly references. There's literally direct connections exactly, yeah. to the original trilogy. Um, so it's like, I understand why they did that. It, it kind of pissed, but they, but let's remember, they didn't call Saw 7 Saw 7 either, right? Yeah, true that. So they haven't been doing this, actually. It'd actually almost be weird for them to now call it Saw 8 again. And then, like, how they did with Final Destination 4, right? It's called The Final Destination, and then they call the last one Final Destination 5. Mm-hmm. It's so annoying. I hate these titles. I really do. But in my opinion, I just don't think that... Yeah, it might reassure fans that it's a Saw 8. But at the same time, if you need to... Those fans that you're reassuring, they were either going to see it as Saw 8... Or they weren't. Or they, they were either going to see it as Saw or not at all. Like mm-hmm. it's not like I don't. I don't see that there's an audience out there that are like that you would capture by titling it Saw Eight. You see, the way I see it too is okay. I have a buddy that actually, you know, it was I don't know two three weeks ago. He had said to me, "He's like, are you going to see the Saw remake?" He's not an avid horror fan. He'll dabble and watch, you know, horror films here and there and stuff. He's not, you know, me. Um, 
and I said to him, I was like, no, it's actually not a, it's not a, uh, a remake. It's, you know, it's a sequel. It's, you know, like Saw 8 kind of thing. And he's like, oh, he's like, I was just under the impression it was a, was a remake given the title. And see, right there, I, that's kind of what triggered it. I was like, oh, that's interesting. I never even really thought of it like that. I mean, I mean, I think that's what you're hoping to capture the people who would go see it if it was a remake. Because mm-hmm. the fans of Saw are going to see it regardless, right? Exactly. So who is the audience you're going to go for? The casuals. Because yeah. you already have the fans. So mm-hmm. the fans are going to see it if it's called Saw or Saw 8 or, Saw, or fucking Jigsaw or, or fucking not even Saw at all. If it's called Billy Puppet. Yeah. You know, those people are already going to see it. It's the it's the normal, the regular, the mainstream, the the casuals that you want to see it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and unless, uh, unless they're fully confused by it, like like my buddy was, he's like, "Oh, it's not. It's a sequel." He's like, "Ah, <laughs> you know." It was yeah. It, once he found out it was a sequel, he's like, "Nah." Yeah. <laughs> when he thought it was a remake, he's like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, he's like, "Because well, whatever, nobody, I can see a remake of Saw." Yeah. Here's the problem: is you don't want to if it, if you know that it's the eighth film and you've never seen a Saw film, mm-hmm. it's like. Uh, <laughs> like I'm sure there's a lot that I've missed in this, and one. it's definitely one of those franchises where I mean, if you haven't seen them, you wouldn't know. But you'd never want to see part eight of the Saw franchise before any of the previous sequels. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I'm sure it's, think- I'm sure it's going to dabble into everything and it's going to connect certain things. And this is one franchise you can't watch out of order. Just can't do it. That's as sure. my <laughs> own selfish reasons. I would absolutely love, 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 love. For it to be called Saw Eight, like that yeah. would be, it th- th- like Friday the Thirteenth. Besides witchcraft, which is not a real horror franchise, Coming Friday the Thirteenth has the you. record with eight. Yeah, I me- remember when this movie first got announced, and it was Jigsaw. People were even questioning, they're like, "Is it a remake? Or are they just rebooting yeah. the new story?" Like, there was a lot of questions right there, even for the fans of Saw. I mean, obviously the the full specs and stuff, and all the detail, the final details weren't out there, but. You know, it gets it gets you it gets you thinking a little bit, but yeah. I am very happy that it is not a remake, though. Like, I am very happy about that. Me too. You Me know too. what I mean? Yeah. So, like, I'm gonna we're obviously gonna see it. You mm-hmm. know, we've already recorded our reviews for the for the first seven films. So, I, and honestly, I hope to God it does good. I really do. Like, if it opens, what do you think the studio's hoping for? Twenty. Yeah, I think that would be a success if it was twenty. Because I mean, they can't expect for it to do like because they didn't do anything new, right? I, it, like they can't expect for it to do like great numbers because they didn't do anything new. It still looks just like every other Saw film. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? So I guess it depends on the budget. Assume, if they're looking for twenty million out of it, I mean, I have no idea. Like I'm curious because the- what they're expecting is like, oh, we own this franchise, like. Let's put like five million into it and then like triple our money. You know what I mean, or something like that. Or I, I hope that it's not like, oh, let's make a forty million dollar saw film and only get fifteen million on opening weekend. I don't think it made that cost that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tobin Bell back in this. Yep. Okay, cool. Oh, his voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if he's like actually in it. I guess we have to wait and find out. Yeah, do we know who directed this one? Saw 8. Uh, what the fuck else do they do? Can't re- give me a second. I'm having a brain fog. It'll come to me. What, what do you got? Let's oh, you know, it's we- the guys that did like uh, Daybreakers and Oh God, The Undead. Oh, Jesus oh, Lord. Oh, wait, The Undead zombie movie? Yeah. Oh, wait, that's The Dead. I like that one. That's from And um, 
Predestination, which was all right. That was a pretty okay movie, actually. They're German filmmakers, actually. Undead yeah. was all right. Yeah. So let yeah. me ask you this. Since we yeah. are predicting things right now, right? We're predicting box office numbers. Let's get. Let's have a little fun here. Predict your rating for what you think Saw will be. <laughs> Saw. Uh, five point five. I'm gonna say probably. Well, the way they've been going, um, six. Six out of ten. I'm going to come in at 6.5 out of 10. Like, I I think that I can't imagine that it not be as at least as good as Happy Death Day. Um, <laughs> so that's what I'm going to go with. And honestly, like, Jeremy predicted that it would be nothing but CGI. I don't think so. We'll see what it, how it goes. But um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. What it, Like, is there reviews out yet? I haven't no. heard anybody say anything. No? Okay. They, don't, they haven't done, like early screening since like saw four. Oh well that's good yeah i'm gonna try to go opening night and see what everybody yeah see what, see what i feel well, but i'm excited i'm excited yeah i mean see it on imax bro i hope they do yeah, something we'll, di- like something cool with chance. it i mean if they if they make it really unique like undead i mean undead was cool i didn't like daybreakers but well what do know. you want out of a new saw film can we talk mm. Um, I mean, like, I just, I just want, like, what, what? Uh, that's what's so interesting about this film is, like, would you be happy with just a basic Saw type storyline, with like no big, like maybe like a, a twist or something, but nothing that's gonna change the course of the series and just have cool kills? Like, would you be happy with that? Or are you looking what, for something more in your Saw film what now? Kind of nudity. I did it like on that, purpose. <laughs> Continuity. <laughs> That's what I have trouble with the Saw franchise is I don't know what I want. You know? Yeah. Like, because, like, I don't know. Like, I guess, like, some cool kills is what I want. I mean, I, I don't, I really don't know. Like, you know I mean, what I mean? For myself, I mean, I essentially watch the Saw films for the kills. It's kind of like my mentality when I watch slasher films. I'm not, I'm not watching slasher films for the mind blowing narrative as much as, you know, I, yeah, I, but I, Saul I, has a pretty mind blowing narrative though. Well, the first couple, you know, have, have good narrative. Well, so good, it's like good and bad that's ones. That's what was cool about the Saw films. It's like, Oh, you almost get the same satisfaction out of the kills you would in a slasher film, but it also has this very complex narrative. Yeah. So it was exactly. like kind of an interesting dynamic of, of films. I think, and, I thought it was very neat that they did that, but I don't know. What do you want? What do you want out of it? Vince? I think they've done so much with, you know, creating all this kind of filler story between, you know, two and three that I think it's, I think I just kind of want to see the torch being passed for good, you know, like just kind of get away from it. I, I maybe just something completely different, um, you know, still have the cool kills, but just not incorporate the past as much into this narrative, you know? So like basically, what I like, I'm kind of with you on that. Like, okay, if we're doing a new Saw film, how about we completely get? Let's just tie up every loose end yes. really quickly. Yes. I don't even need it to be long and drawn out. Uh, re- end the stories to everything previously, and then we got a new kid on the block who's who's continuing the work of Jigsaw. But make it. Let's leave, can we make him not lame by chance? That would be <laughs> <laughs> not have um, fucking real dry, but, real we'll dry. See, I mean. Yeah. What, who knows? Maybe this shit will blow our mind, and it'll be some crazy twist that we never saw coming. <laughs> Maybe it was planned like this all along. Yeah, man, to be, I, to be set like eight years later or something. 
Which is kind of interesting now that I just thought of that because they they there was like press releases like a, not press releases but there was a lot of like hinting at new Saw films mm-hmm. but it actually happened. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like it wasn't like it wasn't like Friday the Thirteenth where they're like oh yeah we we're working on it. like like it's like oh once they they hinted about it and then once the first piece of concrete evidence like oh we greenlit a new Saw like it was no bullshit it just happened. So it's like I don't know, maybe that would be pretty crazy, but um, yeah. yeah. So I I just want I just want to see some cool stuff, and you know, I'm not expecting much. I mean, the biggest thing for me is I I just I do want the kills to be cool, and I also want them to be practical. I really don't want them to cheap out on it, man. I mean, yeah, watching cheap ass shit, man. At this point in the game, seven years later, no. Okay, I agree. <laughs> keep the shit quality, man. All right, so that is going to conclude Box Office Brawl. Let's get into the dead mail. You've got mail. Yeah. Digging into Fancore's library. This time, every piece of mail is good. So hopefully this one won't be too lengthy, but I do want to read everybody's because there's some good stuff in here. Uh, So this issue is number 185 from August 1999. And on the cover, we have Deep Blue Sea being Hmm. a featured film. And then we have Lake Placid, uh, The the Haunting, uh, Blur Witch Project, and exclusive Gene Simmons Kiss and Tell. (laughs) This this was from 99, you said? August 1999. Dude, there was some like not the greatest stuff coming out i mean blair witch is amazing but like yeah. <laughs> like deep blue seas on the cover i do so, like deep so yeah you can tell if shit was suffering a little bit in uh, 99 <laughs> and here's and here's an ad for cannibal ferox 1995 plus shipping sh- five dollars plus he said sh- shipling again <laughs> oh my god shipling what the hell is grindhouse release there is no l in shipping grindhouse <laughs> releasing uh, Ohio residents add 8.5% for tax. Okay. Let's see. This comes from Derek. No address. And he writes... Derek here. I would much rather have seen a $15 million mummy movie made with creativity and a love for the original than a smirky $80 million action flick with a lot of obvious CGI special effects. In the 1932 version, the slight... Oh, the site of Imbotep. <clears throat> Walking around drove an archaeologist insane. In this new version, people make flippin' remarks instead. Only accomplished writers like Josh Wedden can make horror and humor work together. That Joe Dante version would have been great. Comes from Derek. Derek. Yeah. All right. So, <clears throat> so I wonder if th- this guy, it's funny because you could read that, that email today. And it had revelant. Revelant. Re- revelant. <laughs> revelant. Fucker. Because of, uh, you know, the mummy movie that came out this year. Mm-hmm. All right. Next up, we have one from Jason Wallach. And he writes I just returned from seeing The Mummy, and I have to say that an $80 million budget does not make a good movie. The first 10 minutes were wonderful, and then were rudely interrupted by the idiotic heroines barneum and bailey type blundering atop a ladder in a library my worst fear about the film had come true 
as you had hoped against hope. Oh, that's a fucked up sentence. In Fango 182's editorial, the audience needed a huge relief from the comedy. This film was really a poorly done installment of the Indiana Jones saga. The thing that needed to be paid attention to were ignored and surpassed by the large budget. This could have been a wonderful film, but the acting and tone were expendable, sadly. And what failed even as a comedy? Karloff's turning in his grave. I adore Stephen Summers' Deep Rising and felt that Kevin J. O'Connor gave just the right kind of comic performance in that film. It was well-written and well-put-together. In The Mummy, I didn't give a rat's ass for his overdone, aimed-at, 11-year-old humor. This was a watered-down, falsely advertised, not even a horror remake. Poorly written, poorly directed, and poorly acted. The only scary thing about The Mummy is the fact that its creators took it seriously enough to make it. Throw this one up on the shelf with Godzilla. (laughs) It's funny because, like, these people all, like, super pissed off about mummy movies. Like, there's, like, one good mummy movie. Mm -hmm. And there's, like, a dozen of mummy movies. Over a dozen. So, like, I don't know. Like, it's funny that they get so mad about it. But it's, like, dude, the Brendan Fraser mummy is better than half of the mummy sequels from the original series. Well, these people don't I wouldn't think go. So. I mean, the, the original Mummy sequels are very much not original. They're, they're not good movies, dude. They're dumb. They don't make sense. Like at least with the Brendan Fraser one, like okay, yeah, it's it's, it's that it's like an action movie. It's that overstylized crap, man. That that movie was painful to watch, man. Was, I I don't I think it's better than this new one for sure. But like I would much rather watch the fun Brendan Fraser one than the awful sequels from the original series. I, I don't think the, the original ones are that bad. I mean, Christ. I mean, at least they didn't have Brendan Fraser Tell me in something it. that happens in the original, like, this third Mummy movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, point point given, exactly. But, I mean, What's, but still, like, I could tell you a bunch of shit that happens in the At least Brendan those ones Fraser aren't going to have some lame, lame attempts at comedy and shitty CG and, and Brendan Fraser in them to boot, but... You know, there is better mummy movies out there. Dawn of the Mummy is a good film. So it's definitely one subgenre that they don't do well in modern times <laughs> is mummy films. Mm-hmm. So it's, unfor- right. it's Steve- unfortunate, too, because when you really think about it, like you could probably write a pretty cool backstory for like a mummy film and come up with a new, fresh idea with it. But no one does. Yeah. No one does. They just kind of rehash all these old ideas and things and don't really make it too fresh. But what's so hard about making a mummy film? It's not like you need a lot of CG for that shit, man. You just need some dude <clears throat> fucking wrapped up well, in bandages. Well, I'll tell you this. The Brendan Fraser mummy was on the right track. Like, the storyline's good. It's mm. just too comedic and action-y. Exactly. For its own good. Like, like the story actually is like, oh, okay. Like, they re- they stole his gold and shit. And, you know, this guy was a piece of shit. And, like, it, it may- like it's a good story. It actually is. <laughs> yeah. You know, for a mummy movie. Mm-hmm. It's just they they mess it up by oh, the- just adding so much comedy and action. Well, oh, the execution is is so horrendous in that movie. It's bad. But. Ugh. All right. Steve Mumford has something to say about The Mummy as well. I'm going to move on to something else. Uh, he says, I just saw The Mummy, and while I thought there were some good action sequences, the film overall was a dud. The Mummy character wasn't all that imposing when battling the main good guy, Brendan Fraser, after the way he quickly disposed of everyone else. Overall, the movie was a definite Indiana Jones ripoff with very little in the way of horror. It was not very scary at all and way too Hollywood. 
I wish one of the plots that did not make the final version, which you covered in issue 183, had been the basis of the film, instead of this giant retread this movie is. So, more of the same. Dude, it made $155 million. <laughs> That's why they made three more. That is crazy. It is pretty crazy. All right. This one comes from Kyle Willis from Apple Valley, California. And he writes, When the news of the film Idled Hands began to appear in your magazine, I had my doubts about it. The idea of a slacker's hand being possessed by the devil seemed a bit too out there. But yesterday I was proven wrong. Idle Hands is by far the best entry into the horror genre since 1996 Scream. All the films <laughs> since then have been mediocre. Scream 2... I know, dot, 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 Halloween H2O are terrible. The opening sequence in Idle Hands rigs up there with Drew Barrymore's and Scream. Not necessarily scare-wise, but originality-wise. What I mean by originality is that we've been we've seen situations like this before, but it actually worked this time. Performances by Devon Sava, oh man, uh, Seth Green, Eldon Henson, Jessica Elba, and especially... Uh, Vivica A. Fox made the film all the more entertaining. Terry Hughes, Ron Milbauer, and Ronman Fender collaborated to make one of the best horror films of all times. They rank up there with Kevin Williamson and Wes Craven. Keep up the good work. Dude, he literally said Idle Hands is the best movie since Scream. Is that even possible? Even given it's only a three-year span, that's still pure hilarity in my in my mind <laughs> i mean he was writing yeah, what, a comedy what review came out between 1996 <clears throat> and 19 well i'll tell you all well, right so scream really 2 yeah 97 scream 2 i know what you did last summer mimic wishmaster the relic so far i'd say yeah you're right dude um but also the night flyer mm, i'd probably still say idle hands is better anaconda okay you got an argument here cube you lose you just lost cube came out mm -hmm. so all right but we'll give him the benefit of the doubt it was canadian he probably maybe not have seen it yet so uh let's go to 98 so 1998 we have the faculty which i think is better than idle hands uh urban legend mm, bride of chucky mm -hmm. uh ring not the american one the original mm -hmm. uh but is asian so maybe he didn't see it uh psycho remake <laughs> uh the snyder's the strange land came out uh the last broadcast came out uh phantasm 4 the dentist 2 so i mean <laughs> so okay let's see 99 i mean okay like he has an argument actually he actually has an argument you know there's a couple of films that he might not have seen by that time you know <laughs> Mm -hmm. What do you I'd, guys think? I'd take Call of Us in 1999 over <laughs> Idle Hands. I love Idle Hands. It's actually pretty funny. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, but, but, but for 99, you have Blair Witch, Audition, um, Ravenous. This is August 99. Okay, so uh, almost all the year. So I assume some of these films have been out. Uh, Ravenous, Sixth Sense, Deep Blue Sea, House on Haunted Hill, The Mummy. <laughs> we know that's out by now. Wishmaster 2, Candyman 3. Yeah, the 90s sucked. <laughs> no, the later 90s were actually, yeah, between 97 and 99 were pretty bad years, but um, there was a couple good films in there in 99. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely but, a couple, but when you look at, like, today's, like, if I just pick, like, 2013, 
Like I would just rattle off like movies that would be better than like half of the like like any of those. Oh yeah. And same with the eighties, right? So it's like, yeah, nineties sucked. <laughs> yeah. There's some right. good films, but overall, like that was a hard top ten to just make. Like take those three years, and it's hard to make a top ten. Let alone yeah, if, like if, nine, make a top ten in 1997. I dare you. <laughs> you yeah, you mean? really you got you got to really dig into. Um, you know, foreign films too. That's the thing. Like a lot of those lists, that's, were, a, that's they the problem. Sure. Those were the most. I just googled the most, like the most popular American films are the first ones to pop up. Really, yeah, yeah. so yeah, you do, and that's the truth. Like you will have to get into some foreign, but like yeah. you have stuff like trucks that came out in '97. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, bad shit. All right, this one comes from Chris Schrader, and he writes. This is a little bit of a lengthy one. But I think JP will appreciate it. Uh, as the hype begins to build around Scream 3, I find myself once again contemplating just why I hate these sequels so much. Maybe hate is too strong a word. Some of these sequels have had entertaining moments, but overall they leave a bad taste in my mouth. Of course, I, like every other te- every other horror-hungry teenager, flocked to see Scream when it opened in 1996. Based simply on the fact that I've never seen a film of its kind in a theater before, I loved it. You could say what you want about I Know What You Did Last Summer, but I love that film too. Far very different reasons. Sure, it's a straightforward slasher, but I would never put in the same category as Friday the 13th or other late 80s fare. I Know had a smart script and well-developed characters. I wasn't surprised when I heard Scream 2 was in the works. Being as gullible as I am, I went to see it opening night and left the theater pretty disappointed. Instead of getting anything new, I witnessed a total rehash of the first film. The only difference, a bigger budget, apparently. What I find worse about Scream 2 is that essentially it's pointless. With the exception of Randy's death, it ends the same way it begins. The new character, minus the cameraman, are dead, and the originals are alive and ready to accept a payback or a paycheck for the inevitable Scream 3. And just when I thought things couldn't get any worse, they had to pull a 1-2 on us, with that miserable excuse for a movie, I still know what you did last summer. Does that sound like a Saturday Night Live sketch to anyone else? Flat characters, a bad plot, and a ridiculous ending made this almost insulting to watch. Guess that's my punishment for actually paying to see it. And now let's look into the future. Scream 3, I will never forget what you did last summer. Freddy First Jason, Son of Chucky, ah, er- and Urban Legend 2, and I'm sure New Halloween is right behind those. Seems to me that when Scream reinvented the teen horror craze, it has also damned itself. It has almost become the very films it set out to mock. Sequels <laughs> are lose-lose situations. On one hand, if you do all the same, you're accused of not being original. On the other, it's too different. The audience usually doesn't respond well. It always kills me when a director says, the film definitely stands on its own. It's its, its own movie. That's why. Then why even make it? What's the point of making a sequel if it's not supposed to be a sequel? If directors and writers are trying so hard not to make their sequels feel like sequels, doesn't that say it all? The horror scene is once again becoming too crowded. It's sad to see titles like Scream and I Know What You Did Last Summer falling into the familiar franchise trap. Maybe I'll be surprised and Scream 3 or Son of Chucky will turn out to be the best horror film of its time. But hey, does anyone really believe that? Sure, some sequels have been known to be better than a than the original but for every godfather part two there's a million sorority house massacres part fives 
Should we really blame the movies? <laughs> Should we really blame the movies producers and writers though? They're just doing their jobs, responding to what we seem to enjoy. Until we stop going out of our way to see this crap, they'll go out of their way to keep bringing it to us. I mean, he definitely has a point there with the, uh, you know, it is, uh, it, we, hey, we dictate what's out there, right? So, like, when everybody's really excited to go see remakes and then you're sick of all the remakes, then it's because everybody keeps going to see them that we have them. People stop going to see them, we stop getting them. Ah, it's an argument uh, we've but, had a million times with people. Complaining about one, remakes and stuff, and then, but it's all the same people that went and saw that shit. Yeah. yeah. One thing I Blame. will say though is he kind of had he's kind of contradicting himself a little bit at a certain point, where, where he complained that it was the same thing again, right? It was it was like oh you have the same cast of characters that began how the or ended how the same one began or whatever, but then he goes on later to complain about directors wanting to make the sequels stand on their own and he's like what's the point of having a sequel if it's going to stand on its own so it's like what do you want do you want a sequel that's not doing the same thing or one that you know is doing something different but like he doesn't want either you know what i mean yeah yeah i caught that too so i think that like i think that it's okay to have a sequel that does the same thing but I also think it's okay to have a sequel that does something different. So, like, if you're going to make the same thing, like, okay, I like the first film. So, if you get the band back together and we do it again, brother, then, okay, let's, like, that's cool, too. I, I'll, I'll, I'll take that ride, you know? If Sydney and, and Dewey and, and Gail and they all come back and, and there's another situation and, like, okay, I like those characters. Like, I'm down with seeing another situation. So... I like those, but also I like other films that, that do something completely different, like Devil's Rejects, you know, completely different than House of a Thousand, mm-hmm. um, but still is a sequel. So it's it just depends, like, what you like. Like, I'm okay with getting another Friday the 13th film that is just another Friday the 13th film, but I will also take a Friday the 13th film that's completely different. Yeah, I think it depends on what the formula is, right? That's a great example of how it's to Devil's Rejects because, I mean... Did we really want to see another house of a thousand corpses? Jeremy did. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe some people wanted to see that setting again. But, you know, taking this out into, you know, into a bigger reality was fucking the way to do it with those characters, I think, man. It made it for... Not even just the, you know, the story change where it's, like, confined to a house to mm. out on the road. But it's actually, like, just the tone is completely different, oh, too. everything about it is. But I think, yeah. I mean, I think it was a lot easier because that was type just given you know that's more of like a chainsaw film i think you can do a little bit more with the characters i think within scream given what you have with the first film a sequel is pretty much like what do you what do you do with it like in any type of slasher franchise have we ever seen anything go completely apeshit in the sequel before we relatively always get pretty much what we're expecting. more of the same yeah we pretty yeah. much get what we're always expecting within slasher franchises and stuff they don't change up a whole lot so i mean to sit there and complain and be like oh you know blah 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 i mean you kind of know what you're getting yourself into i mean just look at the history you know i mean it's not going to change it a whole lot so it's it's a tough one i mean i understand that you know do you want the continuity do you want the same characters back but you scream don't want- one two three and four are the same movie they More are or less. They are pretty much the exact same. And I've always said that too. I mean, some are just done better than others. I mean, part three. Yes, yeah, Scream One and Four done better than Scream Two and Three. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think within those uh, those stories, I mean, you can't 
you can't do a whole lot more. You know, I mean, you just as as a fan, if someone's going to watch these films, I mean, you just have to accept what they're going to give you. <laughs> well, really... the reason we love Scream is we love Nev Campbell and we love those characters. So it's like, it, yeah, you could do something different, but you would have to re- you would have to abandon what we like. Yeah, you know what I mean. You couldn't. Because like okay, nobody's yeah, of willing course to there's those. another ghost face killer attack in Sydney. It's but it's like I understand that that's convoluted and doesn't work in reality. Yeah. But at the same time, like you to tell a scream story, you need those elements. Mm-hmm. And nobody's willing to take those chances either. I mean, they have a formula that works. That's why slasher formula. That's why there's so many sequels because it worked, right? It worked the first or second time, so you just continue doing them, and that's that's why they keep doing them. I mean, Friday the 13th is kind of an exception. You know, the first film, I mean, compared to the sequels are different. You know, I would say that's definitely the exception to the rule, but it eventually worked. It became a formula. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. Let's move on. Next up, we have one from Mike McColl. He says, this is a response to Nick Barato's letter in Fangoria number 183. He claims that compromising directors are to blame for films like Maniac, Graduation Day, and The Mutilator not being made anymore. If you add the profits of all those movies together, they still can't touch what Scream or I Know What You Did Last Summer took and after just one weekend. The reason those films were so successful is that they had good acting, directing, scripting, and production values. The grungy flops Barrietto speaks of had all but four of those traits. The reason the horror industry suffered so much for so long is because of the spate of mind-numbingly bad gore-for-gore sake offerings that made up the genre through the 80s. It wasn't until the Scream films, as well as I Know, that the industry showed more interest and the revival began. These films gave you the red stuff, but supplemented it with characters you could actually care about. The 80s are over, and the interchangeable, no-budget garbage that dragged down the genre is as well. Good riddance, I say. Yeah, and then in step the 2000s and the resurrection or the the life of the indie films. <laughs> yeah, so this guy right. has saying some a few things here like okay, some It's funny statement. that he's saying wow, he was a how, little bit too how, early on how this one. much the genre suffered mm-hmm. at a time where we look back and say no, it was it was, you know, Great. doing well. And yet he's <laughs> comparing it to the 90s which we know is like the worst of all of the decades See, i don't understand where he's coming from here i mean it never suffered in those times i mean if he's referring to story-wise and just complete originality maybe a little bit yeah the 80s you know did suffer a little bit but it was still entertaining films that we wanted to see i mean look at you know 1981 as a prime example of yeah the slasher films varied in stories and things but there was something like 90-something slasher films that had theatrical releases that year. There was one to two almost every fucking weekend. You know, I, I don't think that's a failure mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. So I don't think, I no, don't think it was I mean, suffering at all. I mean, it did, as the, I, as I the 80s went on. I think what he's saying is that the horror of the 90s was more glossy, more mainstream, and more adult in a way. Not adult is like, you know, like... Yeah. He must like be referred- adult as in mature. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They were more mature. Which and- I have a hard time with because let's face it, man. I mean, besides the lot of lower key type horror films that were made between 1990 and 95, and there is a lot of shellacky, pretty decent films. I mean, nothing too, too great, but 
but I mean, you can really only slide scream into that into his argument though. Where's all the other films? Where's all the other adult stuff? I mean, I don't understand adult anyways because these are fucking teen films. The teen film Played by adults. <laughs> the, the teen film of the resurrection of the horror industry in the nineties with, you know, Scream, I know he did last summer, Urban Legend, and the list goes on and on for those two, three years, were essentially the same thing what was happening in the early eighties. They were fucking teen films directed at teens and Well they they were, but they weren't they weren't they weren't teens that were just like the 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 teens of the eighties are very throwaway, mm-hmm. right? You look at them like, but I still don't granted, see these guys as being Heather adult. Langenkamp, yeah, and and a few of them are are noteworthy, but like like the character, the side characters in the modern, you know, the nineties slashers. If we're doing comparisons, mm-hmm. like you look at Scream is the best example, obviously, but you look at you know Tatum and and all the other characters in there, Randy. Like those are your body count characters. Yeah. But in an '80s slasher, it's like Ted and Bill and people you never have not like they're just boring and Bill, basic (laughs) basic characters. Real original names there. You know what I'm saying? Like they're just they're just like look look at like the original Friday the Thirteenth, right? Like (laughs) tell me which one is which and what what they what what's important about them. so you're saying the characters you know I mean? of the 90s have a, had a little bit more identity to them we can they were identif- more mature they just had more they I just think, had more yeah more i identity. think what scream yeah. did with the characters was flush out these these type of characters and they gave them more of an identity they gave them more life on screen i mean that's definitely one and, thing that plagued a lot that of films in, they actually did that in a lot of the films of the area era but they're not I, those movies really aren't good but like no. you look at and he mentions i know what you did last summer like you really don't like that movie i like it I don't think it's good movie. No. But even those characters there all yeah. kind of not had their throwaway shit. You know, they actually and I think that that was where we started seeing that happen more often. It did happen in the 80s too. Yeah. But I think that also you got to look at this when this guy wrote this letter in 1999. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he was looking at it from a 3-year standpoint, right? Yeah. From from screen Very very fresh. On. Yeah. But like he didn't have the retrospect where he takes a step back and actually has all the titles in front of him looking at actually what came out. People often credit scream so much because they, in their head, it seems so big, but really when you look at it, it's like, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of good movies that come out of that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. It just feels like there were two more here. This one comes from Jim Clark, and he says, "At last, it's a, it has happened. The Exorcist is buying. The Exorcist is finally being re-released on video in the UK. And it's all thanks to the BBFC. As much as I hate to say that, a new boss has taken over and has de- decided that this wonderful film isn't the video nasty that we were all led to believe it was. In fact, he has said that he thinks that it is no worse than the majority of movies being released every week." So on October 31st, 1999, The Exorcist is finally going to be unleashed from the UK video purgatory that it has resided in for too many years. Not only is it going to be uncut, but it will also have a brand new digitally remastered soundtrack. The only worry is that there is no word on whatever there will be a widescreen version as well. Please, please, please. So we all now wait with battered breath for the magical date. 
when we could all throw away our shitty quality pirate versions bought from a dodgy looking man with a suitcase and own it for real. Jim <laughs> Clark. You know, that's it, that's interesting that he he straight up classified it as a video nasty. Technically, it wasn't even on the section one, two, or three list. It was actually it was a banned film, but it was left off the video nasties list. It's one of like I don't know, six or seven titles that kind of fits in this weird purgatory as he used it. Um, it's this weird kind of area that it sat in uh, with, I think, I don't know. There's a, I think maniacs, no maniacs. I don't know. There's a couple other films that fall into this section, but it was never actually on the section one or two list, which is <clears throat> interesting. But was it banned? It was straight up banned. Yeah. But it wasn't actually put onto the list for some reason. There was about, like I said, five or six titles that were, straight up banned and that was it <laughs> that was it they weren't yeah. pros- they weren't prosecuted they weren't up for you know prosecution like the section one and two list right um this one was just straight up banned and it wasn't prosecuted it was just not allowed to be sold or rented it's in the so UK. funny because like yeah. the exorcist is like regarded as like one of the most not only best you know films mm-hmm. of horror history but like elegant like just like you know not schlock not like (laughs) it's like it's so held in such high regard as like this just like classy thing and it's like to have it lumped in with like thriller killer is just ridiculous (laughs) but it's it's unfortunate too because the bbfc and you know the police forces and stuff when they were snatching up videos and, and even straight up banning films before they started doing all that they were doing it based off of titles and cover arts you know, they saw the title The Exorcist, immediately thought this is going to be some type of crazy shit, and just outright banned it. You know, that, yeah. it's so unfortunate that, it, I mean, that's how they picked a lot of the video nasties. Let's face it, they weren't banning these films because they were insanely gore. I mean, there's some films like Cannibals and stuff. There's not even that much gore in the film. <laughs> you know, the title and the cover art is what it got it, got its, why it got banned in the first place, so... You know, which is kind of cool because let's face it, man. A lot of these titles, if they if they didn't make it onto these section one and two and three lists, probably would have fell into obscurity forever, and we probably would have never really known about them. So the BBFC actually did us a favor by giving them all that bad press. So thank you mm-hmm. for that. Thank you for that because it allowed all these niche companies to come out and give these apparently viciously gory fucking films the greatest releases of all time. So again, we applaud you for that. Awesome. Yeah. So finally, we have one more from Filippo Mazzarella from Italy. He writes, it was 20 years ago today. I was 12 years old, had no money or a job. I had no girlfriend. At that time, VCRs were a dream. I spent each and every dime buying U.S. movie magazines and Star Wars toys and searching for obscure theaters in my country, showcasing classic horror and sci-fi movies. When I could possibly see Dawn of the Dead or Phantasm or The Incredible Shrinking Man. When I held in my hands the very first Fango, the one with the real Godzilla on the cover, I thought, these guys won't last a full year. 20 years have passed. I have a beautiful seven-month-old son, a woman I love. Each and every issue of Fango published since then. A wonderful movie-related job, and I still spend all my money on Star Wars toys and movie magazines. (laughs) Hey, I also have the Dawn of the Dead Director's Cut DVD. No one will ever ask me again, um, are you 18 years old? Well, they still ask me, even though I'm 24. Uh, Fangoria is definitely part of my life, and life is beautiful. 
So it is true, man. Wow, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> you know, so it is true. Like going back to a conversation that we had, I don't know, two or three shows ago, ago about people not representing their country. Like, I mean, he, this is a dude that lives in Italy and he spends all his time trying to find American goodness, whether it be Star Star Wars toys or films and stuff where he's sitting in Italy, which is like my favorite country for films. And he's got all these awesome, probably places to find these films, at least, you know, I mean, they're in Italy. I'm sure they're selling them. But he had all this goodness right underneath his his nose, and he probably maybe he just chose not to. Yeah, he was. It was 1979 that he's talking about. Still, right? So he had to have all kind of cool I- Italian shit coming out. Exactly, there. man. I mean, that 79. Was, that's prime Italian horror. Yeah, I mean, it was just right past where the giallo had kind of died down. But I mean, there had to been there was so much good Italian cinema at those times. Like, it's crazy to me. But, you know, go over to America and, you know, because America is the center of the universe, though. <laughs> I mean, I agree. I would rather watch American films than Italian films as well. But yeah. that's just. <laughs> but, I mean, but it's not it's not my argument, which we'd rather watch. It's just the fact of somebody that lives in Italy that's searching outside his his country for gems. It's like, you know, going back to you know, the conversation about someone that lives in France who doesn't doesn't like French films and so on and so on. Like the dude that I was talking to the other day about is German. He hates German cinema and he lives in Germany. I'm just like, what? <laughs> like, fucking blows my mind and here i am i feel like like i don't know am i like the exception or something but i'm always trying to find for you know look for canadian gems and stuff and, and actually jeremy just found one you know that's really cool so i don't know so cool. this is funny i've never seen this before but uh this is the fear film forecast so these are all the films that were still to come out in 1999 uh the blur witch project the haunting deep blue sea Wishmaster 2 uh tale of the mummy perfect blue the 13 Warrior kill, Killer Tongue. I wonder what that is. That's awful, by the way. I watched that for 2002. It did. What? I don't know. I watched it for 90s. No. Killer Tongue. Killer Tongue, isn't that... Um, is that 96 or 2002? Killer Tongue, isn't that, wasn't that released by Sub Rosa? It has Robert England in it. Really? Oh, that one. Okay, I'm thinking... Okay, 96. So that movie was technically already out, but I, I think it's Spanish or something, so um, I don't think it made it to the U.S. yet. Okay, I was thinking of uh, film. Yeah, actually, it was yeah Spanish. It didn't come out in the U.S. until 99, so August 31st, 1999. Uh, but that movie is awful. It was the worst film I watched in 1996 doing <laughs> that, that uh, prep. It's mm-hmm. so bad. Nice. Uh, the Minus Man. The Sixth Sense, uh, Stir of Echoes, uh, Razor Blade Smile, The Bone Collector, I Know What You Screamed Last Summer, uh, Lost Souls, Scream If You Know What I Did Last Halloween, The Wisdom of Crocodiles, Warlock, The End of Innocence, uh, House on Haunted Hill, Sleepy Hollow, End of Days, Candyman, Day of the Dead, The Ninth Gate, Supernova, Scream 3. So. Dude, you know what? I I really hope after we finish 1976, we get another 90s year. Like I have the most fun trying to discover gems in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would be so fun. Because like just hearing some of those titles, I'm like, oh man, oh man, what would a top 10 list look like that year? Right. And, and honestly, it's just less to watch. I think that's why I also like the 90s because like. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, after you watch, like, the first 30 movies of a year, you're like, oh, my God, I'm, like, in the pure depths of hell right now. (laughs) 
Like you remember right. that moods after thirty movies, it was like holy shit, the quality has dropped so much. When we did nineteen ninety six. Oh man, ninety six was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's definitely for sure. It's it, yeah. I mean, it's probably a good thing that there wasn't like two hundred and fifty films to watch because it could have been real, <laughs> real miserable. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, speaking of which, uh, I mentioned to the Brandon, I was like, we're probably shoot for March or so for the for the 76 show. Um, I think I think I think February, March would probably be best. What do you think? Yeah, I'm thinking that, too. Yeah, February, March, somewhere around there. All right. So these are the films that are coming out. In August 1999, uh, The Dentist 2, uh, Terror 2000, uh, Bug Buster, A Giant from the Unknown, Unknown Island, and that's it. And then those were VHSs, and these are what coming out on Laserdisc and DVD. Uh, the Johnsons. Uh, Night of the Haunted, Hunted, uh, X Files season one, Dawn of the Dead. Uh, that's it for DVDs, and I think that's it for Dead Mail for this week. Give him one more skim, see if we have anything else interesting. But um, I think that's it. All right, Dead Mail is over. Uh, I like those. They're fun. I always like hearing what people are thinking at the time, especially the '90s. It's such a weird era. Yeah, I think that one had, had like the most interesting things going on. Alrighty, yeah. So we thought this week, instead of doing some dub-dub-dubs, we <clears throat> are going to change it up a little bit, change the pace, and uh, we're just going to do a little bit of top five lists, uh, Halloween-themed. Um, yep. We decided, yeah, we just kind of picked a couple random topics, uh, of course, based on Halloween, and we decided to put these lists together just to, you know, give give the dub 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 a little bit of a break you know what i'm saying so um dub but, dub dub so for first top five list here we'll just start with this one we'll just start with this one your top five costumes that you've ever dressed up in who wants to go yeah so i'll, I'll i mean i'll start with this i was never huge into dressing up like the last year like the last like five years i've done very little and it, I don't know. It's just like I never feel like being – I'm not very creative when it comes to designing. So, like, I feel like the costumes that you can actually buy are super weak nowadays. Oh, yeah. And I feel like I feel like if I – I'm not – I don't feel like putting the effort out there to actually create something. So I normally just don't do anything. I know it's sad because I love horror and I should love Halloween. But, yeah. Um so uh these are all from my childhood so uh number five was uh the red power ranger um i believe i went twice as the red power ranger i believe i was uh 
four and five, maybe. So uh, Power Ranger was like one of my first costumes that I remember picking myself. Uh, right after that, I went as Jason. So mm-hmm. Jason, Jason had to go as Jason. Uh, then uh, number three, <clears throat> this is when I was in high school. I went as a, and I thought it would be a good idea to um, be, I was a skateboarder. So I was like, oh. I, I figure I could go as a zombie skateboarder and then it would give me an excuse to be able to carry my skateboard and, and stand <laughs> on it and skate and stuff. So, what a homo. <clears throat> so I went as a zombie skateboarder. Uh, and then number two is probably... Um, I've at least went is this probably like three times and it's Ghostface. Uh, so Ghostface, different iterations of Ghostface. Like I had the bleedy chest one and like the bleedy mask one and then the classic Ghostface. Um, hmm. I even had the scary movie Ghostface mask when I was a kid. Nice. You know, with the tongue sticking out. <laughs> with the, what's up? That one. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and then my number one, which I'd say I probably from the time I was like seven to like Jesus, I don't even know. Like I had probably done this costume so many times, even times where I went as like Ghostface, I still went to like my school party or something as this. And honestly, it's a simple vampire. Um, I always dressed up as a vampire and I always did that because I liked doing the makeup. I thought it was fun. I'd like do my face all white and then I like blacken my eyes and like put like blood down my 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 chin and stuff and and I thought it was really fun. Like it was cool to like do the makeup and stuff like that. And I was literally a vampire at least five times in my life. At least. Very least. So that nice. was always my favorite. Which is weird. Just like classic Dracula looking vampire, you know, had the hair all painted black yeah, I and mean, like slick black back, the cape and shit, you know. I had these little blood capsules that I'd put in my mouth, I could bite down on it, leak it. <laughs> it's pretty cool. <laughs> Jeremy. Fuck me. I really didn't like dress up a lot. Like, what I used to do every Halloween is that. Well, didn't you have to dress up in school? Well, not really. No? You guys in elementary school? Like one time, like, no, we basically what to, I would though. just like, I would like just go to my friend's house and they were all girls. So <laughs> they would just fucking put stupid shit on me because I would never dress up. So one time I was like a pimp fairy. So <laughs> a they pimp fucking fairy? put a, a pimp pet. Like, they just, like, fucking went into, like, a box of shit and just put whatever else was, like, in the box, and they would combine them. So, I guess... Uh, <laughs> Wait, had, this like, happened a... where? At my friend's house. Oh, dude, listen. While you're saying this really quickly, I would just told Carly this the other day. You ever have just a moment where something reminds you of something, and then you think back? I remember being a kid and being in school, and... Like it was a big deal to come to the Halloween party. Like it was like the, in elementary school. Like it was a huge. It was like one of the best days of the year. And <clears throat> like I remember that there was a box that they kept in like the lost and found of old Halloween costumes of of masks and shit that was left in the school. And if you didn't dress up, the teachers would give you one of these masks and like to make you feel part of it. And I remember it was just brutal 
brutal. Like you felt like I remember being a kid feeling so bad for those kids. They couldn't afford a costume or like their parents didn't give them a costume or whatever reason it was. And it was just like, like everybody knew that that's what that was. Cause it was just like a Frankenstein mask. You were in like regular clothes or something. And it was just like, I remember like thinking back, like that is a brutal, that's like one of those brutal, like childhood moments that just fucking scar you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just always remember seeing the, these kids with the like shitty Halloween hand-me-down costumes. And yeah. It was like, well, that was like, basically like, me. They were just yeah, like, like whatever they would fucking want on me because I would never fucking wear a costume because it's like I was already fucking weird as it is. So it's like, so a pimp fairy. And then one time, oh, one time I was an Oompa Loompa. I had the fucking brown overalls and everything. So were you like scared to dress up? Like, what was the deal? I don't know. I just never was really into it or anything, really, to be honest with you. It's Halloween, yeah. man. You gotta I mean, dress up. Too. I wasn't really into it either, but as a child, though, I felt like it was like mandatory. Like everybody was excited about it. <laughs> but I, I just didn't get into it as an adult. Uh huh. So yeah, I was Charmander one time. So you okay, never. There you go. So when you went trick or treating, what did you dress mm-hmm. up in? Like, like you didn't just. As a kid? Yeah. Well, I don't really remember. Did you, how how long did you trick or treat for? Oh, like five hours? No, 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 like age. <laughs> oh, yeah, age wise. Uh, well, I don't know till like fourteen. Yeah, and then after that, we would just cause mischief. If we're gonna tell okay, stories, okay. So you you trick or treated for at least a good. Yeah, but like from nine like sixth years grade, you, like from like sixth grade, like onwards, like. All my friends would dress up, but I would just go in my fucking clothes. Oh, you're a fucking bitch, dude. Dude, you were that guy? Little ass if you came to my porch. Actually, people in, <laughs> in plain clothes used to get their asses kicked, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's no, why they would fucking make... With plain clothes, you're getting your ass beat. That's why they would fucking make me be a fucking pimp fairy or whatever the fuck they had. Well, it's better than plain clothes. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you that right now. I mean, do anything. Shit, I, w- I trick-or-treated until I was 17, dude. Yeah. Yeah, man, so I, wasn't, I, I I wouldn't let it go. I dressed up as like every year. I would just come up with like one year. I did like just a bandana, and I had like like a BB gun. I was so like, the, I'm a gangster. So that was last year. <laughs> so that was last year. <laughs> yeah, dude, I was. I only trick or treated till I was 13. That was the last year that I did it. My parents missed would, out. My parents wouldn't let me go out after oh. every year. How I was not allowed out of the house, man. My parents didn't trust me. So I was confined uh, like, in my house, would, giving fucking candy. We would candy just with. fuck with people after that. Yeah, oh. dude, I have, I, 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 I like, I have so many let me out. Reasons, like, I, not even funny. No, so I got fucked between you know those high school years of going out on Halloween. I mean, I we went had to, a guy. We had a guy come out with a shotgun one time. We were ding dong ditching. I got shot with uh, one time. Well, I mean, are you finished with your costume? You didn't even say anything. <laughs> yeah, what were I'm you asking doing? you a question. Are you finished with your costumes? Because oh, I don't yeah. want to take the spotlight. Yeah. Okay. Moots so answered though. Oh, did did you go ahead, Moots? <laughs> you don't want to take story. the spotlight. I think that's what you're doing right now. Um. Yeah, man. Costumes, shit, dude. I dressed up. I've dressed up like every year since I was six. Like, there's so fucking many. Um, I was trying to remember. Except for when you were 14 to 18. See, I couldn't remember either. You know, that's fucking hard to remember. Probably, except for those probably like three years. Yeah. Um. 
but yeah, man, I, I just I had so many good ones. Recently, we've done some pretty good ones, man. Um, I, I didn't really rank these, but <laughs> this one was funny because this was the one and only year I never dressed up as something scary. And it, it's kind of funny, actually. My, my wife, her parents were given this authentic, goofy costume. And it's like straight up Disney gosh costume and shit. And she like completely forgot that she had this. And she's like, man, we got to wear this thing for Halloween one year. So I wore it out and we went on this like booze cruise type thing. And I was the hit of the night, man. Everyone kept coming up to me like, where the fuck did you get that goofy costume from and shit? It was so good, man. It was like the funnest shit ever, man. But anyways, goofy. That was a motherfucking hot ass costume too, man. Holy fuck. Like super good quality and shit, but hot. But yeah, Goofy, that was fun. Uh, a couple years ago, me and the wife dressed up as Bonnie and Clyde. Um, that was really good, man. She looked better than I did, but I guess that's natural. Um, but yeah, her Bonnie costume was fucking yeah, was, amazing. Was this, was this like bald head moods with the sex mustache, or was this like <laughs> no, I had a bearded, hat on. bearded moods? No, I, Dude, I, I had no, didn't you just do Bonnie and Clyde like recently? Yeah, that was just recently. Um, yeah, I remember you did that. Yeah. Did you do Chucky? She dressed up as Chucky one year. Oh, okay. I, I, I never dressed, up, dressed as Chucky. up as Tiffany. <laughs> no, actually, <laughs> no, that that actually leads to my next one. Bonnie and Clyde year that was pretty cool. Um, and uh, so I think the year that she dressed up as Chucky, I dressed up as Jack from uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas, and it was it, the costume was fucking awesome. And uh, it was funny because we're at this Halloween party. And you know how they have the costume off thing? You know, they pick the best costumes and then, you know, the crowd kind of votes and shit like that. So those dude's going around and he's like picking people. He comes up to me and he's like, he's like, who the fuck are you? I said, I'm Jack from Night- Nightmare Before Christmas. He's like, he's like, no, nah, that's the made up shit, man. You're fucking lying to me. And I'm like, dude, I'm Jack, like from the movie. And he's like, no, nah, man, that shit doesn't even exist. You're just making shit up, man. He's like, that's stupid. <laughs> everyone started laughing. They're like, they're like <laughs> he's like, he's fucking Jack. And everyone's like, man, his costume is totally awesome and shit. So I never even got picked for like the best costume shit. It was fucking, it was such a riot, man. Everyone's laughing about that. Like this idiot host who's supposed to be doing this shit should know his stuff, right? Doesn't know who Jack <laughs> is. I'm like, you're a moron. Um, <laughs> so that was actually kind of a funny one. And I'm just sitting there and everyone's like, oh, man, Mooch is over there crying and shit. <laughs> like, I was just ridiculed all fucking night man um but yeah when i was a kid man of course i had the classic freddy one i think it was in i think it was 1989 man i think it was when they dropped was it the dream child that came out in 89 that was like the really big year or 19 yeah i think it was 89 that was the year that like every single kid dressed up as freddy because you know how you didn't really communicate with your friends overly that well like what are you going to be for halloween um So anyways, I come to school and there was like seven Freddies. <laughs> that was the year of Freddy, man. So I always remember that shit. Yep, so that's f- like Ghostface in, in like 97, man. Like it was probably like eight, yeah. nine, 10, 15 kids like, exactly. like in the school. <laughs> exactly. And it was so bad. Like everyone just had the same shit. I was like, oh, this is retarded. But it was fun actually because me and a couple of my best friends, we went out and like all three of us were Freddy. <laughs> it must have looked so <laughs> stupid, man. Um, but, uh, I'm going to, you know, this year's costume, man, this is what I'm dressed. I'm dressing up as coffin Joe this year. I got all Whoa, this shit. That's I, a good one. I got all this yeah, shit. Man. I, I got the top hat and the cape and I've got the suit and, and I'm actually going to dye my red ass beard black. 
<laughs> like, I'm getting right into <laughs> nice. it. So I'm like really stoked for this. Like I've put everything on and I looked really good. I was like, wow, that actually looks pretty cool. Aaron's like, I think you should probably wear your Coffin Joe shirt underneath just in case because everyone's probably going to ask me who I am, right? No one's going to know who Coffin yeah. Joe is. I can just open up my suit and be like, yep, Coffin Joe, baby. <laughs> so yep. I'm, I'm pretty stoked on that. So. Man, I wish I was into it. Halloween. like I, I, I wouldn't never even thought to be coffin joe but i could pull off a mean coffin joe yeah man yeah yeah <laughs> damn man. it i did a lot of the cr- classic ones I, I dressed up as jason yeah you're mexican year. too i dressed up as jason I, the only i never did chucky but i i actually was going to go as uh pinhead one year that's a really hard costume to to do you know to yeah. keep the spite like it, it just would have been a mess and stuff and like we kind of yeah. got into it and i was like nah i gotta change it up man like that one's really fucking difficult to do so that was kind of a bummer but yeah i don't know um originally this year i was gonna go as leatherface and then i started thinking i'm like man i just want to be coffin joe <laughs> like, it was super cool. i just like i gotta do coffin joe man so influenced by our recent shows who the hell you are yeah yep. so, exactly right i mean that's gonna be the thing all night so well, apparently, ha- some, apparently, you know, these dudes that are running the 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 fucking party don't even know who Jack from Nightmare Before Christmas is. Yeah, they're, gonna I mean, be like, they're definitely not going to know who, co- who oh, go back to the same watch- party and be like, oh, you're Coffin Joe. And then they're yeah, going to exactly. watch Coffin Joe 3 and be like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So anyways, those are, cool. those are the ones I came up with anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so what I was saying here is one night. Uh, cause like, I don't know about you guys, but like <laughs> in my area, it was really big to go racking is what it was called. Like, that's what racking? we call it. Yeah. What the yeah. fuck is that? Racking is like, um, I guess like TPing or like throwing eggs or like whatever, what, I don't know what you guys call that. Jeez. Vandalism. <laughs> I, just I, I never, I was never addicted to throw eggs on people's. Okay. So, so we called it racking and we didn't really, we didn't want to do eggs i mean like that i just like give an example like i didn't really i don't think i've ever done eggs but um the big thing that we would do and it's probably because of our location is corn so we would go to cornfields steal corn and then you would shuck it and you know it would just be these hard pieces of of corn you know like indian corn essentially (laughs) uh so we would just go and we would get it we would pay like one time we paid this crackhead uh five (laughs) dollars drive us out into the country to to steal a bunch of corn and i always remember this because i felt real bad uh the cornfield was next to a cemetery so he dropped us off in the cemetery we ran through the cemetery got to the cornfield and in this when we were running through the cemetery i for some reason like it was really pitch black you know dark i ran into this lady i pushed and i grabbed this damn like i was just you know you're just putting your hands out to the sides to make sure you didn't like trip over anything or anything like that and i felt something in my hand i like grabbed onto to a headstone and the goddamn top of the headstone came off and i had <laughs> it in my hand and i'm running and i'm like what the hell and i just was like yo 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 this headstone broke and i just like and they were and the dude was just like so and i was just like all right and i just threw it on the ground and i just felt what bad my dick. whole life for taking for ripping that person's headstone off dude you're fucking the grave piece. robin <laughs> i know right like i felt terrible it was just like a, it was like just like, like rock part it was like it was yeah. like a like a circular part at the top like i don't know it was like designed like like something but anyway 
What an asshole. Got to the cornfield, grabbed a bunch of corn, you know, put it in the bags and stuff. And then, like, the person will pull up outside of the cornfield. You run out and jump in the car and you got all this corn. You go back home and then you'd spend the next, like, 45 minutes shucking the corn because it sucked <laughs> to do that. You know what I mean? It, it hurt. And it was just like, you know, you had to twist the corn off. And, and then you had a huge bin of corn. And you would just take baggies. You would fill each baggie up and you would put it in bag packs. Uh, sometimes you just dump the whole bag into the backpack and you'd have the whole, you know, bin into the backpack. So a giant backpack. I, I don't understand what the point corn. is. So you get the corn and then you would uh, get it in the backpack and one person would carry the backpack or you'd e- and you'd each fill everybody fill up their pockets and stuff. And then you just go through the neighborhood and you would just throw it at houses, right? Everybody would take handfuls and just throw it in houses. It's like, ding, ding, So it sounds like all these fucking Jason Fucking like so when it hits the 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 roof and the you know you hear all these tings and shit, and then you got corn all over your fucking porch and stuff, which is annoying to pick up. So it's like you're really kind of annoying people, and you're like waking them up because it's loud enough to be like, what the hell is that? You know what I mean? When I first heard that you were throwing. <laughs> Whenever I heard you throwing corn, I thought you were throwing like entire corn on the cobs at houses. I'm like, how many windows did you break? <laughs> no, so I can't believe you guys didn't do this. This is like such a common thing here. Like the, the kids still do it. Like you still like you just know your house is gonna get corn on it in the in the in October. So like it's annoying to pick up. But, you know, if you're a sport about it, it doesn't do any damage. Like it's Why not gonna you just go to the store and buy corn. Because it's funner Dude, to you pick know it out. Corn? Yeah, first of all, it's funner to pick it out by the cemetery. And second of and all... And break somebody's tombstone when you're at it? Yeah, yeah. And second of all, <laughs> it's, actually, it's actually like really expensive to get that Indian corn to get enough. So this is free by stealing. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, and some people will just have it. You know, some people know people that... that have farms or whatever and and they have this indian corn or they grow it for that purpose or whatever but for the most part it's a it's a it's a harmless thing like everybody in the patch or the town knows that it's gonna happen like they all know they're gonna have corn to clean up for the next like month um but it's just like accepted uh now some people will get pissed and they'll come out and chase you and stuff and that was always the adrenaline from that was so insane but every once in a while like especially when i was in my teens like 16 17 we started going on this hillside that overlooked this this road, and we would throw it at cars, which is very not good, but we yeah. did it all the time. And one time in particular, we're standing on the hillside. We're all there. You wait till you see the headlights. Everybody stands up and just like, like, you know, and the car's like, and stop. You haul ass through the woods because the problem is, is that. It's not that wooded, but if you get a head start, you're good. But if you, what happened one night is we did it to somebody who used to do it. So he used to throw the coin at the cars. Yeah. So the guy knew like where we would be going and stuff. And he shot us with paintballs. He came, he swooped his car around. <laughs> we come running out of the other side of the woods. And he's just like, shooting us with paintballs. And we don't know what's going on. And it's like, and he just and he was like the next day we seen him and he's like he's like was you uh, guys outside last night by chance or something <laughs> we're like no 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 and we call him Uncle Nick because he's only a couple years older than us and he was like super bad when he was our age so he's like a cool dude and stuff but 
yeah, we he he fucked us up with those paintballs that night. But yeah, we we, we would just like we would do that and we would do more b- bad stuff. But like this, let's this is an earnest episode, so I'm gonna keep it a little PG up in here. <laughs> uh, but you know, like for the most part, like I tried not to do stuff that was gonna get me in major trouble. But like the cops came a few times and stuff. But but we always knew where to jet to and stuff like that. That and so. We never got into it. Your 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 corn over the over the bridge story reminds me of the CKY bit where they throw the fucking dead body over the bridge on the people's cars. Oh my which god, also, that's so brutal which, that one. Which also, yeah, that's so funny. Bam is from PA, and yeah. that is a common thing that used to have. Like that isn't that's not something that he created. Like people did that. You know what I mean? So like, and he's not that far from where I am. So this like must be like a thing in PA to do to do what, stuff like that. throw dead bot fucking fake dead bodies on cars. <laughs> yeah, and actually that was the bad son as well, the good son. Yeah, they do that in the good son, right? We'll call it oh Carmen. really? Yeah, they throw the they th- that came out in '93. They throw the dummy over the thing. That's right. Yep. That's funny. Yep. So, so Jeremy, uh, you got any stories? Or? Have any funny stories? <laughs> um, yeah, just like we used to fucking play turkey, so we would ring people's doorbells, and then we would Is lay that on what the. You called it turkey. Yeah, we called we it would... ding dong ditch. No, ding dong ditch is you ring the doorbell and you run away. Turkey is you ring the doorbell and then you go and you lay on their lawn and the first one to run away is a turkey so you would ring oh, their doorbell yeah, yeah. we played that would... too but we called it like dead something dead man oh, yeah. no it's called dead man we dead used man. to we used to have an extreme game of that too and it was the same pretty much the same thing as turkey but it involved eggs you would wait till the guy opened up the door and you would just bombard him <laughs> oh, with that's eggs brutal that's I, brutal. I'm not fucking kidding, man. Like I always felt so shitty after we did it, man. Because <laughs> like I'm See, pretty sure we hurt a couple ballsy. people. I, it, I, it's ballsy to do that. Well, the worst part right? was like, evading the because <laughs> it always seemed like there was cops and like five minutes later you could hear the sirens. We're like, oh fuck, <laughs> right? Because they called the cops, right? Uh, and I'm pretty sure like we hurt people doing. It. I, I don't know. We only did it a few times, but. That's ballsy. As long as you don't freeze the eggs first, you're good. No, no, no. No, they were just uh, taken from the fridge. And I can't imagine. Oh, could you imagine the mess inside the house? <laughs> oh, you ever get yeah. caught? So, so we, we would no, do that, we never did. too. No. We would do that, too, where we would play Ding Dong Ditch or whatever, and we would all stand on the porch and see who would stand there the longest. You know what I mean? And like, then it, somebody would take off and then somebody else would take off. And, and we had that. JP's I have told this is always before. stealing people's fucking go on JP. Oh, did you have something else to say? No, I never, no, did you? I, I thought you were done. I would never kept going. Go ahead. I didn't even tell the story. All I said is we played turkey, and you're like, "Oh, you called it turkey? We called it dead man." And then you went on a fucking tangent. Before I, I was did able to though. Tell my Moots fucking was the last one to talk. Go ahead, continue. Sorry, I thought Nothing. we were just going. So we were in a playing circle. turkey one time, and I said it a little while ago. This fucking guy comes out with a fucking shotgun, like a legit fucking real shotgun, and like he was out there for a long time, but he didn't see us. But that was one time. And then, what else did we do? Okay, you can tell your story now. Well, here, let me tell mine. So, I'm not sure if I ever mentioned this before, but to this day, it still cracks me up because my buddy won't fully admit the truth, and it still kills me. So, we had this 
this house that was about a block away from where we lived. He was he lived like five houses away from me. So this family had moved in. Well, not this family. This lady and this husband moved into this house that we used to trick or treat at all the time. The previous owners had like the best shit. I think they were they gave away like full chocolate bars. So we always remembered this house. Well, those are always the good houses. Yeah. So th- they had moved away, and we're like, oh man, we're not going to get full chocolate bars anymore. Blah blah. So, anyways, the first year we went trick or treating there, nothing really happened. They weren't like fully into it. But the second year, they were like, man, this house was totally done up to. The nines, they had everything, the music, all the decorations. They were even in costumes, really crazy shit. And so it was such a letdown when they gave us apples. I'm not fucking kidding, man. I was like, what the fuck? Like that type of setup and they're not going to give us good candy and shit. So my buddy, of course, just threw his apple fucking somewhere. So this is the second year we come back. He's like, well, we'll try the house again. If they give us an apple, then we'll just freak out or whatever. And so like, they're not going to give us apples two years or It's bullshit. Sure as shit. She fucking gives us an apple. Well, my buddy, and we had cartons of eggs in our bags, right? Because we were going out egging, like what we always did. So he claims, he fucking claims that he had grabbed eggs and then accidentally threw the apple at the front window. But the fucked up thing is he broke the fucking window, right? And so right away, we're like, I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Like, we're all freaking out. We're like literally freaking out, right? So, of course, we fucking run, and, yeah, now there's cops looking for us and shit. So we had to evade the cops for, like, a good hour and a half. So it's getting pretty late. We went and hit up a couple more houses for trick-or-treating. We come, I come home. My buddy goes home, and my dad says to me, he goes, uh, what were you guys doing out there? And I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm like, what the fuck? And, like, how does he know? Like, he goes, what the hell were you doing out there? I'm like, what do you mean? And he goes, where's all your candy? <laughs> Because I came home with such little candy that that Halloween, he knew something was up and he wouldn't drop it. He's like, where's all the candy? Like, what were you doing? You had to have been doing something bad that you weren't trick or treating. I was like, no, man, it was just a bad year, dad. It was, I swear to God, because he knew I wasn't much of a candy eater and he would love when I came home with shitloads of candy because he'd eat all the fucking thing. Right. So he was disappointed that I fucking failed for him. (laughs) But the funny thing is, man, we evaded the cops for at least an hour and a half and we never did get caught for that. But to this fucking day, my buddy still won't admit that he threw the apple on purpose. He claims oh, that he man. accidentally <laughs> threw the apple instead of the egg. He said he was just, he was so mad. He had the eggs, had the apple, and the apple went into the window. And I was like, bullshit, dude. You meant to throw that apple. You even said that you were pissed and you are going to do something with that apple. He's like, no, man, no. I swear to God, it was supposed to be the egg. <laughs> dude, dude, that's so funny. I'm not I have joking. like this, we a are, similar story. We are 37 years old right now. And we were probably 12. I think this was one of the last years we ever went out. This is like, you know, 25 years ago, and he still won't admit it. fucking guy man it's just priceless to me (laughs) so i I, one time i was out you know doing the the racking thing with the uh corn and we go up to this this area where it's actually right above my cousin's house and you know the story i told you about uncle nick who shot us with the paintball guns well his house is right there and across the street from his house is actually uh a trailer and we were going to rack the trailer and throw uh, the uh, corn at the guy's Jeep. Or it wasn't a Jeep. It was like a uh, some sort of blazer. And so we walk up to it. There's about seven of us. And we, you know, throw th- we go to throw the corn. And it's just like you hear the ting, 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 the ting. And then you hear, and I was like, 
what the fuck? And then turns out there's a there was a guy named John who slept on Nick's porch. It was like <laughs> it was like a, a porch like high off the ground. It was like a, a balcony porch, and it was like kind of closed off. Like they had like uh, like mosquito netting around it or something like that, like screens like around it. But um, basically, he was awake, and we were right on the street below him. And he was laying out there and he screams and he's like, Uncle Nick, somebody just broke Gary's window. <clears throat> and we just take off running. And like there's like cops and everything. And to this day, I don't know who broke the window. This is dark. <laughs> I don't know who did it. I know I didn't it was you. throw a rock and break the window. I threw corn because I'm not trying to break windows and go to jail. Uh, and then we, JP, we dipped JP out. JP broke the window. I didn't break the window. <laughs> yeah, We dipped did. out. We went up to my friend Marty's house who was with us that night, my homie Marty. And we ordered pizza. And his dad was like an Elvis impersonator. Awesome. So his dad would dr- – especially on Halloween – he would go as Elvis and he would go to these like Elvis bars. Like there was bars that were just like Elvis exclusive and it would be <laughs> Elvis karaoke night. So everybody would dress up like Elvis and do karaoke. I don't know. His dad was kind of a weird guy, uh, but he was also a truck driver. So he would leave us home like for a long time by ourselves. So that night we went home, we ordered pizza and that's when Masters of Horror was on Jennifer. Uh, that was the first time I seen that. And I remember like mm, it was a nice. huge like it was like really creepy um so yeah that was cool Hmm. but uh yeah somebody broke a window just like your story (laughs) (laughs) it's funny that you still don't know who did it though like my my buddy will and you're like it's funny because when he when we it it gets brought up every once in a while and he's still dead serious about it he's like i didn't mean to do it i'm like you you know what talked about that that i didn't even mention (laughs) is so that window broke and everybody just dipped out there was me b may uh, Jared, Marty, Martin, and Randy, and we all dipped out in different directions, Jeez, and, this, and we all didn't movies. have cell phones. <laughs> yeah. right? we didn't have. This was like 2006, yeah. and we didn't have cell phones. And I remember being like stuck in the wood, like because I got, I went to a dumb, I ran in a dumb direction. I got stuck because like there was not woods in front or behind me, but I was like in the in the woods and i was like i just got stuck there and i was just stuck like in this itchy ass like it was real thick because i i just went into this thick part of the woods i was just stuck there and like i heard these polices and like all these people walking around and i was just like god damn it i was like the last one to make it back it sucked <laughs> that's always the most terrifying thing man is when you're like hiding and you can see the cops flashlights and yep, you're just, I was you're by just myself, so too. fucking quiet. You're just like, oh fuck, oh fuck, it's gonna happen. <laughs> that happened to us a couple times that night. It was pretty awesome. Ah, so, shit, man. Yeah. Shit. Halloween stories for you guys. Yeah. Anything you did on Halloween that you regretted? Um, like you actually still kind of haunt you? I, I, I got one, man. I always feel retarded. Well, clearly, Not JP broke the fucking headstones. Tell publicly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this one's not so bad. It's just, it's real kind of bully and i wasn't even a bully i I always hated that shit but i don't know what it was it was just so funny man it started out as doing it to a couple of our friends younger brothers and stuff like we always had eggs every time we went out on halloween it was just what we did and uh so we got the bright idea of basically smashing eggs into people's candy bags 
And like, I just, I always felt so fucking stupid after. I'm like, that's not cool, man. Like, they'd be walking around with their bags. I'm like, yo, man, let me see what candy you got in there. And wham, fucking egg in the bag. <laughs> oh, shit, man. I'm such a... You're one of those guys. Well, it started, <laughs> my, my buddy did it to his younger brother. And then it, we just kind of, we did it a few times. And yeah. Uh, so. I was a straight dick. I, I would do, I, I would didn't do any, usually I would do things like any that, type so. of fucked up stuff on people but um i almost died on halloween one time that was (laughs) that was probably one of the worst nights of my life i'm not gonna go into the details uh maybe i'll tell you guys one day or something but like all right so on that note let's get into another top five list top five (laughs) favorite great transition (laughs) top five favorite candies oh you might as well do favorite and worst candies all right I'll go first again. So uh, I, I like moods. I'm not a huge candy eater. Yeah. So to Still not me, a huge candy eater. Candy, uh, yeah, me too. I, it's weird. People look at me weird when I say that, but I don't eat chocolate or candy really. Um, so to me, it was like I never was really excited about candy that much mm-hmm. as I was excited about some other things. So like um, – Number number five would be chips or Doritos, like some kind of bags of chips. Like, I <laughs> loved getting them. I was like, oh, these are awesome. You know, like I, I used to think that it was so cool when somebody gave out chips. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four is probably the only candy bar that I actually like, and that's Snickers. Um, so Snickers or Reese Cups. So this would be where the chocolate lies in, like the chocolate candy bars and stuff like that. Uh, number three, gummy candy, which I actually do like. So, like any type of like uh, lifesavers or like gummy worms or sour patch kids or anything like that, that I actually do like gummy candy. Gummy candy is my shit. So, I, I eat a lot of gummy candy, um, especially on Halloween. That was my, my favorite thing to get. Mm-hmm. Um, number two uh, was pop, like cans of pop or huggies. Which I don't know if you guys huggies. have huggies. What you guys have huggies? huggies, like the diapers. <laughs> no. <clears throat> so they're they're little plastic containers of like sugar juice. Are they like, in wax? No, they're just like little. They look yeah, like we... little barrels, right? Oh yeah, they're yeah, plastic and yeah. have the tin foil top. Yeah, on them. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we call them huggies. Mm. Um, I don't know what. What do you guys call those? <clears throat> I don't even know. I don't know if those ones had a name. I know, like, the little kids' juice boxes and shit. I don't know if those actually had a specific name. So, though, but The reason these were called Huggies is because there was a company that put them out, and they were called Hug Jugs. Hmm. So uh, we called them Huggies. Uh, but, yeah, we we loved those fucking things as kids. Like, if you got a green one or a blue one, you were to shit. But if they gave you a brown one, you were sad. Because, like, they, when you would go to the door, not a brown one, a purple one. When you go to the door, you would, like, knock and you would see them come out with the, the box of Huggies. And you'd be like, there would be, like, four of you there. And you're, like, looking as she pulls out each color. And she, like, looks at you. And you're, like, like you see her pull out an orange one. And you're, like, no, 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 no. And then she'd give it to the guy next to you. And then she pulls out, like, a blue one. you're, like, yes, 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 yes. And then it goes in your bag. And you're just, like, yes. Because the blue, (laughs) red, and green were the the awesome colors. Orange and purple sucked. So you didn't want those. Really? The purple drank sucked? (laughs) Ooh. Personally, I like all of them now, and I probably even like the orange one the best. But as a kid, like blue and red were just good, hmm. and like purple and because like for some reason there were always way more purple and uh, orange in a box. That might be why there was more purple and orange in a box. Um, so there would really only like two blue in a box or something like that. 
So Huggies was like my number two, pop, or Pop, Cans of Pop. It was awesome if somebody would even help Cans of Pop. Uh, and then, of course, number one got to be full-size candy bars, because even if you <laughs> didn't love candy, if you got full-size candy bars, like, that was the shit. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's that's it for top five uh, favorite things. I would always, like, trade shit that I didn't want, obviously. We used to play poker as kids oh, yeah. and bet candy. Yeah. That was yeah. always fun. Uh, top five worst. Um, okay. So number five is fruit. So Moods' <laughs> friend's apple that he got and threw it through the window. <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants no goddamn apples for Halloween unless there's razor blades in them. If you put a razor blade in it, then I'll take it. Um, <laughs> uh, number four, loose candy. So this is like, like, and I fucking hated this. You'd go up to a house and you would knock on the door and they would come out with a bowl of M&Ms and they would just give you a handful. It's like, dude, first of all, your hand touched those. Yeah, man. Second of all, it's just like in a bag. Like you're just putting it in my bag. You're going to get smushed and stuff. And I am M&Ms smushed all through my bag. Like M&Ms, Skittles. Uh, some people do <clears throat> those nasty little peanut things. They're the like, fuck? they were smushy peanuts. Like, like, like a marshmallowy like oh, thing. Oh, those like circus they, peanuts or whatever? Oh, yeah, they're so nasty. They would drop those in there. Uh, like, what the hell are you doing? Dude, so, like, loose M and M's or Skittles or something like that. Like, I wouldn't even want those. I just close my bag up tight. Like, nah, dog, you ain't putting those in there. Uh, number three, hardtack candy. These old ladies would make this hardtack candy, like cinnamon flavored, and it would come out in like a brick, and they would put it in like. They would put it in like a Ziploc baggie or like a sandwich bag or something. And they'd be like, here's some hardtack candy for you. And I'd be like, I don't want that shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's just like, I don't like it. Like, dude. And they always had like, because they would make them with like these extracts, like this, like pineapple pina colada extract. And it would just be like this nasty shit. And it would all be stuck together. And all the flavors would be stuck to one huge brick. This is fucking nasty. <laughs> um, <clears throat> number two, this is my least favorite candy of all time, Mary Jane's. I don't know if you guys ever had them, but so many houses would get about Mary Jane's, and they were the worst. <clears throat> Mary Jane's? Mary Jane's. They were in hmm. these red and black wax wrappers. So it was oh, like, the, those it generic was like Halloween. twisted up. Oh my god, dude! These things are so bad. Um, oh, also, candy corn was also yep. the loose candy. Candy corn's number one. So, uh, but Mary Janes are awful. They are—they're like a peanut butter glob of disgusting. If you knew a kid who liked Mary Janes, like this kid made out like a fucking G because he had so many Mary Janes because no kid liked them. So, like Mary Janes were the worst. They, like, look <laughs> yeah, them up, Google. Mary uh, Janes suck. They're awful. I never give exactly a kid Mary Janes. I don't even know. Listen, and the fucked up thing about Mary Janes is I've never fucking even seen them in a store. Like, I don't know where these people getting these Mary Janes at. I've never seen them in my life. I've never seen them outside of Halloween. And I've never seen them other than in trick-or-treat bags. So I don't know where they're getting them. <laughs> I have to- some voodoo magic bullshit where they're coming up with these damn Mary Janes. Fucking hate Mary Janes. Don't give them out. And my number one least favorite thing is fucking pennies. Because oh, you can't dude. even... They're, 
You, they drop a handful of pennies in your bag. They're fucking rubbing against your loose Skittles and your loose M&Ms, and they're crushing them. And uh, then you got a mess at the bottom of your bag. On top of that, they stink. Pennies fucking stink like nastiness. And honestly, like, what am I going to do with pennies? Ah, <laughs> uh, dude. Touching you all your loose pennies, candy? Actually, oh, I've gotten pennies. Fuck yeah, man. It's, you know, your list is very similar to mine, man. <laughs> yeah, touching all my loose candy. Yeah, like, that's I'm, gross. Like, yeah. That's disgusting. So Jeremy. Those are my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> All right, best. Number five, we have nerds. I fucking love nerds. I'm down with some nerds. Um, number four, watermelon airheads. Also good. Wow. Fucking love watermelon That's airheads. That, I, I, that drops under gummy candy for me. Really? It's not really gummy, but it's like chewy. Like It's not chocolate. <laughs> yeah. Um, number three, fucking now and laters, whenever you got them, which is like never. Also, I I didn't love them, but they were decent. Yeah. Uh, number three, uh, fucking Sour Patch Kids. Yeah, yeah. Number one, Paydays. Paydays. Paydays are good. I do like Paydays. Yeah. Wait, no, no, I don't like Paydays. I was thinking of Baby Ruth's. Yeah, I don't like Paydays. Paydays are good. Okay, five worse. Uh, <laughs> number five, fucking Smarties. I hate Smarties. I never. Oh, I'll take. Them. I'd rather take some Smarties over now and later's. Yeah, never really liked Smarties. They weren't really my kind of candy. Uh, number four, actually, Baby Roofs. It's <laughs> funny. What the hell? <laughs> Baby Roofs are good. Huh. Baby Ruth. Uh, number. Ruth, baby Ruth. Uh, number three, fucking popcorn balls. Yeah, I don't like those either. Like, I don't want this. Oh, fucking if they're, if they're done properly, man, they can be pretty good. But I've had some pretty bland, dry, gross ones before too. Yeah, I don't want that shit. Uh, number two, fruit, just like JP. <laughs> and number one, motherfucking worst candy ever created, candy corn. <laughs> yeah man fucking candy, candy corn, corn. Is such shit how the fuck did candy corn become so popular it's so like, bad nobody likes that shit man it's fucking that's ridiculous it's horrible <laughs> um yeah man top five candies like i'm not like there's specific like i'll eat candy in like small doses i'm not just don't go out of my way to get too too crazy with it but um, number five, man, I put in uh, nibs. I like nibs, man. It's pretty what good fuck stuff. Is nibs? What is a fucking nib? Is that Canadian? No, obviously it's, it's licorice, but it's like the nibs, like the good ones, man. Um, Never heard of it. Great, I learned so much. Thank you for that. Uh, it's licorice, but it's like not the you know it's not Twizzlers. You know Twizzlers are like twisted up. Twizzlers are the best. No, so way. is it like black licorice? No, I just it... said it's fucking red. <laughs> oh. Nibs. It, oh, you didn't? It basically looks oh, exact. Oh, they're like little versions of licorice. Yeah, yes. I like those. Yeah, nibs. That's literally what awesome. they're called. Yes, nibs. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Well, according to Google, nibs is a mock title used to refer to a self-important man, especially one in authority, a.k.a. Moods is a nibs. <laughs> <laughs> no, the actual brand of licorice, nibs. Um, yeah, it's way <clears throat> better than the fucking Twizzlers, man. Like, way better. Um, but yeah, you know, it's like, I, I did, it wasn't like overly sweet for me, so I, I dig that. Um, 
Number four, man, I like some fuzzy peaches. Oh, like they this. are Canadian. That's what that that's why. Okay. Nibs. There you go. Uh fuzzy peaches, man. I could dig those. I love fuzzy peaches. What's a fuzzy peach? What the fuck is that? Is that a vagina? A fuzzy <laughs> peach? It's like a little fucking candy that's kind of salad oh, but it tastes the like peach. peach rings you're talking about peach rings no it's literally shaped like a peach like it's like a flat peach <laughs> like swedish berries and stuff we like don't have that. swedish fish i, see, yeah, I don't I, have fuzzy peaches yeah, oh man you guys are missing out those things are fucking good <laughs> they're awesome i mean if you like, like flavor or- stuff are they like, like peach rings are they like orange <laughs> orange wedges no, they taste kind like peaches. of a little bit. No, they're peaches. Yeah, but they taste like peach though. They're way better. <laughs> Those orange things are. Ugh, that's fucking disgusting, man. Ugh, gross. Um, number three, Skittles. I can always deal with Skittles. I would eat those. Loose Skittles though. Huh? Loose Skittles. No, though? I wouldn't eat anything loose. Who the fuck yeah, would eat just, anything yeah. loose, man? That's Ew. just redneck Mexican right there. That's the. Hey, I never said that I ate it. I said I didn't like it. <laughs> Ugh, God, no, I'd never ate anything loose before. Um, number two, man, I got to go with the Reese's Pieces, like the actual like Ooh, little candies. I hate those. Oh, I fucking love I those, man. I hate those. I like regular Reese's Cups, but I hate it's, those Reese's Pieces. It's the same fucking thing, except for it's got a, oh, a hard no, no, candy no, no, shell no, no, on them. No. <laughs> it does not taste like the same peanut butter is in there. It literally no does. Way. It literally does. It literally does not. And in at number one is Snickers. I love Snickers what? bars. Yes. Snickers are good. Have- yeah. Not a, how do you not have jelly beans? You ate like a pound of jelly beans when you were at my house. Yeah, but, those are loose too. Yeah, but no, but jelly like the little. But honestly, dude, when I was a kid, I don't remember jelly bellies ever being given out. I don't like generic. Jelly I never beans. got jelly beans as a kid. Yeah, I don't remember. Like, I mean, I remember getting generic ones. You know, you get those big fat ones and like a six pack or something. Those things were gross. Jelly bellies are different, man. They're very specific. I don't know. Where I just found out who makes those nasty ass Mary Janes. The same company who makes those nasty ass chalk flavored discs. Those Neckos or whatever those they're are called. Those the worst. Yeah, those things also almost made my list. Oh, so man. this company just makes nasty candy. They're like, they're like, you know what we're missing in Halloween is nasty candy. Let's go into that market. All right, top five things to to top five worst things to receive on Halloween. Yeah, first number five. Any type of fruit, apples and shit. Fuck that stuff, man. That that's. I mean, I'll me take break. an orange over any other fruit. If like, if I'm gonna have to take a fruit, I'll take an orange. Yeah, man. That's that's fine. I mean, yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, in a number four, man, does a combo of toothbrush and floss. Really, I never actually. I would have put that had I, but I never actually. Yeah, me neither. Had that given to me. Oh my god! I dude. know that it's a. Uh, a thing that you hear about a lot, but I've never actually had that. Yeah, man. Every year you get home, you're like, what the fuck? I didn't see him give me that <laughs> with a toothbrush and floss combo or some bullshit. I'm like, that's ridiculous. Probably pretty expensive. I guess. I, maybe it was a dentist. I don't know. And they got like free shit. <laughs> knows, man. Uh, number three. I also had pennies written down. Seriously. Who the, f- well, nowadays in Canada, you wouldn't get pennies. Penny, pennies, pennies. You wouldn't get pennies because we don't have pennies anymore. <laughs> we don't. Really? Yeah, they got rid of pennies. Um, so it's we kind of it's pennies kind of funny. Getting nerves. It's funny because when you're paying with cash nowadays and your and your total comes out to like ten thirty seven, it rounds to the nearest number. <laughs> right? Oh, that's bullshit. You're paying more. So you're right. Well, half. I mean, if it's thirty six, you go to. 
35 kind of thing. So, yeah, but anyways, pennies. Yeah, don't give out pennies. That's, that's <laughs> the stupidest thing in the world. Ridiculous. Especially now in Canada, don't give them out because you can't. You literally can't do with them <laughs> anything with them now. Places won't even <laughs> take pennies anymore. Uh, in at number two, man, candy corn. Ugh, so fucking gross. I hate candy corn. Uh, I, I'm so glad that it's I. It's just sugar. It, but it tastes. Right, it tastes like shit. It tastes gross though. It, it has it like just, this. It, uh, how did you, I don't think it has a taste really besides sugar. I never understood how candy corn became so famous. Like people. Some people love candy Just corn. Just because it looks cool. That's it. That's the only thing that, 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 that about it. It looks kind of. It looks Halloweeny. That's is there, it. Is there different types of candy corn, like different flavors? Yeah, and there shit is. That, that I don't know about because I think I've only had My like the generic. Shane at work always brings in candy corn during the holidays, and I always like eat it because I'm starving at work. But like, I fucking hate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, stop bringing this garbage here. He's like, stop eating it, and I'm like, no. <laughs> And in at number one is the Mary Janes. I did not know that these were actually Dude, called Mary Janes, yeah. but I used to call them. I used to call them the generic Halloween bullshit. That was they the, are the generic yeah. Halloween bullshit. That's what I used to call them too. Because like it you, wasn't until I <laughs> like you, I had never seen these things ever sold in stores, so I never knew what they were called. In fact, I don't think anybody had ever seen these things in stores because nobody knows the fucking name of them. I swear there's some, like, mystical way what that are these, I mean, it's so fucking like, what are they? Mary Jane candy. You can't it's miss like them, It's like a man. peanut butter glob of bullshit. Yeah. And it's that wrapped in, all right. it's wrapped in no, like, an orange it's wrapper not. with, like, <laughs> black bats on it or something like that. It's very generic. Type in Mary Jane candy. Jane. Yeah, they look like bumblebees or that fucking bit of honey. Guys have bit Oh, no, no, no. Those aren't the right Mary Janes. <laughs> You're looking for the ones down further. That are the black and the red orange. Yeah, black and orange. Oh, dude, they are on a different level of nastiness. But huh. people obviously buy them. I mean, I think you're probably getting huge Costco tubs for about a dollar. <laughs> <These things. laughs> That's why people yeah, give them a They sell so. them in like 240 counts. <laughs> yeah. Fucking rights, man. Yeah. yeah. They're so trash. What so- a shit candy. Yeah, man. Uh, like, I didn't even want them in my motherfucking bag. Like, I would just be so mad when I would get them. You know what else I fucking hated, too, man, was, like, those generic caramels. You know, they come in, like, the clear wrappers. And, like, they always yeah. tasted, like, fucking... They never tasted, like, good caramel. I hated them. I never ate them, man. I never touched those things. Ugh. Ugh. Gross. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, that's the top five best candies and worst for Halloween. Um... Yeah, moving along here, man. Another top five list, man. Top five films that we are watching this Halloween. This Halloween. JP, what do you so want to first? Not, not necessarily like a top five. This is just five films that I, I'm watching. So, yeah, more or less uh, five films you're watching, yeah. Yeah, so this year, um, one thing that I'm doing – so, okay, the, the way that I'm doing this list is I'm actually not going to watch these on Halloween, I might watch them like leading up to Halloween because I'm actually for the first year doing like an event, like a Halloween event thing with a couple of my friends, including uh, Austin Schroyer, one of the Schroyer brothers. Well, make sure you uh, have Happy Death Day ready, <laughs> right? So and a bunch uh, of Kleenexes too. For I actually stole this from that's Andrew that likes Happy Death Day. Uh, what's the difference? That's what I said for Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Uh, I actually stole this from Tom the Horror's Ball in an old video that I saw his that I was watching. I don't know if he still does this, but in the video, this was fucking 
like six years ago by the way in the video he said that every year he has like a halloween get together thing where they open up the night with something classic they end the night with something new and then in between is like their picks and their whole point is to try to pick something that that's gonna impress but nobody's seen so it's like for example like i thought of this as like okay if i had picked a film like angst that would have been a great pick uh if i picked a film like um you know something that that's just like unknown that that is gonna like do well like that's my goal here uh so basically that's what we're doing on halloween we're opening with stage fright we're ending with 1922 is our headliner which is uh the new netflix uh stephen king adaptation um and then it's carly's pick matt's pick my pick uh in between all those so i can't reveal those picks obviously because i don't know their pick i know mine i went with something uh that i'm hoping is gonna impress i told moods what it was so uh i think that it's i know you're telling me well you're not in our chat so i couldn't (laughs) (laughs) yeah loner well you're in our chat but you're not in the chat that i told moods in where we were talking about it Mm -hmm. um you have to be voted in i can't just add you to that chat so there's like 10 of us now but you have to be voted in i'll tell tell whoever's in charge that they could suck my cock who's in charge of that chat (laughs) eat the fuck out of me yeah i don't know everybody Um, suck my cock but (laughs) anyway so um (laughs) uh, that's what i'm doing halloween night which i'm pretty excited you know that's what kind of what i wanted this question to be what are you doing halloween night and what movies are you going to be watching so that's actually what i'm doing halloween night and what i would choose to watch had i not been doing that halloween night is these five films so coming in at number five i always try to pull one film that i watch like regularly during halloween uh so normally that film is trick-or-treat uh this is the first year that i'm not doing trick-or-treat since hell since it came out i think uh and that is mainly because last year i watched it twice once for exploding heads and then once for uh our end of the year show and i'm just like okay i think i've i think i i want to take a step away from anytime you review something you just don't want to watch it anytime soon you know what i mean um so um going away from that coming in with graveyard shift this is a classic staple halloween film that i watch it's not actually taking place on halloween it's just one that i always always watch on uh on or around halloween like i love that movie i just love the atmosphere in it uh it's not a great movie in terms of story but it's just something about it that i've always enjoyed uh number four uh or the you know whatever uh children of the corn i recently got the arrow blu-ray and uh i'm i actually love that movie uh, even though, and it's been a few years since we did it on the show. I haven't watched it since. So I figured I watched the remake recently this year, and I was like, you know what? That was fun. I, I'm kind of missing Children of the Corn, so I'm going to watch that Blu ray. Uh, then we got Christine, which there, I didn't plan this, but there, that's three Stephen King films in a row. Uh, Christine is a movie that I've always loved, always watched in October, but haven't seen in a few years. So. That's one that I kind of wanted to revisit. And then um, number two, I'm going with Vampire. The Criterion Blu-ray uh, just came out. And uh, it just it seems like it would fit the, the, the atmosphere. You know, I've never seen this film. So I'm um, going to go with that. Uh, and then, You're going to hate that movie. <laughs> really? 
Yeah. Am I really? Yeah. I, didn't you review it on here? Yeah. Didn't you like it? Yeah, I like it. I just know you. You're going to really? find it boring as hell. Hmm. Which Surprise. one was it again? Vampire. Vampire. Vampire from like the what, like 30s, 20s? Oh, Vampire. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah. Man, that movie's fucking awesome. Am I going to hate it? I thought you said vampire. I thought you, I, I thought you said vampire, like John Carpenter's vampire. I was like, um, mm. I don't think you'll hate it. I don't know why Jeremy's hellbent. Yeah, why, what is your what is your basis on that? I don't think. I just think. Gonna, I just think you're going to think it's boring. Like, it's very experimental and bizarre and weird. Well, it's I just think you're not going to like it. Huh. All right. Well, well, I'll come back to you on that one. All right. Uh, and then, like, the last one, I figure I'm just going to leave up to, like, interpretation, like, what I'm feeling like. If I end up hating Vampire Pier, then I'm probably going to watch something good. Um, <laughs> you know, so I was thinking, I, you know, one that I might actually watch something that takes place on Halloween. And there's been a title in my collection for a while that I've just kind of wanted to see because I reviewed the first one, The Fear. Uh, years ago on the podcast and there's a sequel in the same double pack called the fear halloween hunt and it's about like a wood it was such a bizarre movie i remember watching it it's like from the 90s it's like real weird so i figured uh maybe i'll finally get around to that mm-hmm. about a wooden man doll nice jeremy what are you watching I up? all right uh new to this year tales from the hood yeah, I just watched that this year, but it's just it just has that feel of Halloween to me, especially a wraparound story. Um, Doctor Terror's House of Horrors, uh, just uh, awesome Amicus anthology, really awesome. Of course, House of a Thousand Corpses. Uh, new to this list, Black Coat's Daughter, and House of the Devil. Hmm, House of the Devil. Interesting. Some interesting ones. Good stuff. Um, I usually have a little bit of uh, a mold to mine. Uh, every year I like to drop a Fulci film in there. Uh, this year I'm going to watch uh, The Beyond. Oddly enough, I haven't watched The Beyond on Halloween in years. Um, so I'm going to be watching that again. I love it. Um, and I usually always have like a throwback kind of at least have a black and white film in there. This year I decided to go with Carnival of Souls. Um, nice. I fucking love Carnival of Souls. <laughs> Such an atmospheric masterpiece. It's totally awesome. Um, and then kind of a new tradition. I feel like, I, I mean, this one I only watched, what, two years ago? We only came out a couple years ago. But but WNUF Halloween special. So nice. fucking awesome to watch. And how, like, oh, awesome shit, man. Can't wait to revisit that one. And I'm going with the one staple that I watch every single Halloween since it came out in this trick-or-treat. I haven't missed a year since it came out, basically. And um, this year, I'm also going to be watching another Halloween-related film, which hopefully will start another tradition, and that's The Barn. So, yeah, those are going to be my picks. Fucking rights, man. Love The Barn so much. Awesome shit. Can't wait to watch on cool, Halloween. Cool, cool. Gonna be cool shit. So, yeah, awesome. So those are my picks, and actually one. It's. I mean, I'll mention this one too because this is just a short. 
and I do watch it like almost every year. Actually, I can't think of a year I didn't. But it's the it's the uh, Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. I've actually never seen that, and I have it on VHS. I bought it at Goodwill, mm-hmm. so I was planning on watching that. Some just came too. to 4K. I seen that. I seen it at really? Walmart. I wanted to yeah. buy it. Wow. <laughs> um, which is crazy. I don't know how much nicer you can make animation look. Um, so especially that kind of animation, but, uh, so what, is that what you guys are doing on Halloween? Like, what do you guys have planned for actually Halloween? Well, hockey horror picture show, like always. Yeah. You do that every year. I've never seen that. Yeah. Um, this year I'll just be same thing, you know, watching, not watching, taking the kid out trick or treating, doing that. Just the first year. Do you guys actually do trick or treating on Halloween up there? Yeah. We actually don't ever. Like, it's barely ever on Halloween. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I kind of had to turn down. My buddy My buddy asked me if, if I could host this. Um, his dad owns a, um, oh, like a, like a bar. It. But it's just not really going to work out for me. But they decided for Halloween that night they're going to do a showing of a couple horror films. And he wanted me to host it for them. And I'm like, it's just not really going to fall in because I think it's starting a little bit early. And I'm like, ah, I can't really swing that. I'm going to be off work. And I got the kid. And it's, it's really just not going to work. I didn't want to commit to something that I was going to be rushed into and stuff. But I think that's pretty cool that they're doing that. And he's like, well, it's all because of you, man. <laughs> I'm like, well, I feel honored. But I, sorry, guys. I, I got uh, obligations I got to do. So it's always, always because of moods. So it would have been the, yeah, so I'll be, you know, spending with the kid and stuff and, you know doing the trick-or-treating thing man yeah what are you guys up to i told you what i was doing uh, i think it's gonna be pretty cool uh, i'm really excited for this type of um marathon you know like it's i think we're gonna start around noon we're obviously gonna have like some food that we buy like pizzas and stuff like that but we're kind of i think we're gonna like leave some time and space open to where we can go get something to eat at some point during there too yeah um i actually have to work the next day uh but my i talked to my uh supervisor robin and she uh i was supposed to be off but she's not going to be in the office she needed somebody to be there so she's actually just allowing me to just come in and just be there in case something happens so i won't have to actually do much so hopefully you know that that means that I won't feel like shit the next morning that much because I won't have to actually work. I just get paid to be there. Nice, nice. Well, and you said you're just going the Rocky Horror, Jeremy. Yeah. How many years have you done that in a row now? Well, it's like four four years. Yeah. When's your marathon? Uh, it was last Saturday actually. Y- you missed it. I know. You didn't go. Oh, I had to it's work. brutal. Yeah. Uh, oh, you had to work. I was like, why didn't you update? go? Uh, well, shit, I'm work. glad I didn't plan to come out there. You would have bailed on me. No, no, I wouldn't have worked. Oh, okay. I ain't that. No, I just would have not taken the job. <laughs> awesome. um, but that 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 too bad. But you know that happens sometimes. You know, yeah. like when, when you when you need to make money and shit. Like sometimes it just happens that way. Yes, it's the unfortunate. Re- the real but then it'll happens. make you appreciate the times we actually do get to do stuff. You know? Well, it's like I've seen all the movies already, so it's or a lot of them, but yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of missed, pissed. I missed Tales from the Hood. I was excited no for Freddy's Dead. That would have been cool. Yeah. Just because it's a bizarre movie to see. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> I can't believe they were playing that, man. Ah, yeah. oh, fuck. That's ridiculous. Hey, let's play weird shit. Next year, JP, you better come. I really want to, man. Hopefully one of these years I will be able to figure out a way to do it. But again, what happened, man? I The same shit happens to me every year. I run into life troubles. Oh, fuck life. I know, right? <laughs> All right, so. Stupid yeah, ass by life. The balls. But yeah, man, that's going to conclude our Halloween discussion. Yeah. <laughs> So getting into the main reviews here on the Halloween Extravaganza Volume 35. I'm I don't know. Fourth <laughs> Halloween show we've done. I think this is the fourth I think this is overall the fourth Halloween show we've done. So viewers yeah, choice. Fourth viewers, annual. Fourth annual Halloween viewers choice or listeners choice, however you want to put it. Um yeah, man, first up, that was chosen by you. The people that make us. From 1989. Directed by Victor Salva. Clown House. Yes. We're not going to get into the whole Victor Salva thing because we all know the story and we're tired of talking about it. Well, now I understand why people are... uh, This movie is very... Yeah, you've uh, never uh, seen this before. A lot of close-up of crotch shots and stuff. Well, the first ten minutes. Okay, well, let's do a quick... kind of ironic. Let's let's do a little quick synopsis here, and then we'll uh, we'll start talking about the film. Just before Halloween, three young brothers alone in a big house are menaced by three escaped mental patients who have murdered some traveling circus clowns and taken their identities. Yeah. Um... Why is this movie rated R? If they just cut out some of the swearing, uh, yeah, it, it would have been PG. Easily made PG thirteen. Good. There's good, no blood. Good question. Yeah, man. So this movie's scary as shit, though. Like some of the like clown shots are like fucking terrifying. Like well, when you get clowns in this film. Yeah, but like when you see them, they're like. You know, like, like just pop up in the background, and it's fucking, it's fucking terrifying. They have like the yeah, weirdest expressions around. on their faces. Well, I mean, they're gonna have weird expressions on their face because they're escaped mental patients. They're probably just I know, not but sane, like, but... I don't know. 
Um, but yeah, man, so we get introduced to our three characters in the beginning of this film, one played by Sam Rockwell, who plays the older brother, kind of the older bully brother named Randy. Um, and then we got Casey and Jeffrey. I th- Casey's the kid that was molested, right? In real life? He was the young one? Yep. Okay. So essentially what we have is we have three boys that have been left alone. Um, parents are gone and they're the house to fend for themselves. Um, meanwhile, we have a few guys that have uh, escaped out of this mental institution, killed these clowns and taken their identities. And now somehow they've ended up at the, of course, this house where these kids are residing alone <laughs> to terrorize them. Um, for some reason. For, yeah, I mean, they're they're insane, I guess. They just had to pick somewhere to go. I mean, I mean, they do show in the film that these kids live very close mm-hmm. in proximity to the mental institution, so which is also yeah. close to the uh, the carnival where... Oh, that was the mental institution the cops were going up to? Yeah, yeah. So when you hear the... Ah. When, yeah, so at the beginning of the film, we got the kids. Um, they essentially go to the circus, uh, you know, for some... For some shit, uh, some, for some shits and giggles, man. And you know, the youngest kid, Casey, he's got clearly a phobia of clowns already, uh, which is discussed in dialogue in the beginning of the film between the brothers. Of course, Randy's making fun of Casey for being a little pussy because he's scared of clowns, and then they put ultimately put him into the situation where he's got to face clowns and things like that. Um, where then, you know, of course, these clowns are killed off. Which, you know, man. This is where this is where the film, in my opinion, like I like the way this film starts out a lot. I love that they actually showed a carnival setting with clowns and things. They actually went that extra route to do that. Like a lot of these films never really have those type of settings and things. But you know, the scene where the real clowns are killed off by these mental patients, man. What the fuck, man? Like they don't show anything in that fucking scene, dude. It's like that's why I said it's so. I it always bugged me every time I watch this film. Like, why didn't they show these are mental patients, man? It's they should be a little bit more menacing, you know. Show them do you know? Kind of set up the whole film like these are some crazy motherfuckers. You know, they don't show shit. They don't show shit. They, they <laughs> essentially these clowns are killed off screen. They take their identity and that's it. I'm like, fuck, man. It's like, it's so PG, actually, to be honest, man. I don't know about you guys, man, but what are your guys' thoughts on this? I just want to say, isn't it ironic that fucking Coppola fucking executive produced this movie? (laughs) Yeah. Who did? Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah, he did, actually. He was the executive producer, which is super ironic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I mean, you know, know, it's funny. I, I know it's like from... If you're watching this film back in 1989, you probably wouldn't have put two and two together while you're watching the first 10, 15 minutes of this film. But with the boys, but like, isn't it kind of crazy how you see like the young boy get out of bed? He's in his underwear, and, like, and then the one brother's oh, yeah. got no 100%, shirt on. Hundred percent. And like all, sure. th- all three boys are totally, which we know now, are being exploited. Objectified. Yeah, they're yeah. being objectified. They're being exploited, and it's kind of funny. Like, there's crotch shots. There's kids with no shirt on. It's just really crazy. Like how obvious it is in the film mm-hmm. and it's, it's actually like just knowing what we know now when you watch it, you're going fuck that's disgusting man because like the kid that got molested you know casey in the film he was what 13 or 14 in this movie yeah it's just absolutely disgusting to see but you see it throughout the film a few times where there is kind of you know questionable shots on the kids and things like that i'm just like fuck the see their bare ass man yeah and well that's that's part of it too you get to see that plus the bare ass and it's just it's very obvious what's going on here yeah. kind of disturbing but 
I don't know, man. Yeah. And, and you know what's even more messed up? Now, I don't know how this, uh, you know, came about or like what, you know, in what way this happened or, or whatever. But um, apparently he was molested by him for like six years, dude. What? Yeah. Yeah, I read I, that I, too. Like, I thought it was just like on this movie. Yeah, shit. You know what I mean? So <clears throat> this movie came out in what year? 89. 89. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which is kind of weird because in 1988, Salva was convicted of sexual misconduct. Yeah, that just makes no sense <laughs> whatsoever, <laughs> man. Uh, <laughs> so, so it makes you wonder uh, how these things happen, right? Yeah, but apparently um, he was – for six years, he was molested by Victor Salva. So I don't know – so he has some kind of <laughs> some type of connection. Did you see the something in the basement poster on the wall? I no, but I know that's Victor Salva's short film. I believe. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. on the wall. Yeah, yeah. It's um, funny. So yeah, I, 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 so I don't know if he was like this kid was like a fan, like he knew, like I don't know how that he met Victor Salva to be molested because I assume he was molested six years prior, six you know like from six years before this movie came out you know what i mean uh, after because so, he was convicted mm-hmm. already so the actor must have had a connection to victor salva obviously yeah family wise before or something he was like that in another one of his films hmm. too hmm. So, yeah um it sucks that we even have to talk about this you know what i mean but yeah, it it's part of it's part of i mean you can't it just it comes up well, it has to i mean you, you can't avoid it i mean Within two minutes, man, there's, like I said, there's a scene with the kid in the tidy whities no shirt on, one kid's jerking off in his room who gets caught jerking off, and then and then a second later you see a bare ass. It's this crazy, so, that sequence of events in that in the film, you're just like, holy fuck, I man. know, I know. So do you think that if this was, th- I mean, obviously, that, that's not stuff that is not filmable, right? Like, people have done exactly. stuff like that. It's yep. not... Like so, it's it is within reason of like filmmaking. Mm-hmm. It's just weird to know after the fact oh, yeah. who he is and what he was doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, to me, I remember hearing about this film when I was a kid. Um, my cousin had seen this film, and she said it was the scariest movie she ever seen. So we tried to track it down, and there was only one video store that had it, and it was like an hour away, and we ended up never going to get it. Uh, we always talk about maybe one day going and getting it, but uh, we just never went. And I, I mean, I assume that that's because it was hard to get a hold of for one video store to have it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I don't remember seeing it as a kid. I don't remember seeing it on TV. Like, I I mean, I know that that DVD release was even pulled pretty quickly, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like right so, after. Yep. Yeah, so I mean, and it's it's mainly because the kid in this film was molested, not like because it was directed by Victor Salva. It's because the kid in this film. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, exactly. Um, but seeing it, you know, I've seen it before. The first time I seen it, I thought it was really scary. I thought it was really uh, a, a good movie. Um, watching it a few times since, it loses its impact a little bit. Because once like the the scariness of it goes away, you start paying attention to actually what's happening, and there's the not a bad. whole lot. The acting is bad. It's the really bad. Really well, that, bad. that's the thing about this movie, man. So basically, you know, once the kids get back from the carnival, it's late, and 
you know, they, they make stupid kid decisions like, oh, we're out of popcorn. Let's go to the store at 11 o'clock at night to get popcorn. But, I would do that. But, yeah, I mean, you know, but going through the woods and, you know, it's this. Also would do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess. But um, but basically what we get in the first hour of this film, for the for the most part, because, you know, the where the clowns come into play here is within, the, like, the last 20 minutes of the movie is essentially what it is. Mm-hmm. And for the first hour of this film, we get three brothers just bickering at each other. That's essentially what we get. We get Randy bullying Casey and Jeffrey. It's just a whole pile of fucking annoyance and bickering in this film. <laughs> if you really break it down, it's that's all if it is. If you really do break it down, that is what it is. You're, yeah, you're yeah. right. And it's kind of weird because, like, the first time I watched it, I never noticed that, you know. Yeah. I was kind of interested in, in, in the characters. And the... um unknown keeps you intrigued right because mm-hmm. you don't know like for all you know this movie could get really crazy so you're just like kind of with it with it with it and you're just waiting, waiting to see what happens yeah um I, I watching it now like it does drag and it's only an hour and 20 i think yeah um, yeah but before with the credits it's like an hour and 17 or something yeah it, it's a very tame movie mm-hmm. yeah but that your imagination if you put yourself in the position is what makes it frightening yeah, mm-hmm. there's just a couple odd scenes, you know, within the first hour of the film, of course, the, the clowns do show up at the house and Casey actually there's a scene where he notices he goes to the window and he sees the clowns like standing in the front yard. It's I, psychological like that, where it's like, oh, every time somebody actually looks, they're not there anymore. And then yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> but I think you could even play that up further and debate it on whether they were actually there or not. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, at least to that point. That's anyways, a different but, movie. That's but a different. it's also just the way he, uh, the way he reacts to it too. We we know that he's already terrified of clowns, and he, it's supposed to come off in that scene where, you know, he's seeing these clowns and he doesn't. He's so frightened, you know, that he's kind of shocked by it, and he doesn't say anything. But in that scene, he really doesn't even really say anything. He just kind of reacts, looks, and he's like, <sighs> you know, he's just kind of doing this. I'm just like that. Always bugged me that he didn't be like, guys, there's fucking clowns here, like. The clowns that were, you know, at the circus. He doesn't say anything in that moment. That always bugged me in this movie. It doesn't matter how scared you are. You'd be like, okay, you'd probably say something, right? If you saw clowns in your front yard, wouldn't you be like, dudes, there's clowns? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Well, I think the obvious reaction, even if you're scared, would be to say something. But clowns! He and he doesn't in that scene. And, yeah, if you went back to the whole psychological argument, yeah, I mean, you know, whatever. But, uh this one is very, very slow paced. Rewatching this film again, which I hadn't seen in about five or six years. I think the last time I saw this is when the horror man sent me over this bootleg at Clown House because you couldn't get your hands on this shit. And that was the last time I watched it. I, I remember really enjoying it. But watching it now from a critical standpoint, this movie is very slow paced. There's a lot of bickering. There's not a lot happening in the first hour. And when the clowns start to do their terrorizing, it's not really that great either. To be honest, it's a little bit menacing at times. But... The whole survival, the whole... I mean, I really can't stand what Randy does. You know, when he dresses up like a fucking clown, you know, to to play the joke on Casey and shit. And then they just kind of... Selva fucks that character up, man. He just forgets about him. Like, they, they basically kind of kill him off screen. And they waste his character completely in this film. I, I can't stand the way this thing turns out, you know, watching it from well, this what, point. Three deaths? Four deaths, right? Well, and, and yeah, and they're like legitimately all off screen, but I don't like the way I don't like the way Randy's character is disposed of in this film. It's like, it just feels so, it feels like something's cut out. 
doesn't it? Yeah. It, it just feels, mm-hmm. I don't like the way they, they totally just threw out Randy and left it up to Casey and Jeffrey. But I mean, even the, the sequences where they're fighting off the clowns and stuff like the, you know, the bigger kind of fat clown, like those are really cheesy, man. <laughs> the scene where he's kind of slapping him and shit. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know, man. I get it. I get it that their their clowns are a little bit menacing, and actually, there's some pretty good atmosphere in like the last 20 minutes of the film too. It really slows down. The dialogue completely gets diminished. There's like no dialogue in the film, pretty much, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of good at this point because we've spent the last hour, the previous hour, um, hearing these kids fight like siblings do. Yeah. So it was kind of nice to get that and stuff. But ultimately, it's a letdown because it essentially goes exactly where you think it's going to go. And it, you know, it ends up there and there's, there's just not a lot of substance to it, man. It, it's kind of almost boring to be honest. Kind of uh, it my definitely th- is whenever you've watched it as many times as I have. Like, yeah, I've man. seen, I've seen it like six times now, mm-hmm. which is, is way too much for a film like this. And in, in the short amount of time, since I've only seen it for the first time in 2012, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's, that's a lot of times to see it since then. Um, most of the times I was just showing other people. I was going to say, why have you watched this movie so many times? Because I know you're not much for you know going out of your way specifically to rewatch something, especially something as tame and kind of boring as Clown House. I've yeah. reviewed it. <laughs> well, the first time I've watched it, just to watch it, then I showed my cousin because it was like, oh, this is the movie that our, cousin, our other cousin was talking about. And then I reviewed it on... Uh, Fright Tube or Body Bags, I don't remember which one, mm-hmm. for like Clown Week or something like that, or Hall- Halloween Week or something. I can't even remember. Um, and then uh, this time, so like that's like five times. I don't know. <laughs> so Shit. too many times. Uh, and also, uh, this movie had like a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar budget, I believe, yeah. which is Barely pretty low. Nothing. Pretty low, you know. Um. I'm going to say that, like, are we going into ratings? Uh, we want, sure. Jeremy, do you have anything else to say? Actually, we did forget. There was one other kill. <laughs> the kill where uh, they kill the, I guess, one of the owners of the store. Oh, in, yeah. In, I in forgot the, about that one. In the, in the barn. And it's the shadows. Yeah. Again, there's nothing there. Like, they don't. Sh- yeah. It's fucking bizarre, man. You just. Anyways. Yeah. Forgot I just, about that. I just told you how forgettable it is. <laughs> I know, right? So I, I'm cool with going into ratings, but I don't really have a lot more to say about the movie, to be honest. I mean, yeah, I don't either. Uh, so this is a movie that uh, I do like, like I'm being honest, like I, I, I've always liked Clown House. Um, watching it with a critical eye, the acting's bad. The pacing's a bit off. Uh, the you know kill, there's no there's no substance other than just like imagery right yeah, yeah. Um, there's no kills or anything like that but I think that this movie still is creepy like and that's that's my number one positive about it it's creepy there's good atmosphere honestly like I think this is a very atmospheric movie it's almost dreamlike in a way um, when the clowns are like hopping around in the background and, and stuff like I just find that nice. yeah I just find that creepy. It almost feels like a dumbed down horror movie that is also a uh, like hyped up episode of like Are You Afraid of the Dark? 
But <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it, it has like that even level of, of are you afraid of the dark acting that you got in like the nineties? You know, that's good. That's um, good, man. That's that's good comparison. Yeah. This might be a high rating for some people, but I'm still gonna come in at a seven out of ten on this one. Um, I've always liked this movie, and it's always creeped me out. And I like the atmosphere. Jeremy. All right, so Clown House. First time I've watched Clown House, and uh, it's interesting now watching it when you know what happened with Mr. Salva. But I think you ever notice how Jeremy always calls him like, like pro, like Mr. Salva. <laughs> yeah. I always think that he's like interviewing him, like, no, Mr. Salva. What, I don't want to give. I don't want to give the creep the, the 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 extra breath to call him Victor. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I feel like you're being extra nice to him all the time. Uh, I don't want to like call him give, give him the extra breath. But uh, I think this movie, like some, like JP said, the camera work is really dreamlike. Yeah, like there's some shots of like the camera of one shot in particular where it's at the end of the hallway and it's when Casey fucking runs into the room to hide under the desk and the camera starts from the outside and it like it pans forward into the room that, that shot's actually pretty nice uh yeah the some of the acting's pretty bad not pretty bad it's really bad uh and I mean it's not as bad as Ernest but it's still pretty bad but uh it, 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 it has its moments. I think the shots of the clowns are, like JB says, creep. It's, it's creepy, you know? Just how they fucking pop up out of nowhere, you know? Things like that. So, uh, 6 out of 10 on my first watch of Clown House. Yeah, um, I agree, man. The, I think the best thing about this movie is the atmosphere. There is some pretty good shots in this film. I do agree with that. Um the first hour is is almost mind numbing. After you've seen this film a few times, it's like Jesus Christ. And there's nothing more than I fucking hate than just bickering. <laughs> it's, it's fucking annoying, man. Like because it's it's just it, like within the. I di- think that it captures that feeling though, and I didn't mention that in the review, but like it it reminds me of me and my cousins all being like kids, like Home Alone, like like just you know I I had a younger or an older cousin who was like a complete dick to me and he always reminded me of the the Randy character yeah and except for it was reversed like the mid the middle brother was the nice one or was the mean one and the older brother was the nice one so but like it reminded me of it like that whole get like having going to get popcorn being such a big deal like like getting popcorn it just took me back like it was just like a it's like that's what kids cared about back then (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i mean yeah brothers are always going to do this type of stuff i just wish they had to changed up the you know the content of the bickering and you know it, it was pretty much the same thing over and over again. It would a lot to do with, oh, obviously you're scared of clowns and shit, which is going to play into the narrative. But I mean, just just have a, like maybe a little bit better dialogue. You know, it was just it was kind of mind numbing. But um, there is one shot in this film I really like where the clown opens up the door upstairs. That, that shot is probably like my favorite in the whole film. Pretty good mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm going to drop my rating. I think last time I rated this film, I think I was at a six and a half. I'm going to come down to a six also on this film. I just. I don't know, man. I just, I honestly don't find it that exciting. I mean, just, there's just not enough in the last 20 minutes for myself. You know, I mean, that's really what you get. That's kind of the blunt of the film. So, six out of ten for myself. Clown House. Oh, she still believes in trolls and magic spells and things like that. Trolls? Like hide under bridges and eat little girls? Cut it out, dork. It's 
like the legend of Trantor. Elizabeth Giddle-like. Just because you write a report about it doesn't mean it comes true. She told me about this troll that had red glowing eyes and walks like this. <laughs> and that ugly little rascal is still alive down there. <laughs> he can only be awakened on the night before Halloween. Like tonight. When a world like you places his hand on a tree like this and says, Yea, I call thee forth, Trantor. But what are the chances of that happening? Yeah, moving along here. We're going to jump two years into the 90s, the year of 1991, with a film. The year I was born. Yes, that's right. The year that you were born. With a comedy called Ernest Scared Stupid, directed by John H. Cherry III. And Who directs this, all the Ernest films. Yeah, this, this is what this guy was known for. He directed, well, he actually directed pretty much the majority of them anyways. I think this is most all of them. them. So that's all of them, all yeah. Freed from the 83 one all the way up until 98, I think. Army was the last yeah. one. And then, of course, uh, Jim Varney got no, sick. Army and... was the first one. Ernest in the Army was in 98. And then um, Jim Varney got sick and, and unfortunately died of lung cancer, I think, two years later in 2000. So kind of a sad one right there. But is, isn't that very interesting? How many directors have you seen just do, like, one person's entire career? <laughs> I gotta say, it's yeah, pretty know. damn unique, man. I think that's pretty interesting. But anyways, Ernest Scared Stupid from 1991. Synopsis, Ernest unleashes an ugly troll that plots to transform children into wooden dolls in the town of Berryville, Missouri. Yeah. So let me ask you this before we get into the review. There's a huge debate on our Facebook page today. <laughs> On whether this is a horror film or not, what do you guys think? It's pretty fucking scary, bro. I don't. If I was a little kid. This probably would have scared the shit out of me. I don't. I don't think this is a horror film. I think it's a it's a family comedy horror with ho- with horror elements. It's obviously got the trolls and stuff, and it's got some pretty deep decent atmosphere at times in this film too, like literally like you can see that <laughs> watching it with the kid and he's like what is that is that smoke i'm like no that's that's atmosphere <laughs> he's like oh atmosphere <laughs> you know it's just so blatant in the film it's very much it's very much like a tv episode it's just so blatant but i don't know i always 
kind of considered everything Ernest did to be family comedies, you know, and this one just happens to have the theme of, you know, trolls and, and other horror elements in it. Um, I don't think I can consider well, this a yeah, horror film. Well, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say Ernest Saves Christmas is a horror film. <laughs> no, <honestly. laughs> I mean, it depends like, on how you look at it, though. <laughs> it's a Christmas me, film. Like, when I, whenever I define horror, right, <clears throat> and my, I guess my interpretation of horror is looser than most people's, I look at a film and I look at a couple of elements. Like, first of all, the reason I consider stuff like green room horror and uh you know other debatable films like on that spectrum is because of like the definition of horror that i said on one of the episodes that we talked about where it's like it's trying to unnerve you it's trying to you know bring this cathartic experience that i don't get in comedies or you know other genres now on the other spectrum which is the the towards the family side because you know that's where this is i look at certain aspects of a film and one of the biggest arguments i have for when something is horror or not is its intent to scare um which i think is throughout this entire film it's intent to scare right there's also an intent to laugh mm-hmm. but it's arguable that this film has more of an intent to scare than something like Zombieland or, you know, another, another comedy, bad Milo, you know what I mean? So to me, that is very important. Like to me, just because there's not a monster coming out of a fucking guy's asshole doesn't make, make it any more less horror than this. Just because what what is the argument for something like, bad milo being a horror film and not earnest like what are the key differences in those films there's not really a whole lot of difference i think it maybe gets separated due to content i mean bad milo is not for kids i mean it's obviously got the gore factor it's got the monsters just because it's for kids i'm not saying it can't be but i think but i think this movie right here the comedy is is the forerunner even in you know in the in the end scene in the but show, in Bad but, Milo it is too though yeah for I mean, sure yeah there's I mean, nothing scary about that movie. yeah I'm not I'm not you know debating like Ernest is like not full bl- I mean it has horror elements but I mean even in the scene where Ernest is fighting off now a mass of trolls <laughs> and he's fucking kicking them and like when he's standing on the back of the truck <laughs> I mean that shit's still comical as fuck man. I mean, so you find it funny, you fucker. It's because it's so fucking. This movie is so silly. I mean, Ernest, the character of Ernest is is ridiculously silly. You know, you exactly, can't help but, but chuckle. That's his point. Isn't fucking Buster Keaton silly? Isn't Charlie Chaplin silly? Isn't the Three Stooges silly? Well, they all, anybody who does these kind of fucking of course, slapstick those are all those are all intent. Those are all very specific intent. Uh, comedians, right? I mean, you know, physical comedy. And I've always said many, many times, physical comedy is not my favorite type of style of comedy. Um, one, one of the only people I ever really cared for with that was Chris Farley because I always thought that he delivered his lines so fucking funny in everything that he did. Um, he is funny. But, but, um, but, but, physical but com- back to the question of yeah. is it horror, though? Continue with that. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Bad Milo versus this, using that as an example. I think what separates it is just... I mean, when you look at the specs of these films, they both have monsters. They both, you know, I mean, they both have comedy and things like that. What something like Bad Milo has is, is I think, I guess maybe it's a little more explicit. 
Um, it's got the gore factor, which can be horrifying. Um, Ernest, I mean, well, to but me, it, but it, but the the gore the in are... Bad Milo is not done in a horrific way. Like, yeah, it's not intent to. But Bad Milo to me is also is also a comedy horror film, right? Kind of so like this. It, yeah, I, th- I think I'm the horror in this is a little I'm more lighthearted. I'm not saying that Ernest is not like if it was an argument it would be like a family comedy horror film like it wouldn't be yeah like I think ho- this, a just flat out horror film but like this is I just lighthearted to me confuse violence and explicitness with horror so it's like if what elements make something a horror film is it the monsters is it the the uh the intent to scare is it the um supernatural what is it that makes something a horror film versus me- making something not a horror film, right? Like, you can say that a movie like American Pie is not a horror film because why? You have evidence pointing to this. You have <laughs> the fact that there's no, there's no threat of violence. There's yeah. no threat yeah. of, of, of supernatural elements or any type of um, threat to a life or threat to, to make it uh, you... Uh, uh, you know, un- uncomfortable in any way other than in a comedic sense. So, when you have something like Ernest, you know this this comedy family film, but it has so many of these familiar elements. It has supernatural monsters. Uh, it's it's shot scary at times. Like it's it's purposely using uh, horror techniques uh, to deliver scares. Now the problem is, is none of these scares are effective on adults in any way shape or form yeah uh it's only effective if you're well, that's a child what I, that's what i said about the lightheartedness mind. that's what i said about the lightheartedness you know if you compare yeah something like bad milo to this film where bad milo is not necessarily lighthearted, it's got you know things that kids probably don't want to see but this one yeah. it doesn't have that element you know to it so but that's that's audience again though yeah so mm-hmm. but that's that's kind of my argument too is it's like okay but um is are you afraid it, of the dark horror? Yes, I would. Okay, so why say. wouldn't this one be horror? Well, are you afraid of the dark? It still has an intent to be horror-ish. They're telling scary stories, right? There's no comedy in Are You Afraid of the Dark? That's like yeah. There's no comedy. You know, the, the intent is to no, tell scary stories. Yeah. yeah. So there's no okay. comedy within it. So I look at Are You Afraid of the Dark as as children horror? Definitely, hundred percent. It's funny though because like when I look at horror comedies, like my biggest beef with them usually is like they are way more comedy than horror. Mm-hmm. You know that's that's and you know this film is that too. But it's funny because this film actually intends to scare more often than films like Bad Milo or other comedies in that uh, sort of genre so it's it's funny to and i make that argument a lot with other films too you know like green room stuff like that it's like well these films are actually attempting to make you feel uncomfortable or scared more than these comedies um i find it in i actually was surprised at how hard it was going for actual horror in this film um yeah but it's aimed at it's kids, kids because it wouldn't yeah. work against it with people and that's again but the i audience was still surprised 
I think this film is horror, honestly. Like I, when I, looking at it, I'm like it. It passes all of the the tests. Like you can't say what it doesn't pass. You know what I mean? In in terms of definition of horror, uh, the only thing that you can really say is it just doesn't feel like a horror film to you. And that's a fair argument because you know it's subjective. But uh, when you look, at, when you if if you're defining horror, I have it hard to believe that this film can't be fit into your definition of horror um unless you have a very weird definition of horror yeah i mean that argument is completely completely viable i mean i get that too it's 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 the different target audiences right you know essentially what it comes down to i think when you have a film like Ernest scared stupid if you classify as horror i mean the the gags that they're doing in it are quite obviously not going to scare us three but our children, on a different level, are going to be terrified at at, at those certain troll points. makeups. Fucking dope, right? So, yeah, like those. That's so a scary good. makeup job. It's so good. Like it stands up. You know, it's the same fucking guy who did Colored Clowns from Outer Space. So you know you're going to get quality. Yeah, man. I know and that's I, awesome. Right? I think it would have fucking scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. And I was kind of hoping maybe this would scare my boy. I mean, but he didn't. <laughs> He's well, has he. Have you showed him like other? You've showed him horror films, though, right? Yeah, man. I I waited till Aaron was out of town. She was in Vancouver, and I I popped on Poltergeist, hoping it would actually scare him, and it didn't. I was like so disappointed. Uh, yeah, he, he already he already got the bug, man. Yeah. See, he uh, does, show man. Him Blair Witch, and then see what happens. He really, <laughs> he really does. Like, and we've watched like all the Are You Afraid of the Darks, Goosebumps, um, lots of really interesting stuff. I think Goosebumps actually scared him more than Are You Afraid of the Dark. Oh, there was there was oh. one episode where it had to do with a monster in a closet and i think it got to him a little bit man like he wasn't looking at the screen anymore i was like are you scared he's like no no and he was <laughs> acting a little bit paranoid it was kind of funny but uh no he likes it man he loves beetlejuice he likes all that stuff so got the bug but he Show likes he likes page. this movie he really likes <laughs> this movie he really like digs the trolls and shit which is cool so yeah but i don't I, see I, I don't see how you couldn't though man the trolls look fantastic in this film they're great man this movie still makes me laugh, but like like Mood says, like <clears throat> he doesn't he doesn't get slapstick comedy or he, it's not for him. But I don't know. I I just always love that physical type of of comedy. It's just funny to me, and I think like Jim Farney just does it in in a way. Like I said yesterday, like you could clearly put this film on mute and still understand what's going on. Simply by the way Farney uses his facial expressions and the way that he moves his body and how he does all these things to move the narrative forward. Like seriously, I really think this movie would work if you would if you would do that. See, I am uh, I am definitely one of those people that loves a good line. And so the times I did laugh in this film <laughs> was when it's like I don't know, fifty minutes of the film or whatever, when Ernest is when he takes the kids to that real creepy forest on that old lady's property to build the <laughs> to build the fucking uh, their new tree fort, <laughs> and he's. I think one of the kids says something on the lines of like, "If we get lost, like, how do we find our way out of here?" And he says something totally like, well, just, like, the, like the trees like point north." No, and then he says, and he's <laughs> like, "Yeah, he says something about the trees pointing north," and he's like, J- "And just remember that uh, that bark grows on the outside of the tree," and that was it. <laughs> 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 it's like, 
<laughs> me and Aaron like burst out laugh. We're like, what the fuck? My favorite line is like when he goes to the cop and he's like, I swear, sure. If I swore I saw the trolls and he's like, Ernest, you must be dreaming. You should pinch yourself. And then he pinches his face and he's like, oh, I pinched myself. Still, I still saw the trolls. And then when the fucking chair is closing the door, you keep seeing him like pinch his face. It's like. <laughs> shit's so funny but man like you have to admit though like right away in this like when they go to that forest to build that tree out that thing is awesome <laughs> like that's yeah. like every kid's dream fucking tree fort right there that thing was amazing i want to know is where they fucking got all those pizzas they were fucking slinging those bofos <laughs> at those fucking kids dude, like, where the hell did they get all these pizzas dude, i had i thought the same thing i'm like oh yeah so fucking they called up Domino's when no one was looking or what <laughs> And I had like <clears throat> and I had all the toppings too. It's like fuck if I was gonna waste pizza, I would just get cheese. Doesn't this movie ha- it just screams stereotypical bullies. Like this kid with his Oh yeah, nineties oh, stereotypical Oh bullies. my god. I, I can't help but laugh at this poor fat kid. He's all part he's all business in the front, he's got that little baby mullet in the back. He doesn't even have the full plumage yet and everything, and he's just he's the worst actor in the world. <laughs> Yep. Everything about even, the, even the adults the adults are worse than the kids so yeah, that says something yeah this movie does have bad acting like the mom the girl's mom when she's in her room and she's like i want you to come to the party and it's like oh my god this is literally some of the worst shit i've seen in a long time but it's like eh, you know what you're gonna get <laughs> it's just you know these type of movies like you know even thinking back on it now i'm just i'm kind of chuckling but just the setup to like it's so childish, right? Like how Ernest resurrects this troll or conjures up this troll. Troll. Yeah. I mean, it's as simple as him telling how to do it to the kids, and then he does it. You know, it's like you know, you take a <laughs> you know, you take a warrel, and you know, you you put your hand on this tree, and then you say this chant, and it's like, and then all of a sudden this thing just resurrects. I'm like, that's so kitty. Like that's exactly Ernest how it is just a kid at heart, though. You know. I know. Man. It's just it's <laughs> yeah. So, well, it, the okay. Is so simple, so- man. Oh. The these movies, um, I've always liked Ernest. Like I was, like I was prime age for these movies, right? Like these these started coming out in the late eighties, early nineties, and throughout. Like oh. I grew up in the nineties, you know. Like all this I remember, was, is I remember them. Kid. I I remember seeing them all the time, and I've seen. I think I've seen them all. You know, I, I can't remember for sure, but Ernest you know, goes I, to I'll Africa is the worst one. I used to watch that one all the time. Ernest goes to jail. Those are the two I remember. Ernest goes to jail and Ernest goes to Africa. Camp. The two that I remember a lot. Um, also, I also remember the uh, Christmas one a good bit too. But um, you know, it's it's one of those films that it's a it's a cartoon in live action. Like that's what it is. Like oh, the yeah. things that are yeah. happening, cartoony. It goes against physics. I mean, look at. The first scene when he's in the the garbage truck, which by the way got my anxiety up, which which was funny. It's like what am I watching? Dude, it's it's everybody's worst nightmare to get trapped. <laughs> Fucking yeah, like I was like, dude, this is a little on. scary. I was like, this yeah. is a little too tense for a, a kid movie. And then um, <clears throat> he comes out and he's all like twisted in that block. <laughs> like that's is that out of a goddamn Bugs Bunny Roadrunner cartoon or what? Well, yeah, his it's feet so are up by his face. They're like two inches it's away so from his face. It's so funny to me because <laughs> you know you've listened to the shit that I've laughed at on the show before. It's just like shit's just so funny to me. I don't know how. Like I never like I because can't it's just the way it's just the maybe laughed twice in this movie just, and it was just, just like ex- a chuckle. It's just the expression that he has on his face. It's just funny. I don't know. 
<laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I don't laugh at dumb See, stuff like this that much, but I like it. I, yeah. but just because I don't laugh doesn't mean I don't like it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, the, I'm the same way, man. Like, this shit is entertaining to watch, but I'm not. And, and I laugh at everything, too. Like, I yeah. chuckled only a couple times. But it's mostly the one-liners. Like, the tree bark on the outside of the tree. That shit made me laugh. But, like, just, it's not, like, the pacing in this film is just nonstop. Like, it, it's amazing that Jim Varney didn't die earlier of, like, a heart attack or something. Because he's just, like, so rapid-paced with his comedy, man. It's fucking insane. He looks like a drinker to me. Uh, he was just a smoker. I think he, yeah, like, major, like, I, I think do. he smoked a couple <laughs> packs a day. Like, he was a real heavy smoker. But, um... Yeah, man, it's more about the one-liners and things like that to kind of get me. But like, uh, like even like when he the costume switch scenes, this is like, it's like every second it's fucking like a cut to like a different. It does get exhausting after a while. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's isn't that very prevalent in a lot of the Ernest films? Doesn't don't they do that gag in a bunch of films where he switches yeah, the character yeah. rapid pace? Like, like I'm watching with the wife, and I looked over, and I was like, man. I'm like, Troy has no idea what just went on there, <laughs> right? Like, as a kid watching that scene, what are you thinking? Like, why is he switching characters? Like, who is he now? Why is he fucking Medea? He's like the white Medea right now. <laughs> you know, it's Dude, like- it, it's so weird to think about it, but I literally haven't watched an Ernest film in like 15 years. Mm-hmm. Like, literally. So it was like very nostalgic for me watching this. I liked it very much. Like, and the biggest problem I had with with this getting picked, it wasn't that I didn't want to watch it. I actually, this is the one I was looking forward to the most. It's just that I didn't know so how to sorry. review it. I don't know what to say about this. Like it's it's like it's all slapstick and cartoony. Like mm-hmm. there's not there, you can't really critique anything that it does. Well, and that's the thing because we can't sit here and critique the acting because all these movies had bad acting that's just the way it was yeah right like what are we gonna do I think Talk you about can't, like acting is probably one of the easier things to critique honestly it's like other stuff like script and and you know like well, the, the script is it's so, just it's like so i don't childish. know what to say dude yeah the it's fucking so, guys who own the shop like that scene when he's fucking buying all that shit i'm thinking to myself like how the <laughs> fuck do they have this shit He's like just, fucking he's ripping him off. That's how. No, he's totally like, he's giving he these prices. So fast. He's making like, up all these fucking prices. Eight cans of troll oh, scent. It's like why the fuck does this guy have troll scent? I think he's just making the shit up. I think that's the joke. He was, he man. $1700 worth of shit. <laughs> but he has the fucking labels on the shit. I, well, I that's cartoony. That's what that's, I that's exactly the cartoon. This is it's a live action cartoon is what this is. Like I don't think he actually has them. Like there's not like it's just like, you know, when you pull shit out of thin air, you know? Those two guys, man. But even like, like I said, you know, how they conjured up the, the troll and then it ends up there ends up being like tons more trolls. But then they figure out how to get rid of the trolls with fucking milk. Me, like, can, of course. Can you get of course. any more childish than that? And then like, honestly, dude, I think they took it one step too far with the unconditional love thing. That shit, man. See, that's the type of stuff I can't stand. Like that. That's so corny, man. That's not even funny. That's just some corny shit. You guys have to admit that, though, right? Uh, yeah. Like, that's super corny. Like, I, I just didn't see the point of, I mean, you could probably, I don't know, man. I guess they had to figure out a way to get the big troll out of there. But unconditional love, really? Kill, kill him and me- milk, meek. <laughs> yeah. And explain that scene to me. You, you thought that was, like, the most hilarious thing in the world. I'm like, I, yeah, I get it's it. It's funny. I it's like, it. I can't. I was like, I had to search forever to find it in season. <laughs> it's like, it's just like, it's just like Ernest. He's just a stupid dude, and it's just like, I don't know. It's just funny to but me. But there's like a joke for absolutely everything when he's in the truck and he needs to call 
uh, who does he call the the cop on the CB? And he's like, well, I'm going to use my CB voice. And he just like, hey, this is uh, WP World. And he, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, why is he doing that? <laughs> exactly. Why is he doing any of this? That's what's funny about it. I know. It's fucking ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I'm, I'm not the only one who finds it funny as a 24-year-old. It's entertaining. Fucking, I wouldn't it's, say it's I, I can't to... laugh at it, but I think it's entertaining. I'm yeah. with that. I'm with you I, I will admit, though, I so, did laugh out loud at the bark thing again. Like, I actually did laugh out loud. I'm like, what the fuck? I swear I didn't. Re- I watched it a couple months ago, and I, I must have missed that part because I'm sure I would have remembered that. But that was just fucking stupid funny. Retarded. All right. Do you guys want to get into ratings? Sure. Jeremy, what do you got on this one? Ernest Scared Stupid. So I haven't seen this movie <laughs> in 10 years. I have to understand this rating is... Uh, on a, on a similar scale to a shot on studio rating in the sense that it's it's not going to get the rating that a film like The Phantom's Carriage would get or anything like that on the sense of uh, technical aspects and everything like that. It's just, it's just this rating is based on the fun that I had with this movie and the, and the enjoyment that I had out of it. I got a lot of fun out of this movie. I got to give it up to Mill Creek. This Blu-ray is actually really fucking good for a Mill Creek Blu-ray I mean, it probably could get a better soundtrack, but I'm surprised that uh, Scream Factory never released this movie in a special edition. I think like it, they could do a lot of fun stuff with this one, but uh, the Mill Creek Blu-ray, which is out of print now for some <laughs> stupid-ass reason, is really good. But I had a great time with Ernest. Now, remember, this rating is based on the enjoyment I had on this movie, so 8 out of 10. All right. Is it me next or you next? Um, I think that's me. Uh, yeah, man. I to be honest, like I, I'm just stumped. I don't really know even how to rate it at all. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Like, you know, I have a specific system for my shot on video films. I don't know what to do with this. I don't think I've ever rated a movie like like this before. I've never actually just rated like a comedy. Um. But, you know, it is mildly entertaining. I will admit that. I mean, I'm not checking the clock every two minutes. It's It's got some pretty fun um, stuff going on in the film. I mean, you can't beat the trolls. It's some of the atmosphere, the, the, the fucking, the force in this film. You know, it's everything's so cliched and ridiculous, live action cartoons. But all in all, it actually is pretty damn fun. It's stupid, but I'm going to give this one a 7 out of 10. It's pretty fun. Yeah, you know, I really like Ernest. Like, it's very nostalgic for me. I very much love... This is not one of the Ernest films that I watched all the time. In fact, I didn't watch, like... I don't know which ones. I I feel like I watched Africa a lot. But I do remember seeing it as a child and liking when I got a chance to see this one because it was, like, in the world of what I love, which is horror. And watching it again brought back so many memories and i just honestly wanted to watch all 10 Ernest films like i'm not even gonna lie um so with that said like i don't know how to critique a film like this because like you can't say oh the characters did some dumb shit over here because like that that's literally what they're doing the entire time like nothing makes sense like there's no you can't have a plot hole in a movie like this because it's like it, it's like fantasy it's fake it's it's like you know where they get the pizzas where they get the pizzas you know how they build the stuff how you know it's just a cartoon yeah so it's like you can't critique a script like that in a cartoon so i didn't 
I just don't. Like, that's how you do it. You just don't. Um, I just took it as if it was like in a cartoon, really. Like, and if I was rating a cartoon, like, how good was it? And it's like, I think it's about a seven out of ten. So, seven out of ten. Okay. Eight seven seven. Yeah. going to be so scary. Dressing up like the devil is part of the game. There really is a safe, right? For one little boy. Where are you going? To find Satan. The devil. What's with all the Satan stuff? Oh, your dad got him this video game. Is real. Are you Satan? Can I be your helper? When he brings the devil home, his family pays the price. This could be your secret door to hell. Child's game. For this you shall die. He's about to become a terrifying reality. For this boy. This Halloween. Yes. The devil you know is dangerous. You're really into this, aren't you? The devil you don't know. Don't go out there. Will kill you. Awkward. Messing that all the dead people were pretend, but he lied. I'm going after them. Get off! Run! Satan's little helper. Okay, getting into the third and final film here on Listener's Choice Volume 4, 2004. We have a film directed by Jeff Lieberman uh, called. Isn't this Volume 5? <laughs> the Halloween Volume Four. No, it's it's. I'm so confused. We have too many of these Halloween. No, Halloween. it's it's Listener's Choice Volume Five. Five but Halloween it's the Fourth volume Annual four. Halloween. Fourth Annual Halloween. Show. Okay, it's it's confusing. Jeff Lieberman, Satan's little helper. <laughs> what did Jeff Lieberman do? Jeff Lieberman actually directed a couple films. I love. Um, he directed Squirm. He also directed Blue, Blue Sunshine. Sunshine, Just Before Dawn, Remote Control, which is another really cool one. And he kind of went like vacant for a long time until Satan's Little Helper came out. I don't know what happened to him there. Through the, my, oh, I guess the 90s happened. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> He's like, fuck that shit. So, uh, synopsis. A naive young boy unknowingly becomes the pawn of a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> This movie's goofy too, man. And I mean, that's essentially what it what happens here. Um, this shit, this shit's fucking funny as hell too. This movie. So when I I haven't seen this movie in a lot of years, it's been a long time since I've seen this film. And when I first watched this movie, I was a really big fan of it. I thought it was kind of fun, you know. Yeah. Um, but upon rewatching this film. I have to say, man, the kid in this movie is super annoying. He is so annoying. It, it is. Like, it actually it, hurts. The, the, the problem movie. with this, the problem with this movie with that kid is that it's so unbelievable Fuck. that any kid would ever act like this. Well, that's that's where the naive part comes. I mean, this kid isn't even naive. He's like well, full you, blown retarded or something. Like he doesn't. You guys think like. 
do you think like this is like a one-time film kind of watch like i said that kind of like at the top of the show like this was I watched it about two years ago for the first time and I liked it and I was like I but even coming out of it I I knew then I was like I I think I even might have said it in my review that it's a film that I don't feel like I'll ever need to watch again because it's neat enough yeah but it's not there's not replay value really there I just think it's like late to rest like you watch it and you remember it the first time you've watched it and how good of a time you had with it and then you go back and you watch it you know five years later or whatever later it is and like you look at it and you go mm, maybe that wasn't as good as i remember and it kind of sucks because it hurts because you remember how funny it was but i i still laughed a bunch this is at this movie yeah this man is- i i wish i knew the budget on this film honestly because it looks super low budget and what i like about that is it how low budget it looks there's still like a cohesive like narrative and like it's it feels very do-it-yourself like it doesn't feel like anything in this film is beyond like me and a crew going out and doing ourselves well you know what i mean this was basically lieberman's 2004 shot on video type thing this you know shot on cheap hd cameras type thing but it does it almost has that like you know that 2000 shot on video like that digital feel he hasn't yeah. made a movie since, so I don't know if that's a good thing or bad you thing. You can tell this movie I would had. love to hear like what he what the budget was. I really would because like I feel like they it like I would not be surprised if it was like, you know, a hundred thousand or less or something, mm-hmm. and I would just give him mad props because like he made a, a solid movie out of that. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, man. So essentially what this film is is kids obsessed with being satan's little helper it's he it's based on a video game that he's he's playing playing. a video game it's called satan's little helper where there's a helper helping satan kill people (laughs) so it's halloween he's like mom satan's real right (laughs) there really is a satan right so (laughs) it's fucking halloween and he's dressed up of course like satan and of course he's asking stupid questions and his mom is actually played by amanda Plummer, who's fucking weird as shit in this film and i think that's just her playing herself in real life because amanda Plummer is very strange um what's she in she yeah. looks so familiar i always remember her in. from the coffee free she's in free jack and she's in fucking uh pulp fiction she's in yeah, pulp fiction yeah oh i think i remember in pulp fiction yeah um so essentially what happens is this boy is you know obsessed with this thing and uh, he comes across this serial killer basically dressed up like Satan and he's literally like been killing people we get introduced to him as he's kind of doing up a body on his on his front porch kind of thing and the kid sees him and he's like hey man cool can I be your helper and that's literally what the film is it's this kid following this serial killer and ultimately invites him into his house to you know help him destroy people and you know in his mind, gain it's real, but at, at heart, he, yeah, just to gain points and things like that. It's what? it's Come like, on, it's like know, a live video game. A, it's like a, a fucking live... sh- shopping call, shopping cart, fucking that shopping cart scene, man. <laughs> yeah. Jesus fucking hell! It, I think it's kind of cool because it is very sadistic. Like, okay, this serial killer dude is like realizes, like, oh, this kid's dumb as shit, and like he's <laughs> he's like playing along, right? Like he's like he's like, oh yeah, sure, 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 yeah, yeah. Don't look over there, by the way. You well, that, that's the like, thing. You know, at heart, you know, this movie is a comedy. Like it's a comedy horror film, but it has very dark moments in it. Like we get, in a, uh, we don't get to see the serial killer kill this one girl, obviously slit her neck and stuff. But on yeah. the same porch, there's a scene where. <laughs> 
<laughs> he literally picks this black cat up off the ground and just fucking pulverizes it into the <laughs> side of the house. It, like, smushes this cat's head and then writes boo in blood. <laughs> I love that. And it's, I love like, that. out of the blue. Because what makes it kind of funny is that this killer doesn't talk. He just nods his head yeah. to the, everything the kid asks him or through like the film. Like thumbs up, yeah, or just, like <laughs> yeah. I, I like that, and honestly, like Has I think this appeal. film very is successful a lot because like the look of the killer and the yeah. performance of like the the all you know um, body language. I like that, man. Like I, I actually really like the costume, the mask, and stuff. Which, by the way, is completely different than what's on the cover. Yeah. It looks like yeah. Of the DVD, um, but yeah, I, I'm really down with that. Uh, it's really funny um, at times, and it is fun. I like the setup, honestly. Like it, it's very simple, but I like the setup. I just hate the kid, and I think that he's dumb as fuck. That's my biggest problem with this movie: is the kid's dumb. He's too dumb. Yeah, I know. He, it's like he's supposed to be stuck in his own little video game world and stuff, but he's just—he's beyond naive, though. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like he doesn't. He he can't see this thing ha- these things happening like it's ridiculous. Anybody in that position would eventually come out of that little bubble or that little world you're stuck in and be like, "Hey, wait a minute, there's something wrong here." Yeah, because it's not <laughs> you know? that the character, like the character, is written in a way to where it's like you know that if he finds out, he will react negatively. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he just doesn't care or anything like that. You, you can see that there is a moment where this kid could f- catch on. So, but when you write him like that, and then also have him be completely stupid and naive, it's like, oh my god, it just makes him look like a complete dumbass. Hmm. Hmm. Um. Yeah, man. There's. <laughs> I have to say, his family's so weird. Like the kid is obviously this dumb, naive little little brat. Um, his mom is so strange. This film, but his sister's fucking weird too. Like he just comes from this very odd family. Uh, and I will say, man, his sister's man so hot like <laughs> so fucking hot man she's so hot and i don't know what it is with the undertones of this film of like i mean it, i guess it's straight up in the air where they they talk about you know um, oh you know that brought in hellraiser hell world right yeah the yeah no the kid what, what's, the, what's the kid's name alex no douglas his name is douglas Dougie. he wants to he wants to marry his sister. So there's this whole kind of, not the subplot, but it, of course his sister Incest. comes home. Yeah. His sister comes home from, from school and she's got a boyfriend. And now that's kind of like his, his, his arch nemesis now and things like that. But it's got like this overtones of like incest in the film. Fucking bizarre. And like, I don't know how, how many times did the kid comment on her boobs and he calls them fucking boomies. He doesn't say boobies. He says boomies. <laughs> like some of the dialogue is beyond strange in this film too. And she just accepts it. She's like, Oh Douglas. Yeah. Quit looking at my boobs. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? It's so weird. It's so random. So you got, you got all this kind of shit going on and like, Oh dude. I mean, I like the scene when they go to the store and he's all like getting duct tape and shit. And he's like, Oh, are we gonna like, it, okay. Are we going to do one of the biggest real? problems too? I can't say this, but it, like, I keep saying this. Why? Like, like the kid thinks that in some way he's killing people, but they're not dying. dying. He's playing like, like he thinks he's in a video like game. I think he's yeah, in a video which game. does not make any sense at all. No, it just doesn't. It's so frustrating. But he That's does like he does question it even in that moment, though. He's like, oh, but we're going to get these people just for pretend, right? 
And he's like, yeah. and of course, he shakes his head. Yes. He's like, yes. But then he continues to add his murder ensemble into the cart. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> like, how would. For? Yeah. And how would everybody else, strangers, know that they're also pretending? Yeah. Like the guy he throws in the dumpster. It's like, oh, that guy pretends too. Like, how the hell would that guy know, I know that, I this, that you guys are playing this fucking game? Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit, man. Oh, that's it's one of the most frustrating <laughs> things about watching this movie. And I know, and I know everybody's out there like, JP, you're taking it too serious. JP, you're taking it too serious. Uh, it's just that it's so prevalent in the plot. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't think you can just say, oh, well, that just doesn't matter. Like, to me, it's like, that's a cop out. It's a cheat to say that. You know, you have to write your way around it. That's what that's what writing a script is about. Like you have to airtight it. You have to make sure that you don't have dumb shit like this in it. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Actually, one um, of the one does of the, it kill the film? No, no. I mean, speaking of stupid things within the film, the one scene I've always had a problem with, even the first time I watched it, was when the killer, the serial killer, brings Dougie's mum to the party, and she's like fucking wrapped up in Saran wrap, like who? <laughs> So everybody at that party thought that was part of her costume and she was tied up and shit. Yeah. Like what? She needed to be carried around. Like, obviously she did not want to be, to do that. I mean, you have to have some type of independency (laughs) when you're at a fucking party. Like you can't be, she was literally like on the ground cause she was fucking hogtied, man. Like, and everyone's like, Oh, hi. Hi. (laughs) Good costume. Good costume, Meryl. Like what the fuck? I don't know. That always bugged me, man. I was like, that's ridiculous. Again, it's like people are out in their own little worlds or some shit. Makes no sense. Um, do you guys notice the uh, the Nazi salute that they do to each other? Yeah. <laughs> it's a total yeah, Hitler thing, man. <laughs> like the fucking pound yeah. on the chest. Like, I was like, oh, my God. That's pretty blunt. That's and he's funny. like the biggest Jew ever, Mr. Lieberman. So it's just <laughs> funny. Yeah, it's the whole Hitler being Satan thing, you know. I, I get the joke. I get the joke. Yeah, but yeah. I still think the funniest part in the entire movie has to be the cart scene. By far. Yeah. I mean, when they're yeah. ripping through the parking lot, he takes out the pregnant lady, takes out the baby <laughs> stroller, and then the blind guy. Yeah, yeah, and you know there's a baby in it because it's like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, 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 I don't know how to make a baby noise. <laughs> so fucking funny. Just all the people that you're not supposed to hit, right? <laughs> So Yo, good. Lieberman wrote Never Ending Story 3, too. <laughs> I've actually never seen the third one. Me neither. I've seen the first two. So, you know, besides the obvious oddball narrative, I think the one thing that this film does suffer upon rewatch is it feels really fucking long. Dude, I literally said that last night in chat. I was, oh, like, I was like, oh my god, this oh. movie feels so damn long. It's like, it like I and check. I remember feeling that way the original time I watched it. Yeah, yeah. Dude, this movie feels like it's an hour and fifty minutes. No lie. It does, it man. Really truly does. This movie it's drags an hour and forty though. I know this movie drags so much in parts. I don't know what yeah, it is. I thought it was an hour thirty four. Hundred minutes. Yeah, it's almost my copy wasn't. It oh, said wow. so on the back of the case, but it was only an hour and thirty four, I think. Oh really? Yeah, I don't know why that is. Hmm. But uh yeah, man. Um, this one definitely has. Well, I have like that Blu-ray that people were finding at Walmart. Oh, that. Like, that's mm. the one I have, but it's like the TV cut. So I like turned it off. I was like, "Fuck this! I ain't watching this." Oh, that's right. So I put on my DVD. That's right. There was a TV cut of this shit, man. But maybe mine is the TV cut then. Yeah. 
Who knows? No, there's nudity. Can't be the TV cut. Yeah. Yeah. Such a weird Blu-ray release. <laughs> but yeah, no, this one definitely is way too long. Uh, I checked. I, I like looked at my clock like four or five times while I was watching this movie. I was like, "Holy shit, man! This thing's just taking forever to get where it needs to be." Um, I think honestly, rewatching this one, I, I didn't realize. Well, I mean, I guess I hadn't just didn't remember, but this, this movie doesn't really have any great kills in it. I think there's a really big missed opportunity with the Drano scene. The end, the, that setup right there is just malicious and very, very dark to do. Obviously, to put Drano into like a, a community punch. Um, the obvious result there is lots and lots of deaths, but two pe- they only show two people drinking it, and they basically collapse and foam in the mouth like you probably would. But it was like, that's it? <laughs> I was like, okay, budget constraints right there. Yeah, I, I'm definitely disappointed with the kills in this film. I didn't think really anything was that great you know i don't know what your guys thoughts on it but i didn't think the kills were that good in this film upon rewatch yeah in any of the three films we watched in tonight you know um it's been a kill this halloween i'll tell you that <laughs> no doubt right <laughs> but it's been a fun halloween though uh yeah it was okay i i mean i want i think i watched all three of these in one night so i was like i, watched, I don't know man. i watched all three I, of these this year too yeah i'm just like it's one of those things where i'm like ah Ah. So so um <laughs> so what's the, what's the one common bond between all three of these movies? Horrible acting. They're all set on Halloween. Well, those are both right answers. Good job, guys. <laughs> but the answer I was looking for is they all have annoying kids in them. <laughs> There's a they common bond. All three of them have annoying kids. It's kind of wow. funny. Yeah. So damn. I was finishing up this movie with the wife last night, and I was like, "Yep." All these movies have annoying kids. She's like, "Yep, for sure." <laughs> People love this movie. I, th- I have love to say, I have so to say, hard. this movie is going on an overrated list for sure. It's not <laughs> as wanna... good as it's not as good as I remember this movie to be at, at all. Let's get into ratings then. So, yeah, man, um, Satan's little helper. First. It's been a while since I've seen this film, and I always remember this one to be good. And this is why rewatches are a good thing, <laughs> because sometimes when you don't rewatch a film and somebody that you're associating with has watched it a couple times, and like, have you watched that thing recently? That, that, that those are your memories of the film. You need to rewatch that shit. I've been saying this to JP about um, uh, American Psycho, also. So, American Psycho. But it's true. It is true. So a rewatch does help, but sometimes it really does kind of diminish your whole thoughts on a film sometimes too. Especially when looking at it from a critical standpoint. This one, it's kind of fun. You know, it's it's got an, a pretty interesting premise, just totally blundered by the most annoying kid in well, I shouldn't say the most annoying kid ever. That's definitely goes to sleepaway camp. Return to sleepaway camp. That kid he wins. He wins every trophy in the he's world. He's the film. worst. He's he definitely is the most annoying kid ever in oh, the film. What four years later? Since that review, three years later, and he's still the worst kid. Yeah, man. The hundreds and yeah. hundreds of films, maybe thousands of films I've watched, have not found a more annoying character than that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, this one, I think this movie just definitely suffered from budget. I think that with this premise, a serial killer going around killing people, I mean, you would expect to see some type of carnage. Besides a cat being smushed on a fucking house. <laughs> I can't stop laughing about it. Because it's so fucking mean. Um... But yeah, man, it's all right. I, I'm coming in at a six out of ten on this one too. Six, 
for me. All right. Um, me, I, I don't know. Like, I. It's funny that you say that. Um, I actually like this movie. Uh, it's funny. Uh, it does not hold up on on rewatch as much. So I came down a half point uh, from what my original rating was, which I originally gave the seven point five. So I'm coming in at a seven. Holy shit! Um, I still think it's a solid movie to watch. Uh, it's long. It has a few problems, but it's funny too. Like I don't know. It's it's a movie that is just not good for rewatch. That's that's mm. what I could say about it. I yeah. think it's still a solid first time watch though. I think I'm down a whole point. I swear. Mm. That's interesting. I figured you would have loved this a lot more than you actually did. I used to think um, I loved this. <laughs> well, seven. I mean, isn't I mean, that so weird? Yeah. Well, seven isn't really love, but you know. No, it's. Mm. Still decent, decent enough to, but Jeremy. Six point five. Right. What do all three of these films have in common? <laughs> okay, first up, what did I say about when Jeremy rates the film that he doesn't when he doesn't know how to rate a film? He always comes right in between us. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what it usually is, is when he doesn't have anything else to say in his final rating. <laughs> He's just like, yep. Because if he does say anything, he'll just be like, "Well, I kind of agree with you, but I kind of agree with you." Too. So I love it. he just totally 100 percent admits, and he's like, "Yep." <laughs> so six and a half. What, what what else did these three films have in common? <laughs> um, they had poor kills. Uh, yep. But annoying what kid. Else? They had annoying kids. They had poor kills. Bad acting. Bad acting. Why couldn't Jerry uh, be in any of these movies? And what Fucking else? Hell. What else is the common bond in these three films? Oh, they're all comedies. Uh, well, Clown House really now. <laughs> I guess it depends on how you look at it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm um, still laughing about the fucking six and a half. <laughs> I don't know. I, what- I think. I'll tell you I that. just say a number that comes to my head. That's all I, I gave do. them all sevens. Oh, did you? All wow. Yeah, all three sevens. That is and I went first on Ernest, so fuck you. You could just have me go first, and then we won't have this problem. Well, it was actually, but it was actually your turn in rotation. I'm yes. saying you could just have me go first every time, and then you won't have a fucking problem. <laughs> I don't have a. I just, or you could just so rate funny. your actual rating and then <laughs> not just come in between us, and then we would have. <laughs> that was funny ah shit man well that was a pretty interesting Halloween special <laughs> I have to say yeah I really enjoyed the uh, the five thing that we did the top five lists and stuff like that that was fun I'm surprised <clears throat> we haven't done that yet top five Christmas presents well, oh yes, Hanukkah we're totally presents. doing this for Christmas too top five, oh yeah and top five worst ones fuck yeah yeah yeah. Does Jeremy sit this one out? Yeah. yeah. How does that work, Jeremy? <laughs> yeah, how does this work? I mean, <laughs> I top even... five Hanukkah presents. I mean, but did you actually get, did you actually... I don't like, know how that works. I don't know how that works. <laughs> Growing like, up, did you yeah. actually Do you actually get presents once a year like we do? Well, you get one for eight nights. You get one each day. Yeah, but I know, but did you actually get good, like, is it, like, like, okay, if you would take one of my Christmases from my childhood, would it, like, compare, would it, like, be on equal terms to one of yours? One sure. of your Hanukkahs. Okay, good. I guess so. All right. Um, I have to, like, think, because I right. fucking wouldn't remember, but. Yeah. All right. I'm not a Christian, by the way. 
What are you? Uh, Mexican. Mexican. Well, we know that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really religious, dude. But you celebrated Christmas? Yeah. Okay, so you believe that Jew died on the cross. So. No, I just, I like Christmas. Like, I like the spirit of <laughs> so why do I don't think that everybody that's, that celebrates Christmas is religious. I think it's... I mean, it's yeah, kind of, it's, it, kind of, it's, it's almost turned Christmas into a... means more than just religion. You want to know why Jews celebrate Hanukkah? Because they felt left out. <laughs> it's true. Oh, my God. The story of Hanukkah What's is What's it like not, to be a Jew on Christmas? Christmas it's is more not, or less turned into it, like a Hallmark holiday. Hanukkah like, is not an important... The story of like the story of Hanukkah with the fucking candles burning for eight nights, whatever bullshit. Like that's like, like far into the Torah. Like it's not even like an important story. They just fucking <laughs> the Jews needed something to fucking compete with Christmas, so they come up with Hanukkah, and there you go. Yeah, it's fucking they just bullshit. Had to, they had to do it better. It's like we don't get presents one night; we get them for eight. Yeah, because <laughs> we're but, greedy. Hey, Anyway, um, I think that I think to me, like Christmas has uh, become like, like I think that I like even though I'm not religious, I still follow like the values of Christmas and like the meanings and like being nice to everybody and like being like like family. Fuck you. <laughs> anyway, why are we talking um, about Christmas? It's still fucking Halloween, homies. Yeah, I mean, we still got a whole other week of of October left. Yes, we do. So on that note, I hope you guys enjoyed the show because we definitely did. I had fun doing this the show. It was Ooh, pretty- you know John Cherry wrote a book about his life with his time with Jim Farney. I did not. It's called Keeper of the Clown: My Life with Ernest. Who by John Cherry? Oh, by John. Che- wow, crazy! But you said Don Cherry. I was like, that's fucking weird. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, anyway. But yeah, guys, let's get the fuck out of here, man. That's gonna do it for episode 118 here on the 22 Shots podcast. And yes, Jeremy, take us the fuck out of here. We're gonna do this shit my way. So if you want to follow the Search man bar. himself, you could do so at YouTube.com/slash/mood616. If you want to follow the man JP. Please go to his channel and make fun of him that he never got that Puppet Master box at youtube.com slash doubleshot. Jay, and as always, you could watch my reviews, even though nobody does, at youtube.com slash nesruler22. And please help my video get 37 reviews next time. And as always, if you want to leave us a question, you can leave us a voicemail at 724-426-6665. And yes, we will not answer you. And as always, you can leave us a question where we also won't answer you at email at 22shotsofmoodsandhorror at gmail.com. It's 22shotsofmoodsandhorror at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash 22shotspodcast, but JP only posts his shit, so it's not really a big deal. And as always, please follow us on Facebook, facebook.com, search bar 22shotsofmoodsandhorror. And as always, please support the Patreon to get the sand sucked out of my vagina. Patreon.com slash 22ShotsPodcast. And that should do it for episode 118 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror Podcast. We'll be back next week with episode 119 and the fifth and final show in the October Marathon Extravaganza, where we will follow the mastermind of Jigsaw as we go through the Saw franchise. And yes, Saw 2 still sucks. So that should do it, everybody, for this week's episode. And we shall talk to you next week on the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror Podcast. Peace, Alto.
Brewers. Ha 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 